Hey, what's up, Leftover Army? Um, yeah, if you can't tell, I'm really tired. It's like five in the morning here. I'm in Chicago. I'm in a hotel room. I got training all week. So, yeah, we recorded episode 90, and then I, like, hit the road after we got done recording, and I ended up in Chicago. So, but, yeah, this episode was a lot of fun. We had Domesticated Dave join us. Uh, that morning, me and him went to the Arts and Comic Expo in Peoria, Illinois, and I got to meet Larry Kenny, and it was awesome. And, um, yeah, Larry Kenny, the Larry Kenny from Thundercats, the voice of Lion-O. It was amazing. So hopefully after the end music, you'll be able to listen to the panel that he was in uh, if I can get it up. So, yeah, stick around after the end music if you see some extra additional time. It's an interview with Larry Kenny. It's pretty cool. Um, got to meet some great people at the uh, Arts and Comic Expo in Peoria. Really good people. Tim Seeley was there, you know, the uh, writer for uh, Revival, which is one of my favorite books. I've talked about it in the past, but Revival's fantastic, and he was very cool. Uh, got to meet some guys at uh, comicdisplays.com. I mean, if you're looking for a really cool way to store your comics and display them, you want to store them, you know, keep them safe and display them on your walls as like a piece of art. These frames are amazing and you can't beat them. So go to comicbookdisplays.com and check out these frames. These guys, they're not paying me. I'm just, I just saw a cool product. I saw something that maybe some of our listeners can use. And, uh, I mean, they can even, you know, you can even frame your comic graded comic books, your CGC books. It's pretty awesome. And, so now we're going to get started with the episode. But first, do you ever wonder what the conversation was like between the Joker and his tattoo artist? You know, we've seen the Leto Joker. What was that conversation like? I thought this was fucking genius. Okay, so I definitely want a skull. Can you do a skull? Sure. Oh, but wait, can you put it in, like, a jester's hat to symbolize all the wacky jokes I like to tell? Yeah, I could do that. You think people are going to get that? Get what? That I like to tell jokes now and then. Uh, Actually, could you write ha a bunch of times next to it? I think it'll be easier for people to understand the skull. And what a funny guy. I, I'm just a bunch of... Uh, bunch of haws. Yeah. And can you do it in like a jagged handwritten way but clean? I want it to look casual but still nice, you know? Yeah, I do a lot of lettering work. I can make it look good. Also, I've been really into clown stuff lately, so if you could put some big clown lips on my arms, that would be cool. You want those smiling? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think you really understand me. Anything else you wanted? Uh, I almost forgot the most important part. I would like the word damaged on my forehead because I'm all messed up, you know? Damaged? Yeah, because I'm all messed up. Sure. Because I'm all messed up. Can you do that in, like, a nice cursive? If it's going to be on my forehead, I want it to look good for, like, job interviews and stuff. Yeah, I'll show you the font book. You can choose one. Great. Well, I'm really excited about my new look. People will finally understand that I'm all messed up, you know? You're all messed up. My mom is going to freak. Episode 90. There's already, like, 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. 
Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, thunder, Thundercats, ho! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, that we are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this week with us, of course, uh, we do not have Frank. Of course. I said of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's about every three or four episodes, yeah. so we don't have Frank. Yeah, it's true. But we do have uh, Mr. Uh, Domesticated Dave. Oh! Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm hooking you up here, man. Oh, man. Who's graduating? <laughs> I, I never, I never thought I would have my own intro music. Thank you, you thank you. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, you know, I should have my own intro music. Because what's, what's yours? Apparently, there's two things that you don't do. You, you can't be mean to Frank, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't be, you can't toss Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> what song goes with that? <laughs> That's right, motherfuckers. It's Darth Frank. <laughs> Where's the breathing noises? You have to supply those, Darth Frank. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Brian. So, yeah, I'm the huge asshole that tossed Avengers Age of Ultron. But, you know what? Dave, we didn't get your thoughts on Avengers Age of Ultron last week. You were on the show with us. Uh, Jake gave it a Tupperware. Frank gave it a Tupperware. I tossed it, and Jay gave it a taste it. What are your thoughts on Avengers Age of Ultron? Well, um, Brian, I just... You know, sometimes I just, you just confuse and confound me, but you know, on this one, you're just absolutely motherfucking right. Jake, what are you talking about? Tupperware and that bullshit? I had Every, fun. I liked it. Everything that was good in that movie was in the trailer that also included a bunch of bullshit that actually wasn't even in the fucking movie. <laughs> Toss it. Toss it. It, uh, it showcased my least favorite Marvel motherfucking character, Scarlet Witch, you know, the, you know, whatever, whatever you need for lazy writers to accomplish, throw the Scarlet Witch at it. You got it. No problem. What's her powers? I'm waiting. What? Oh, anything that you want them to be? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like in this movie, she had Jean Grey's powers. Yeah. And, uh, it's, be- I-, I honestly think it's because they're introducing Doctor Strange into the universe and they want him to be the first one to have like actual magic. And they don't want it to be Scarlet Witch. So they gave her, you know, Jean Grey's powers of telekinesis or whatever the hell she was doing. It was bizarre. Well, and I had just watched Godzilla, like, two hours before yeah, it. Yeah, in so that I movie, was, they fuck each other. Yeah. In this movie, I'm sure they still fuck each other. <laughs> really confused. <laughs> All kinds of strange Are they both in Godzilla together, too? They're yeah. man and wife in Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that fits in with the ultimate universe, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah. The ancestral. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, well, where to begin? Um, first of all, the Ultron design that we saw on the Entertainment Weekly that looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get that. We got a Pinocchio influence, beady little eyes, snarky, which 
I said it was the love child of the T100 and a skinless T100 and Megatron. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really was. Good call. I mean, okay, when when the banter between Vision and Ultron is better in my Facebook game Avengers Alliance, <laughs> that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 when I'm worried fu- about this going on too long because last week so many people were like I can't listen to the podcast because all you did is make fun of Age of Ultron the whole week I was getting more shit not even from Leftover Army but from other fucking podcasters fucking Ryan Dros from Starjo's text me like you're fucking crazy for tossing this fucking movie <laughs> blah 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 giving me shit about it. And then fucking Eric Grubbs like, are you just going to bitch the entire time this fucking – this entire episode? I said, yes, we are. I said, just don't listen to it. And I mean I'm getting more shit from other fucking podcasters than I am the fucking army. Yeah, no kidding. I think Jesus. emails are probably going to bring us back to all these topics also too. <laughs> yeah, so emails like a motherfucker so this week. Oh, man. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. I was, I was yeah. completely unimpressed. Uh, the bubble has begun to burst. Ant-Man will continue it and then that will slide in. The opportunity for Mr. Keanu Reeves to come in and save it all. See, the thing is, Dave, no, man, the thing, this movie made it's, it's, it, you can say whatever the fuck you want to about the bubble bursting. It hasn't. It, it, I mean, you still got Jake's out there, Jake and Frank's out there that love this shit. Yay! They'll eat up whatever the fuck you give them. They'll eat it up like candy. Uh, Ant Man. Nom, 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 yeah. nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Marvel can do no wrong. Marvel can do no wrong. Seemingly. And so, and, and look, no, look at how much money it's made, Dave. This, until this, until these movies are not financial successes, they, they don't have to, like, they don't have to live up to what they, they gave us in the trailers. It doesn't, it, 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 to me, it was just like fucking watching a Bayformers movie. Yeah. It really was. Absolutely. It was, it was one of those that I had never felt like I had been, you know, mugged for my money before <laughs> by, by Marvel. And right. I, I was like, seriously, like, the whole, we saw almost the whole Hulkbuster fight in the damn trailer. You, yeah. didn't, see, you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> you didn't see that coming? No. no. I, I, like, that, was, that was my quicksilver. I thing. thought it was hilarious. I was well, laughing. And, and the, like, the snarky Ultron. Like, oh, God. Like, seriously. Yeah. James Spader, I expect so much better of you. Like, can we can we all see now why Joss Whedon was so burned out? Like, Good God. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. He's burned out from having to write down so many one-liners for every character that stars in his movies. <laughs> yeah, it was like two seasons of Buffy worth of one-liners, that's for sure. God. I, I, okay, I'll couch it to all of those of you who love this movie and Tupperware'd it. I really liked the Black Widow-Hulk relationship. Oh, yeah, but like Hawkeye, like seriously, Hawkeye as secret family man <laughs> who – <laughs> constantly is jumping out in front of all kinds of danger, even though he's got a family to provide for. I'm a dad. Like, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I used to be like a big radio DJ, you know, doing all kinds of clubbing rails of this and that. Like, but now I'm a family man. I run a simple little restaurant. Why? Because I have little ones to provide for. Because you know? so many people complained about me doing absolutely nothing in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked I liked the I liked the relationship between Incredible Hulk and Black Widow. I really like I enjoyed those scenes. You're on an island alone there. Chief. That was it. I liked that. Didn't yeah. like anything else. Can I ask you a quick question? If you existed in a bubble and didn't see any of all the hype and the trailers and ad spots, you think you would have liked it more? Hmm. Uh, that bubble would have to include me never have developing a hatred for the character of Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yes, it yeah. would have required me never have seen 
the Days of Future Past with Quicksilver done. Well, not to that the bubble. J- just the movie footage, like the Hulkbuster scene. Would that have blown your socks off? Had it been the first time you'd ever seen it? Uh, I I can't answer that question because I was so primed for so much more, and all I got was this little tease. Yeah. You know? Like the the dream sequences. What, what was the point of those? Oh, don't even get me started. I hate dream sequences. Yeah, like like did that did that lead anywhere? Yeah. Other than just like, hey folks, stay tuned for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, that's exactly what it was setting up. Oh yeah, Thor's like the brand of Avengers now. Okay, and what the like the post credit scenes have been going downhill for a while, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of post credit scene is that? Where oh, you know, we showed you the Infinity Gauntlet back in Asgard, but now. Whatever. Now, if it would have been Thanos storming the gates of Asgard and going to get his gauntlet, I would have loved that. No, yeah. we just get, I'm no, going to do it myself. They, they, they can't show us what's going on in Asgard right now. You know what I mean? We They can't do that. And, and, that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. I still think that was the spot for Black Panther. Well, I mean, yeah, Black Panther something. Uh, but like uh, Asgard, they haven't shown us anything except for like uh, Thor's little fever dream. And then uh, because Loki's running Asgard now, mm-hmm. so as, as Odin or whatever, as Odin, yeah, yeah. So. yeah but how how whetted your appetite would have been if you would have seen this, you know, Asgard that is in such disarray that mm-hmm. you know uh, the Mad Titan can just kick in the doors and walk <laughs> into the fucking vault. You you'll, know? Ha- you'll have to wait for all that to be spoiled in the Thor Ragnarok trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, um, felt. Trost and all those people who apologize to me. Oh, <laughs> and my dear Mr. Two Sheds, I, I am very sorry. I'm not. I like it. I didn't expect you. <laughs> I'm not to. fucking sorry. I knew I, he was going to placate me, I, so I, asked. I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I will. I will not watch that movie again. <laughs> no, sir. I don't Period. like it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't hate it on the level like I that I hated Iron Man three, and I will watch it again. It, because it is important to the MCU, um, but it's it just like it, it like the first Avengers film. Like I left that like fist fucking pumping. I left this and I was like, like I said on the show, I felt like I'd been roofied. Like whoa, what what just happened? <laughs> I didn't leave that the theater like wow. I cannot wait for the next movie. It was like it was just a weird feeling. Uh, it that. was like when I left the Phantom Menace and I was trying to talk myself into that. It mm-hmm, wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm, like yeah. oh no no like Jar Jar was. Good for the kids, you know. Like uh, that—that's what I was. I was like, I've been trying to reconcile it. I had that internet monologue too when I saw Phantom Menace. (laughs) I think a lot of people did. Yeah, well, that was. Then there was was that come to Jesus moment where where you're just like, fuck the Phantom Menace. Oh man, I hope I never come to Jesus. I love Phantom Menace. (laughs) We know you do. I mean, it's like let let the let the grown ups talk. That's exactly. I was just just sit there at the kitty table and smile. I I need to be more positive. I want to thank you, Mr. Timsey. You are a gracious, yeah, let's wonderful talk about man. This. Well, Brian and I, we just got to meet Tim Seeley like two fucking hours ago. Yeah. Cool as shit. Uh, he, he, he's the, uh, writer of, uh, Revival. If anybody's, yes. Anybody we're, we were at the, um, the, uh, arts and comic expo here in, uh, Peoria, Illinois. And that's what you heard in the intro. We got to meet Larry Kenny as well, the voice of Lionel, you know, from the Thundercats. Tupperware. Ho! <laughs> uh, I, w- I wish we could have Mumra toss something. How much time did you, how much time did you get with them? Did you get quite a bit of time Ancient to? Ancient spirited. <laughs> you toss these. Uh, no, but, um, what'd you ask? How much time did you get with them? Would you get a lot of interaction time with them? With Larry? Yeah. Yeah, I probably talked to him for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes and shit. Oh, wow. And then uh, I, I recorded the panel. 
panel and I got to ask him like a question at the beginning and at the end and I'll, I'll try to play that for everybody at the end of the show. Yeah, awesome. he was just a dude sitting in a corner at a table just being yeah. cool. Every once in a while yelling out Thundercats Ho for, you know, it's like ding a bell. Here, here he's yelling it again. I didn't know he's from the area and shit. Pekin. I, yeah, I had no idea. Oh, wow. He worked for WIRL and it's crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah. He's done a, he's not just Lino, right? He's done a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, wow. Um, he was Count Chocula. Um, what else? Uh, if you ever watch like VH1's The Best Week Ever, he was the voice of like, it's the best week ever. <laughs> he was that guy and yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. That's really Crazy. cool. That's yeah. really cool. Was it a pretty good crowd at the Peoria Comic they Convention? Was, they said it was better on Saturday. We Today's Sunday. They said it, was it was a decent was crowd good. today, but yeah. they said it was packed yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah they're going to be doing it again, they said. At least I didn't get official word from anybody, but everybody seemed like really excited about it. Fucking Batman was running down the halls while we were at the podcasting uh, forum. That was yeah. hilarious. Oh, nice. You yeah. see a lot of cosplaying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Cool shit. Nice. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, Tim Seeley, nice dude. Oh, shout out to the girl that was on our Facebook page as the Captain Marvel. That was phenomenal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley, what is her title? It. I forget. Like uh, some unicorn. Glorious Pegasus Unicorn. Glorious Pegasus Unicorn. Salutes to the Glorious Pegasus Unicorn. Dude, yeah, she's our GPU. A <laughs> GPU, there you go. Yeah. So she's fucking awesome. Yeah, Ashley. Um, Episode fucking 100 coming up in 10 episodes. Holy shit. The last one. The final episode. The final episode. I call it our my dirty dancing farewell. You don't <laughs> understand that. Um, Can I sing on that one? No. Damn it. No, I don't even want you on it. Um, <laughs> shit, I don't even want you on this one. But, you know, you were my ride. No, I just made that up. Um, no. <laughs> no, I definitely want you on episode 100, Dave. Uh, more the merrier for that episode but like it's going to be in 10 episodes and we want the leftover army to have participation yes. in this uh we wouldn't do the show if it was not for you and we want to pay you back for 100 episodes of nonsensical crap so we would like for you to send us an email if you want to be on the show we're gonna have people joining us via skype so if you have a microphone and access to skype we want you to be on the show. We'll probably talk to everybody, I think, like 20, 30 minutes. But we're going to choose who gets to be on. I mean, there's going to be a few people, of course, that we're going to reach out to that we want to have on the show. Yeah, definitely. That we've had on in the past and things like that. But if you want to be on the show and you've never been on the show, uh, and you've never been on the show, you can. Uh, we'll pick who we want. We're going to get emails. We want emails. What do you think? People that, like, that tell us why you want to be on the show? Yeah, just send us an email, you know, obviously who you are and, yeah. like, maybe what you'd want to talk about. Yeah. And we'll see what kind of reception we get. And yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear from a lot of the people that are really vocal on the social media yeah. that we've never ever got to talk to in person. That'd be a lot of fun. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people that have commented that comment on the Facebook and interact with us, with us on Twitter. And it'd be cool to, you know, actually have a conversation with all those people. Yeah, like even if you think like we're dicks or something, which, uh, yeah, send us an email. Be like, I think you guys are fucking assholes and I want to be on the show and tell you that you guys are dickheads. I think that might be good podcasting. Yeah, yeah. TJ we, Lamb? Yeah. <laughs> we, we might not give them the 20 to 30 minutes, but we'll give them some time. No, yeah, and I'll give you some choice words, too. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Yeah, we'll do it in a fun way. Well, you we might as well tell them whatever you want. They'll be our last episode. <laughs> I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell everybody how I fucking feel. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, but episode 100, it's going to be a lot of fun, or maybe it won't. I don't know. Whatever. It'll be an episode. Can All I right. get the Ewok stuff as my, my theme music? 
<laughs> jump, jump. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> you can't request your own music, can you? Uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's part of it. I don't know if right. That's how it works. All right. I don't know. Something they, like that, though. You get where I'm going. No, you're King Tossit. You need like some kind of like coronation. Well, that's what music makes it so something. funny. Is the is the balance between you know what I'm saying? Is that what makes it funny, Jake? Maybe. I don't. I, I, I haven't even hit the funny part yet. So I just can't wait to be going through the list and being like, uh, Jake Harmon, you're out. Jake Harmon's beard, you're in. <laughs> yeah, I hope that beard has a Skype connection. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, and I, I want to get everybody's, yeah, so episode 100, let us know. Send us an email, uh, just title it 100, um, and send it to, uh, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Let me and Jake and Frank know why the fuck you want to be on our fucking show. And don't try to suck us off too fucking much. Just, just yeah. tell us why you want to be on the show. Yeah, like a topic, like yeah. whatever topic you want to talk about. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about Star Wars, or you want yeah. to talk about Marvel movies, or right. or the DC stuff, whatever. You know, right. all kinds of stuff. Those are just general suggestions. Yeah. So I'm thinking about also. Let me know, like, if people are wanting to do, like, if people are wanting a pop culture leftovers T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about making that a reality. I'm thinking about doing the whole tea public thing. I want a pop culture leftovers T-shirt. I, yeah, I do too. I'm in. So I'm thinking about it. So, uh, you know, yeah, if you're sending those fucking emails, you can let us know if you want to, you know, get in on a fucking T-shirt if you drop, like, I don't know, 20 whatever fucking dollars or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, probably. Somewhere between, like, 15 and 25, I would say. I don't know what what production costs for all that. Yeah, so. Um, Shit, I was going to read some iTunes reviews, but I'm going to do that next week. Oh, man. Should I do that this week? I want to hear them now. You can't tease me with iTunes reviews. Yeah, yeah, I, I promised everybody. I said, you know, if we get five, I, yeah, this was like a month ago, and I said if we get five iTunes reviews, I will read them on the next podcast. Well, it only took the leftover army five fucking weeks to give us five reviews. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Were they all glowing? Fucking slackers. <laughs> well, they they they, they are. Don't fans fucking of us. defend them, Dave. <laughs> they are. Fans of us. Don't fucking defend them. <laughs> <laughs> they finally caught up to it because you fucking they're, ass kisser. They were I trying s- to catch up. You know, they want to listen to the whole episode, so they're a little behind. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got I got one here from Silent Jack. Not so silent because he gave us a fucking review. Tupperware is the title. Most recordings go upward of two hours, uh, two plus hours, while normally that would be considered just too much. Jake and Brian have great chemistry, keeping it fun throughout the podcast. Comics, movies, and TV shows are covered in great conversations that are informative and funny. Doesn't hurt to have the town drunk, Frank, to ejaculate even more humor into the podcast when he's awake, that is. Tupperware Podcast. How many iTunes reviews have the word ejaculate in them? (laughs) (laughs) And it got approved. That's the most amazing part. It's still there. It's unreal. Wow. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Mo Val Traveler gave us five stars. I've been listening for about a year now out of the 10 podcasts that I follow. This one is definitely best and the one that may, and the one that I make sure I listen to and finish first. Those other nine must be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Brian, Jake and Frank for the hours of entertainment each week. I look forward to Monday so that I can get a new episode. Keep up the good work. He's like the anti Garfield. Yeah, he looks forward to Mondays and shit. Uh, what's this guy? Awesome and Imperfect by Ren Sloan. What's up, Brian, Jake? Dot, dot, dot. There's like 20 fucking dots. And Frank had to wait for him to show up. 
The podcast is awesome. You guys have, That's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't even fucking show up this way. I was like, this guy only needs four dots. And then yeah. I heard the punchline. I was like, oh, yep. good, good one. The podcast is awesome. You guys have great chemistry and bring a real life to uh, bring a real life feel to the podcast with your opinions, mistakes, guests, and even drunk Frank. I know most people complain about the length, but for me, it's perfect. I can listen to it at work or, like, today while shopping at Walmart for groceries. You all show that you really care about the topics from comics, film, television, and even games, and that you all love what you're talking about and are truly invested in the pod and Leftover Army. You all remind me of me and my friends and what we argue about on a weekly basis as well. Appreciate you guys and keep the episodes coming. That was a great review. That was a good review. Ah, shit, dude. Uh, I know I had some more. Where's this? Where are they? Where did those emails go? Not or not emails, emails iTunes, iTunes reviews. reviews. No, somebody gave us a shit one, too. Oh, that's the one I want to hear the most. Yeah, I think this uh, son of a bitch gave us like two stars and shit. Oh, two stars. You know what? I'll pause it and I'll find it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, here's our shit ones. Uh, this one, we got a two star from uh, a harm, 2356. So this, this, this uh, cocksucker says... Appreciate the effort, but the sound quality, constant cackling, and limited vocabulary leave me leave much to be desired. So that's from a harm twenty three fifty six. Ouch. So when did that one come in? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, just a few days ago, uh, May fifth. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fuck you too. Uh, and then this son of a bitch. Let's see. Ooh, it's titled obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Mir underscore C. I listened to much of the Avengers 2 review, and they kept going on and on about how they would make the movie, how they would make the movie, and complaining about the movie, which is easy to do with any movie. And trust me, no one would want to see your movie if it is like your podcast. So go fuck yourself, Mirce. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> is that a one star or a two star? It's a one star. Oh, I was gonna say that'd yeah. be funny. If it was I two bet stars. this guy just loved fucking. The- I bet he loved the movie, and he was yeah. just like, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna give him a one star because I love that movie. Fuck those guys." <laughs> That's probably Josh Whedon himself, right yeah. there. Probably. <laughs> they think they could make it. Well, better. and you two people Tupperwareed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, yeah. I guess me and Frank Tupperware yeah. it. See, that's the thing. When you go out in a fucking, you know, when you when you speak your fucking mind about something and you don't suck a movie's dick, people people don't like that. I've been there. People, don't I, like I know that. how it is. Yeah, with the Man of Steel. Yeah, and other among what, others. Other, yeah. So, so yeah, that's just being honest, guys, and that's it. Gets me some one star and two star reviews. That's fine. Most of them are five. Most of them are five. So yeah, if you want to send us a review, that'd be great. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah, I would like – I we're at like four and a half star rating. I'd love to get it five. So if you guys can give us some good reviews. Yeah, you got to uh, balance out obnoxious and – I say, Harm, if you're still listening to this, you have the beginning of the last name of one of my favorite listeners to the show. Jacob Harmon is a guy who turned me around on the subject of Power Rangers. That's a subject that I never had any interest in whatsoever, and now I'm actually kind of into, all because of this one man's love for it. So if you're even half the man of Harmon, Harm, you got you got, you got got potential. So hopefully you'll keep listening and come around on it. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. Harm. Or not. Fuck Harm. <laughs> Stop pandering to these Fucking idiots! That guy's not a sixteenth of the you, man that Jacob Harmon yeah. is. Yeah, I don't want any harm. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't give a shit what his fucking name is or whatever. Like, yeah, if you don't like the show, don't fucking listen. Fuck off. Yeah, the guy. I, I don't want everybody to like us, Dave. 
<laughs> the guy that sent the obnoxious one had his last name was similar to Mears. Yeah. I'm not going to give that guy any fucking credit yeah. just because of that. I hope that Mir C gets fucking lost at sea and fucking dies. So go to hell. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that motherfucker. Yeah. Good just one. Just sit right back and I'll, you'll hear a tale about fucking asshole who got lost at sea and died. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> fucking death cruise. Yeah, yeah, it got real fucking dark there, didn't it? It did get dark. It did get say, dark. Man, you know the last two weeks I've had. Like, you, you want me to get? You want me to get angry? We can get angry. You're gonna hulk out on us. Take it down, Yeah, I just wish death upon one of our one-time listeners. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's what people. That's why people listen to this fucking show. Yeah, shit. Yeah. For the spite. For the, do- for the dark side. God. We need like a voodoo doll. I have no attachment to this guy. If he gets lost out at sea and dies, I don't give a shit. <laughs> now, you know what? I'm going to give those guys one more chance and listen to the no, next episode. I hope he's lost at sea. <laughs> the only thing he has is a fucking iPod full of my fucking podcast. And I hope he dies listening to Frank Cackle. So that's- <laughs> No, no Wi-Fi connection, and all he's yeah. got is those podcasts. As a fucking seagulls pecking out his fucking eyeballs, all he can hear is fucking my voice and me bitching about Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> what a hell, Mercy. Anyway, moving on to emails. <laughs> Please send us an email so we can eviscerate you. Fatality. <laughs> all right, yeah, it's uh, email time. Let me play a bumper here. Eventually, yeah. I think that one's my favorite. I've warmed up to that one a lot. It's good. I like it. Uh, Email. First email comes from uh, Anthony from Tokyo. He says, what's up, guys? As always, thanks for the long podcast. So I will be going into a geek culture isolation starting this weekend due to the fact that Avengers 2 does not come out until late July in Japan. Oh, my God. It is pretty annoying, to say the least, since many third world countries are getting Avengers 2 on time. The movie industry here is likely doing some kind of protectionist crap for its own movies, even though 90% of, the, 90% of them blow chunks. Anyway, going to miss listening to the banter. But I am sure you can feel my pain about not wanting spoilers. Basically going to be in a internet news blackout. Black Science and Birthrider Tupperware. He's talking about some comic books yeah. there. Wow, a motorcycle outside. Yeah. <laughs> Toss that shit. Yeah. Uh, all right, looking forward to catching your podcast once it's safe. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Anthony from Tokyo. <laughs> nice to hear Anthony. from someone from Tokyo. Yeah, Arigato, Anthony. We appreciate it. This is like his third or fourth email. Yeah. And by the time he hears this, he'll have like all kind like he won't get that shit till July. So he'll have like sixty hours of pop culture leftovers to catch up on yeah. by the time Avengers hits. So yeah. that'll be his reward. Anthony, there's going to be some Avengers: Age of Ultron emails in this episode, so you might want to fast forward through those once we hit Marvel news. Yeah. All right, Anthony Rodriguez. Remember him? Two weeks ago, sent us the email. He's the brand marketer guy. Probably not. Oh yeah, I remember him. <laughs> Jake loves our listeners. He remembers your name. <laughs> I remember you. I I remember. I love the email. 
Anthony Rodriguez, yeah, he says, I was cracking up on episode 88. Thanks for taking the time to read my email, the one that you forgot about. For like, for like four yeah, episodes. Exactly. I know it was a bit long, and truthfully, rating, rating a brand is actually more complicated, but I tried to simplify it as much as I could. My apologies to Jake Harmon and his sentient beard for screwing up his name. <laughs> in regards to Long John Silver's, they are the largest seafood fast food chain in the U.S. Long John Silver's ranked number 60 in U.S. system-wide food service sales, booking 663.6 million for the for the for the fiscal year ended December 2013, a decrease of from 732 million from the previous year. The numbers look even wor- the numbers look even world in the first quarter of 2015. They are headed downhill fast. Yeah. They attempted to sell Long John Silver's late last year, but the deal fell through. That being said, I went there once many years ago, and I would sooner attempt to fuck a fish before <laughs> I ever go back. The place <laughs> – before I die, I'm going to fuck me a fish. <laughs> the place was a real shithole, a gross, depressing slump of a dying, unclean, grease-coated restaurant. <laughs> I loved your parrot pirate idea. Good shit. That would probably realistically help their brand. Uh, looking forward to the Avengers – no, nope, I'm skipping ahead. He had more shit to. Yeah, I loved your. Yeah, blah blah blah. Want to know their brand score? On last audit, the Long John Silver's brand was rated at 11 out of a possible 30. Ooh. That was in 2013. If I had to guess, it would be at nine in 2015. So pop culture lefter, pop culture leftovers far outranks that shit box. Heyo. Yeah, we figured that. Looking forward to the Avengers episode. Keep up the good work as the official dive bar of the podcasting world. Nice. That's like t-shirt quality right there. The dive bar of the podcasting world. That's good. Yeah, that's Dude, funny. Yeah, it's like I – we have to be. I don't think – have you ever listened to a podcast where like the podcaster wished death upon like, – No, this is like the most raw blue podcast out there. If there's a <laughs> – if there's a raw, bluer podcast out there, then yeah. send me a link, and I'll, I'll tell you you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you to go to hell. Like, we – literally, we don't, yeah. we don't give a shit. I wish death upon you if you find a better po- – a bluer podcast than this. Hey, we are hosted by a Sith Lord. That's That counts yeah. for something. You know, if I really want to shock the listeners – yeah. I'll tell them that we actually do have behind the scene rules of things that we don't say. Yeah, as, yeah. as, as unbelievable as that may seem. Yeah, yeah. But there are there are there are know. things we, we may open up Pandora's box and say fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's happened before by accident. Yeah, editing yeah. has happened. <laughs> we, we are forced to edit once in a while. Yeah, every oh, now God. and again, editing is done. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Jay, Jay, was, <laughs> Jay broke the rule. Oh my God. I wish, I wish I could have kept that in. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, Vincent Jankowski. <laughs> hey, leftovers. I'm a new listener and a big lost fan. Yay. I've heard you guys mention lost. Jake is the big lost fan. I have never watched lost. Dave, do you, have you, did you watch lost? Oh yeah. Start okay. to finish. Uh, I was just wondering what your guys favorite unsolved mystery from the, sh- from the show and what is your theories on those unsolved mysteries? If you guys have talked about this or anything about Lost on your show, please let me know what episode I can find it. Because, yeah, we I know timestamps for every yeah. asinine conversation we've ever had on this three, four, <laughs> five, sometimes six hour fucking uh, dive bar of a fucking podcast we host here. Yeah, I mean, hit me up on Twitter. I'll, I'll tweet all day about Lost with you. If you want to talk about Lost. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Oh, it's um, at Two Sheds with uh, two Ds and the number two. 
Let's so. see if Dave knows his by now. Do you know yours yet? <laughs> Domestic, the <laughs> number eight. You almost said the letter eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dave. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Domestic, the number eight. D. This just Dave. in. The number eight is now a letter. <laughs> breaking, <laughs> breaking news. I was just trying to breaking get... news. Domesticated Dave is a fucking moron. <laughs> Mor- That's not breaking. Stay tuned. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I think the the mystery that frustrates me the most from Lost though is like the whole like disease thing that was fucking people up. Like I was really curious about that, and that more than anything just seemed to fucking disappear. Spoilers. Get. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it's, my, it's my fucking fault. I haven't watched Lost. So. Oh, this is the most minor spoiler I could be. I could be giving. I think it's. Yeah. It, since it doesn't spoil anything because nothing comes of yeah, it whatsoever. Yeah, totally unresolved. Yeah, so. But yeah, it's like, why are they, in, why is he injecting that stuff to protect him from what? And what's killing all these babies? And who the fuck knows? Yeah, it was a lot of dangling participles yeah. in that. Exactly. But you get past that. I mean, the, the really big Lost fans know that at the heart, it's the character drama and just putting people in hyper real situations and seeing how they'd react. That's, that's the fun of Lost. Not like, what the fuck do these numbers mean? Why did they never tell us? So, yeah. Great show, though. You should watch it someday, Brian. One of these days, I will get around to it. That'll be a fun Until then, watch. I'll just be frank and not watch anything. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesus. Yeah, I'm fucking mean. Yeah, play, cue the music. I'm fucking Cue mean. the music. Yeah, is it time for the music? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Brian rates lost. <laughs> Damn. You know, and I knew we'd get fucking one and two star fucking ratings when I tossed Avengers. Because <laughs> I knew, like, it's going to be a popular fucking episode that people are going to listen to. Yeah, you can't pander like that, though. You know, that's a fucking thing. It's the fucking thing. Like, that's what I felt about the fucking movie. And I knew I was fucking sticking my neck out there and we are going to get some bad reviews. I can't say that I hated Avengers 2 because I, I wouldn't want us to get... You know, our average to ground to four and a half stars, or who gives a fuck? We've been at four and a half stars. Uh, 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 maybe we can drop to four. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Send us some more bad ones. Yeah, drop our asses to four. Yeah. Send, send, <laughs> yeah post, <laughs> tell me you want me to fucking get lost at sea and shit. Yeah, give us a top five countdown of the things you hate about pop didn't culture. We, didn't we almost crack the top 100? Almost, I almost. think. I was going to say, like, uh, apparently the reviews are overall pretty no, good. People, yeah, people are just listening and then turning us off. That's just downloads. I disagree. Yeah, we have before. We've actually cracked the top 100 before. Yeah, yeah. So We're heading back, guys. I've We're got going pi- out on top. I've got pictures on my phone to prove it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, man. I believe you. Yeah, it's in, it's, it's almost impossible now to crack the top 100. Yeah, while Game of Thrones is on, too. Well, I mean, you've got some more celebrities doing these TV and film podcasts, yeah. too. It's like, how the hell are you going to beat Gilbert Gottfried now? You know, it's at one point so we hard. were beating Kevin Pollack, man. At one point we were. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've got those pictures on my phone too. All right, guys, we're going to move on. It is time now. We got more emails later. Don't worry. I'm going to read all your Marvel emails later. But right now, it is time for good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we either liked or disliked. Sometimes we've been known to rate things on this show, and we want this amazing British man to kick off our rating system and how that shit goes down. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I was so fucking tempted to uh, give that, like, script to fucking Larry Kenny and have him just be our new fucking... Have, have fucking Lino. Oh, yeah. Give the rating system, you know? That would have been awesome. Oh, my God. So but, it's not... Not unprecedented. We've had other people do the rating system before. Yeah. We had Dan West do it that time. But I kept thinking to myself, my God, this is going to be an awkward fucking conversation when I have to tell Clive. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That would have been brutal. Yeah. I, I hate firing people. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, did, I decided against it. Awkward. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm going to talk about – I'm going to jump into the Good Pop, Bad Pop this week and I'm going to talk about some TV shows that I've been watching, quite a few of them, and uh, want to – Kind of like some of them I've talked about on the show before. Okay, I was wondering if you're if a bunch of new shows or just yeah, a lot of your current of faves. Yeah, current faves, some new ones maybe that I haven't talked about before. First one I want to talk about is I finished season one of Powers on the PlayStation Network. Oh, nice. So uh, this is one of those fucking weird ass shows, man. First three episodes, I was like, I did not like it. I fucking tossed it. I hit episode four and I was like, I am some reason getting sucked into this fucking show hmm. uh acting is not that great the special effects are fucking horrible but the story started to get more tight and started there's just things that kept bringing me back to it man good huh. cliffhangers and eddie izzard of course i love him so how many episodes for the season 10 10 and so uh finished the uh the penultimate episode is absolutely phenomenal um the final episode uh Wow, I can't wait uh, to uh, and I, it's been renewed for season two. Oh, so. that's good. I, you know, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go ahead and say fuck it. I, I'm gonna give this a high taste. It. Nice. I, I really enjoyed it for some reason. I mean, bad acting. Uh, it had bad acting, and, and it had. <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm tossing it. it had bad acting and yeah. it had, like bad special effects, but the story got really tight. And Brian Michael Bendis did like the uh, uh, the entire screenplay for the penultimate episode that was my next question it actually was, it was, was one of my favorite episodes of the season so he must have had his hand pretty deep into this yeah. like to yeah. be doing what he's doing yeah i i really enjoyed it and i know not not everybody liked it but i really liked it well you know we say all the time how it's like you really got to stick with these shows like a yeah. lot of pilots are just so terrible yep. and a lot yep. of times it, it, it's always going to be terrible but a lot of times by episode four episode five that's when you really know what's going on with the show exactly exactly well i mean look at agents of shield yeah i mean from that first season out of the season two i mean for some people it's their favorite comic book tv show on right now and mm -hmm. i mean if you go to uh rotten tomatoes it's it's i think it's 90 percent for season two. Oh wow people who haven't seen daredevil yet Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you brought me around on 12 Monkeys. I apologize. Leftover oh, really? Army, I was wrong. Brian was right. You big, me small, 12 Monkeys. I gave it another go. Damn fucking good. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little ashamed. I've still got five episodes left to watch. So I'm Oh, wow. I'm ahead of you on 12 Monkeys? I've got five episodes left. Wow. So. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next show I wanted to talk about is a show I tried to talk about in the past before, but it was one of those segments that we lost oh. when we recorded. Uh, Inside Amy Schumer. I'm a big Amy Schumer fan, and every season she gives us at least like one to two, three sketches um, 
that are just like mind blowing. She did like the newsroom sketch last year, which uh, basically she was like working in a fast food restaurant and they made it like the newsroom, like Aaron Sorkin's fucking uh, HBO show. <laughs> and it was fucking brilliant. And then this season, it's no different. There's been at least like two or three sketches already within the first three episodes that have just been like so fucking brilliant. This last episode was just amazing. They did a, um, a remake of the movie 12 Angry Men and it was 12 Angry Men inside Amy Schumer. And, <laughs> and she like, you know, I mean, and she's barely in it. It's basically 12 men in a room. Uh, they're trying to decide the fate. They're the jury trying to decide the fate of Amy Schumer. And they're talking about this and, you know, and what they're talking about is, is she fuckable? <laughs> is she hot enough to be on TV? Is she fuckable? And she, I mean, Dennis Quaid plays the judge. It's all in black and white. You only see her at the beginning and at the end. It's all in black and white. And then Dennis Quaid is the judge. And then it's got, you've got like some really funny comics in there, some writers in there. And then they've got Jeff Goldblum and fucking Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and it is just fucking brilliant. And, and, and for her to not like say – for her to like write a lot of this and say like I don't need all the FaceTime in this. I want yeah. this to be like the boys in a room sweating it out trying to come to a decision on whether I'm hot enough to be on fucking cable TV. And it was just so funny. And, uh, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like brilliant sketch comedy. It's, it's, it is brilliant sketch comedy. Inside Amy Schumer is, she, I, Amy Schumer is my favorite comedian out right now. Are you excited for her big movie coming out? Absolutely. With her and Hater? Absolutely. So. Jake, have you seen the sketch where it's the, I've never so, seen a single episode of it. Oh, you got a YouTube, The Last Fuckable Day? Yeah. Have you seen that yes, one? Yes. Yes. You gotta yes, say, that yes. one's amazing. It's, it's Tina Fey, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yes. Uh, Patricia Arquette. All having dinner, and Amy stumbles upon them having dinner, and they're celebrating. They're like outside in a park, yeah. like on a park bench. They're celebrating uh, Julia Re- Louise Dreyfus's last fuckable day, <laughs> it, it, and, they, and they're like, "Oh, do the guys have this too?" And they all laugh. Yeah. Oh no, no, guys don't have last fuckable days. It's brilliant. Was that the one where, like, at the beginning of the show, they had all like that One Direction type band sing about her with the makeup? Correct. And, like, they're, they're like, "Girl, you don't need the makeup," and start singing, <laughs> and then like they saw her without the makeup, and they were. Telling her to put the makeup back on. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. She's she's genius. Yeah, man. she really puts herself out yeah. there with those kind of jokes. Is that a Comedy Central show? Comedy Central. Okay. Yeah, it comes on after Tosh.0. Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about Flash. Dave, have you been watching Flash? Shit, yeah. Okay, Grodd Lives. Finally, an episode that brings me back into the Flash. Uh, great episode. Uh, in this episode, Wells, uh, Harrison Wells is scary, and Grodd is scarier. Uh, you know, Harrison Wells is fucking scaring the shit out of... Uh, Thon, Eddie Thon, and then uh, Grodd is scaring the shit out of Joe West. Um, but on a sad note, Cisco continues to be fucking worthless and the laziest writing in TV. I am so fucking sick of this, Dave. Basically, it's like every fucking week with this fucking show, Grodd mind powers – Flash Barry's like, hey, Cisco, do you think you could make something that will help me not have the grod get into my brain? And uh, yeah, and then they try to play it out. We'll do our best without Harrison. 
And it's just like every week there's an invention. Did you see the Arrow episode where Cisco went to uh, Starling yes. City and yes. she's like, do you think you could make something yes. for me? <laughs> oh, I call it my canary cry. Yes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Now uh-huh. you've infected my Arrow? I know. <laughs> I know. Cisco, it's the laziest right. Kill Cisco. I am going to start. They're going to kill him again and Please. bring him right back in the next yeah. five minutes. That's what they do. Hashtag kill Cisco. Please. <laughs> Fuck Cisco. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. But it was a great episode other than Cisco, right? Would you agree, Dave? What, you, what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Like, I, I was so creeped out. I'm scared of this giant stuffed monkey you have in the corner of your room. <laughs> I'm, like, sorry, I'm sorry about that. It's talking to me in my head right now. I, I, I love that they didn't try to have him talk. You know, yeah. that it was, it was, he was communicating to them through their minds. But yeah. the, the, the general from the previous episode that was talking like him earlier in the episode, that was creepy as fuck. I loved that. Does yeah. Grodd have a weapon in the show yet? Does he use anything? Nothing. Nothing. No, yet. no, not yet. Uh-huh. This was the first uh, full on Grodd. And yeah. like he's, he's just becoming Grodd. Like you saw the monkey before, but mm-hmm. now he's even bigger and they're stating that. He's evolving. He's becoming bigger, more powerful. So he will. Don't the, worry. The special effects were pretty good considering it was TV. Yeah, TV they, budget? Amazing. But they, but they really – but they're also – all the scenes were in the sewer. It was very darkly lit. Well, that was yeah. smart. That yeah. was smart. It was smart. But it's like one of those things like where – are we ever going to get to see Gorilla Grodd in the daytime? It, it makes you wonder. No, we're we're not going to see Gorilla City or anything like that. So. It's going. He's going to be a shadowy, scary character. Yeah. He's he will be behind the couch viewing. You know, as Doctor Who fans will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I loved the episode, but Cisco's got to go. Uh, I wanted to talk about. I watched the finale for uh, Last Man on Earth with Will Forte, mm. um, and. Uh, I loved it. I loved this season. I think it's one of the smartest shows out there. And uh, the ending of this first season was absolutely phenomenal. We got to see. Did you <laughs> I see got it? four episodes left still. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm watching don't, it on Hulu. I'm not spoil it. Yeah, don't listen. No, no, the, the, the last, I'd say like the last two minutes of the show, just like I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. I, I cannot wait for season two. So, so. Yeah, I love Will Forte. Yeah. Uh, and then the final th- final show that I wanted to talk about, uh, I'm going to start off by – it's called Scrotal Recall. It's on <laughs> – it's a Netflix original series. And Now um, I see why you brought me on instead of Frank this episode. Yeah, yeah you would lost <laughs> it. Right I, could, I could belch into the mic if you miss him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't miss him. No. We, we, <laughs> I, I miss you, Frank. Yeah. And Jay, I'm sorry I missed you, brother. It would have been nice to see you, man. I hope you're doing well. Uh Scrotal Recall. It's a Netflix original series, and I have no idea who any of the actors are. Um, all I know is I really, really like this show. It's basically um, I'm going to give it. You know what? I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. Um, I, I, I'm four episodes in. It's only a six episode season. They're only half hour episodes, and basically, like there was a movie that came out. Uh, Maybe a year ago last year, Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn where he found out like he had a bunch of – like they – you know, he he had given – donated his sperm and like found out that he had like I guess hundreds of kids out there <laughs> and he was the father to all these kids. Was that a comedy? Yeah, it was okay. a comedy. Comedy – a dramedy because okay. a little bit of drama in it. I, and this is kind of bizarre. This guy finds out that he has chlamydia. So he has to go out there and – talk to like you know 15 or 
between 15 and 20 women and let them know that they need to get tested. That's hilarious. So with each woman that he contacts, you get the story behind that sexual encounter. Okay. And it's brilliant. One and per episode? Yes. Kind of? Okay. And it is very funny. Um, it's a British comedy, and but it's a Netflix original, and I, I'm going to give it a high taste. That uh, maybe by the end of the series, it could be a Tupperware. I got two more episodes left, and I'm really enjoying it. It's really smart, r- smartly written, nice. um, and you get to see. They skip ahead and sometimes they go back in time, but you understand where they are it's within like the lost. story. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, you know, like in one episode, a character could be married. In the next episode, it could be showing their wedding. And in another episode, it could show them like after they've broken up. It's a very smart, funny comedy. So de- definitely check it out. It's on Netflix called Scrotal Recall. Okay. I was trying to remember what the name was. To mm-hmm. I might check out the first episode of that. Yeah. How many of those are there? Six. Just six episodes. Oh, yeah. That's one episodes. thing that's great about most British shows. Yeah. And they're only 24 minutes. So yeah. That's all I got right now. All right, um, I, for Good Pop, Bad Pop, I'm going to continue my ranking of every DC animated movie out there. Um, so yeah, this is my undertaking for the next 20 some weeks. So, and we said it, we skipped a couple weeks because we had the Avengers and then we had an episode where we were trying to be a little bit more hasty. But I'm going to say it again, when we get to the end of this, I'd like, you know, everyone that's kind of playing along, I'd like to see everyone's rankings and see where everyone puts all these movies in because it's all going to be different for everybody, you know? But so, the last movie I watched, which is the second movie that DC came out with for the animated stuff, is uh, Justice League: The New Frontier. Um, this was based off of, uh, I believe, it was an Elseworld series by uh, Darwin Cook. He wrote and did all the did all the art for it and everything. And um, it's really interesting. It's basically it takes place like in the mid fifties to the early sixties, and you see kind of the Justice League forming in like that era and everything it's like a real time capsule of a dc piece and it's you know with all the propaganda art that you expect from that kind of era and everything and um, a lot of great voice talent in this movie um david boreanis is uh, hal jordan um miguel ferrer is john jones uh you guys know who that is right he was in um he's been in so many movies he was in um Total Recall is what I'm thinking of because of Scrotal Recall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil Patrick Harris plays The Flash, which is interesting. I remember way back when we cast Neil Patrick Harris as our as our Aquaman. I did not. Uh, one of us did, I that believe. That was a Lil oh, when okay. a Lil was on the show. Okay. Well, that I, that must not have been I, – I never listened to that, so I, I that couldn't have influenced what I'm thinking of. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's I, I don't know. I, all I know, I remember a Lil wanted Neil Patrick Harris as um, Aquaman. Oh, Lucy Lawless is Wonder Woman. Kyle McLaughlin is Superman. Um, Brooke Shields is Carol Ferris. Uh, Jeremy Sisto is Batman. He was the uh, captain on Deep Space Nine. If anyone remembers, I remember. And um, this is just such a great movie. I'm just going to say right off the bat that this is a Tupperware for me. Um, the Superman Doomsday was a high taste it, and this is a Tupperware. So this is definitely the new number one right off the bat. And um, it's really interesting. It's really hard when you do a Justice League story to come up with. A, a villain that's like credible enough to actually take on the Justice League, and it's not just a big joke or something just really silly. And they do a really good job here. The main villain is a entity called the Center, and he's basically been around before humanity, kind of watching everything. And he's decided that humanity is fucking up the planet, you know, and he's going to take them all out. And then on top of that, you get a lot of stuff going on with 
the public's reaction to superheroes in general. And basically, in this Elseworlds version, like, they're, they're kind of feared. Like, Superman and Wonder Woman and all these people are kind of feared, you know? There's witch hunts out for certain superheroes when they show, and a lot of stuff going on like that. And so it's really fun. And throughout the movie, you see the eventual acceptance of the Justice League as characters. The team basically forms at the end, you know? And they don't call it Dawn of Justice, but they still form the Justice League at the end. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really like this movie. If you're going to watch one of these DC animated movies and you haven't seen any of them, I strongly suggest seeing this one as one of your first. You don't really need to know anything going into it. Um, I know a lot of the later movies, you really need to already know a lot of back history of some of the characters and auxiliary characters, but you can really just dip your toes right into this one and watch it. Um, Martian Manhunter is a character I'm not a much of a fan of in the comic books, and this movie, he's probably one of my three favorite characters, and they do such a great job with him. Nice. Um, they show him. At one point, you actually even see him turning into Bugs Bunny as he's like learning his shape-shifting. He's watching the TV, and he sees Groucho Marx and turns into Groucho Marx, and then he sees Bugs Bunny, and he's changing his voice and working on his shape-shifting. And they do a lot of really fun stuff with Martian Manhunter. So, yeah, this is a great movie. Have you guys seen this? I have. Yeah? Yeah. Did you guys love this one? I loved it. going to say, telling somebody that this is the first one of the DC animated movies they should watch yeah. is setting that bar really high, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there is there is a good chance that this one, at the end of the day, may, may be my number one. When I'm going into this, I don't know what my number one movie is going to be. But this this one's going to be hard to top. You know, I can I already think next week probably won't top this one, so... We'll have, we'll have to see. What's next week? Next week is Batman Gotham Knights, which is kind of an anthology movie where there's like five or six different stories by different animators and stuff. And it was all a bit of a, uh, in between the first two Christopher Nolan Batman movies stuff. Did you ever see Animatrix? Yeah, I love Animatrix. Okay, I'm gonna say, if you like Animatrix, you'll dig Gotham Knights. Okay. It's very similar in format. So yeah, I'm excited to watch that next week. Uh, yeah, Animatrix. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I wonder if you can watch that in high definition somewhere. Is that oh, a wow. Blu-ray of it? Is that Blu-ray available? I hope so. Yeah. That was damn near the best thing that came out uh, with the whole Matrix stuff other than the first one. I've yeah. never seen Animatrix. Oh, it's I worth... know of its existence. It's phenomenal. I've never yeah. seen it. It's a great palate cleanser after you were forced to watch Matrix 2. I remember just I was so down in the Matrix, and it was like, oh, I guess Matrix has some redeeming qualities after seeing Animatrix. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the only part of the Matrix sequel that I enjoyed was the motorcycle chase scene. Yeah. The Ducatis, I thought that was amazing. Even then, it's like what you, it's the feat of filmmaking is amazing, but still, like, all the plot is just absolutely terrible. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed that they spent all that time on the road and did all those actual stunts, but, you know. But yeah, that's all I got for the DC Animated Movies. Um, everyone watch along next week, Batman Gotham Knights. So Dave, what you got? Well, uh, first off, I have a thank you. Uh, we're, you know, um, we have a, we shout out other podcasts every once in a while. Well, the Stark Raving Mad pod, Stark Raven Mad podcast, uh, sent me a copy of The World of Ice and Fire, uh, the big tome that is all leather bound and, full of all maps and history. They sent that to me just out of just appreciation and thankfulness. Uh, they're fans of the show too. I would, so I just wanted to say thank you to those guys for the really awesome appreciation and the gift. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm just uh, floored by their 
generosity. Very cool. And I mean like the book, not like a digital download of the book, the fucking book. Yeah, I was, I, I was just flipping through that at Barnes & Noble's last week. I was like, oh my gosh, I want this. Yeah, well, uh, I will bring it over and let you take a look, dude. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I was thinking to myself, how do you get something leather-bound that's digital? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, Captain Obvious. (laughs) I do what I can. Well, um, I would say my good pop uh, this week, I I discovered um, Bedlam. It was an image book by Nick Spencer and Ryan Brown and Frazier Irving. It was from a few years back. And it's essentially, uh, if you've ever seen The Blacklist, it's like, what if The Blacklist starred the Joker? It stars a character named uh, Matter Red who... Uh, is sort of like decides to cross over and start helping the police officers and just seeing that version. It was basically, I did some research into it and Nick Spencer, who I'm a, a new big fan of because of the superior foes of Spider-Man Tupperware. Yeah. Said that he uh, pitched this idea to DC comics and they just blew him off. So we wanted to make, tell this story and I've just been buying up all the back issues and really digging every minute of it. So Big old Tupperware for Nick Spencer, keeping it consistent. I have read the first few issues of that book, and yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very it's very Joker esque, and wow, that yeah, that first issue, a lot of blood and limited colors. I was telling you, like I remember one of the things I remembered was just like three color palette. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it stayed that way completely up to what I've read so far. Yeah. I'm at like issue ten, yeah. and they keep that visual uh, aesthetic very consistent. Um, also. Um, for bad pop, uh, I'm very disappointed in myself because I have never been this excited about events from the big two. <laughs> um, I, I always do this to myself. I, I get because Infinity brought me back around. I was like, yeah, crossovers are good. Events are good. They really mean something. And then we got all the events since then. Uh, Axis, like for example, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I'm just drinking the goddamn Kool-Aid over and over again. I, I, I bad pop to me, guys, because I got this giant stack of convergence sitting in front of me. Um, the convergence right now, it's it's got uh, Demos is essentially kind of the big bad right now. If do you do you guys do you guys go far back into DC continuity at all? Ah, some. What's what's he from? Uh, he was uh, a warlord villain, and he was initially presented as someone who was going to help the survivors of Earth Two that okay. were starring in it at the beginning. Even though he looks like if Doctor Strange put on the Spawn costume, like is he's he the con- one in the seat that floats? No, that's Metron. Okay, but okay. no, this this guy this guy basically looks like if Doctor Strange put on like Spawn's costume. He, oh, okay, he's covered okay. in skulls and chains, but yeah. he's like, I'm here to help you, and they're like, Sure, let's help Demos. It, was, <laughs> it made no sense at all. Demos, it, yeah, like he's he's like this like the instructor for the school of villainy, but he's here to help you. Don't sweat it. Um, <laughs> Even though the main book uh, was really slow for the first few issues, the it's a weekly book, and issue five really kicks it into gear. We get Brainiac stuck in the T-sphere, and Demo summons him, and uh, that that happened at the end of Future's End, if you guys have been keeping up. And if you haven't, that's completely understandable. I totally dropped off of DC events, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. wasted a lot of money on that. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, right so now— So you did not like Future's End? <laughs> no, it was bullshit. Wow. But, um, okay. But Convergence, I'm loving. I've got a Booster Gold issue sitting in front of me. I've got a Blue Beetle sitting in front of me. Like, if you did a black and blue 
comic monthly, I would buy that just on the name. I don't care. You could have fucking Frank could be writing it, and I would be, I would be, <laughs> I would be reading that book. I would love it. Who is writing that main <laughs> convergence through line? Uh, is that a Jeff Johns? No, no, no. It's um, let's see. Not, like you can totally sorry, tell. I didn't mean to put you on the no, spot. it's okay. You can totally tell this is transitional because uh, Jeff King is writing it, but oh. Andy Cooper is the penciler. Okay, and uh, the art is definitely really strong in Convergence. Yeah, <laughs> that's been something. Well, he's that's definitely a better artist than he is a writer. Right. Yeah. Both Cuberts are amazing. They're artists. amazing artists. Yeah. The the the, the Convergence um, event has been getting a lot of spite online that I've been seeing. Yeah, and. Like, I'm apparently totally the target fucking audience for this shit because they were just like, hey, everybody who hated the new 52, this one's for you. And like, like the booster gold one, uh, is, is, uh, you know, Rip Hunter's fucking in here as one of the main characters. You got two versions of booster gold going at each other, pre 52 booster gold going against new 52 booster gold. Like, how, that's what more can I ask for? And the Blue Beetle comic, like it is, it's, it's Hub City, which is, you know, the, the, the question and, and, and Blue Beetle and all that going against the Legion of Superheroes. Some, a group of characters that I've always, I've never fucking understood people's allegiance to. And I can't wait to see my, some of my favorite DC characters kick the shit out of the Legionnaires. If you love the Legionnaires, I, I I hope you get to read this, and I I hope I hope your guys do okay. But uh, I'm betting that they're gonna get their asses kicked. Invisible Kid, Lightning Lad, Bouncing Boy. I hope Blue Beetle just kicking the shit out of them <laughs> next episode. Nice. Um, and I I will also want to shout out the new Justice League that was still new fifty two. Oh God, number forty. I am so fucking pissed off at myself for not picking this up. Yeah. Okay. There it is. <laughs> I got to read this. Metron, thing. your boy in the chair right up yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get we get the origin of the of the new anti-monitor, like the true name of the new anti-monitor. Uh, I love the design on him. We get we get another one of Darkseid's pissed off kids. Like it's great. Is this uh, all convergence too? Is it No, it, this one's outside of it. This is this is the next big event. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. This is it, right? What? Like no, that's the shout out to the destruction of the last universe. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's going over basically Metron. But it basically just it existed. They're like totally. It's in canon now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, he's talking about there. There cannot be another crisis. Right. If there's another crisis, it all comes crashing yeah. down. It's very meta. Like it's yeah, it's really yeah. really good. And you know, I'm I'm so I'm drinking the Kool Aid again. I'm all excited for the Dark Side Anti Monitor War. I I, I I I must say, genuine bad pop. The DC Comics uh, Divergence uh, issue from Pre Comic Book Day shows the busted out um, identity of Superman. Like now he's in hiding. Everybody knows who he is, and it was Lois Lane who busted him out. So we get. We get everybody knows Clark Kent Superman, but we don't get Clark Kent Lois. That sucks. We get new Batman who is actually fucking Commissioner Gordon in a mech suit. Like stupid, stupid, stupid. Gordon Chappie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in the Chappie armor. (laughs) Like that suit is terrible. It's awful. He's got fucking bunny ears for God's sake. Like, you know, like so does Chappie. I thought, I thought Frank Miller, you know, had the, had the, the, the record for the tallest pointy things coming off of Batman's head. Well, <laughs> DC's ready to shatter that record. Gotta love it. <laughs> Hashtag um, crappy. <laughs> um, the, 
Um, independent books I want to that I want to shout out that I'm still loving. Uh, Descender by Jeff Lemire, still kicking ass. The art is unlike anything that you're seeing in comic books today. It's beautiful. The Wicked and the Vine by Gillan McKelvey and Wilson Coles. Um, we're finally getting some answers as to the, the the murder in the first issue. I dropped off that book. Is McKelvey yeah. off that book now? No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And um, also from Free Comic Book Day, Chuck Polinick and Cameron Stewart's Fight Club coming from Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. Super excited to see Chuck Polinick writing a, a, a comic book. Yeah, it's Fight Club 2. I'm, yeah. real, I'm real excited for yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, Cullen Bunn and uh, – uh, Tria and Stewart are putting out Hellbreak from uh, uh, Dave Stewart's the colorist on this. And what is like, Hellbreak? The colors are amazing. Okay, imagine like Stargate, but financed by the Catholic Church, <laughs> um, going into all of the different realms of hell, trying to pull people out that were wrongly put there, oh, and man. trying to banish demons that are breaking through into our world into the abyss. Wow, even on a religious level you can get wrongly sentenced. That's bad news. No, it's it's a great book. <laughs> Colin Bond, man. My yeah. man, killing yeah. it. Yeah, I mean he's always doing I, I always forget that he does like these books for Oni Press. Mm-hmm. I need to God damn it. Because I, I love him. I was reading Helheim and uh I forget that he does shit for Oni Press. I need to start picking that up. Yeah, have you ever read Six Gun? Six Gun? No, I've never read Six Gun. Which that's the, I, I'm ashamed that I have. No, don't be ashamed. I'm I, gonna bring I'm gonna bring a stack of trades for you the next because, time I see you. No, I've heard all I've heard all about <laughs> it, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, there's six guns. Each one has their own. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know what and I'm I, talking I, about, and I like westerns too. Yep. So East of West was just a little too. Hickman-y for me. Yeah, you'll have that. You'll have that. He's the king of the slow burn. Yeah, and it's like... He's like the crockpot of like, writers. I'm like six, seven issues in, and I'm like, I bet this will pay off eventually. I just couldn't stick around By issue it. 60, it sure does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on issue 60? No. Oh, yeah. Just, no, I'm just saying no, that, yeah. that the guy's like the ultimate long-term player. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just what, what I'm reading right now. You know, I got to bring my... Uh, you know, Domesticated Dave's Comic Book Corner. And a uh, special thanks to uh, my man who uh, gave me the complete DC Comics Encyclopedia two years ago when he read an interview from Jeff John saying that there would never be a return to continuity, that the DC uh, universe was completely new in the New 52. He just gave me this big old encyclopedia and said that he would never need it again. He's so, going to uh, want that back now. <laughs> not, <laughs> not getting it back. You Sorry. Fucked you fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. So this, so, so DC is doing Convergence right now. Marvel is doing Secret Wars right now. Just started. And they both basically kind of have the same kind of plot a little bit in some ways, right? Well, Secret Wars has been being planned for, you can tell, like almost two years. Yeah. And, uh, DC Comics was moving their offices from New York yes. to LA. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we need to come up with something that could just be a, like a middle thing. We have the thing all done and we're going to put that out while we're moving. And that's what Convergence was. <laughs> and it, I, I, I jokingly have called it Secret Wars Light because it's it's sort of like Hunger Games meets Secret Wars. Okay. Because the concept is is that all of these cities that uh, Brainiac has bottled up and stolen right before they were going to going to be destroyed have now okay Brainiac at the end of. Future's End was contained. And I'm talking like 
the big Brainiac, the galactiac yeah, cosmic yeah. entity of Brainiac that all other Brainiacs are just – you know, shards of fragments of this greater whole, this cosmic brainiac. And so Telos, this character that has been basically like the gardener of all of these, the, the caretaker of all these cities okay. is like, Oh, well, um, my master is not communicating with me anymore. Now I need to give one of these cities the opportunity to repopulate and give them a second chance. But I don't know which one it's going to be, so it's survival of the fittest, and it's basically this meta fanboy's dream of, you know, what if Kingdom Come Superman decided to fight the Metropolis Kid? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what we're getting. Right. Like in Superboy, uh, you've got brash, little, angry Metropolis Kid. Don't call me Superman, you know, or don't call me Superboy. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm Superman. And Kingdom Come Superman rolls up and is like, you know, super pissed off yeah, from yeah. his si- timeline of all these upstart little shits and they're going at each other in Superboy. It's a fanboy's wet dream. Yeah, that's and like all this hatred for Convergence, I don't understand because the art styles are completely different on the books. Like, for instance, the Justice League book right now, Convergence, is all of the like lesser appreciated female characters from Justice League history like mm-hmm. Jenny, uh, Jesse Quick, um, Jade... Zatanna, Mira, they, uh, uh, Flashpoint Aquaman shows up and he's like, Mira died in my world. I'm taking this one. So they're all, (laughs) they're all trying to fucking like go and take Mira back from Flashpoint Aquaman. And if you read (laughs) Flashpoint, Aquaman was a badass motherfucker. Like, I love me some Aquaman. Let me tell you, like, love the guy. And, Flashpoint Aquaman is him at his most bad motherfucking ass, okay? And they try to break into Atlantis to his throne room to take Mira back. And um, Vixen, you guys remember her? The one who can use the powers of animals? Okay. Starts using all these. She's like, I can do, you know, I can I can use all these powers of all these different animals. And she's just kicking the shit out of Flashpoint Aquaman. And he goes, you didn't really think this through, did you? And she's like, excuse me? He goes, pull out your gun. Shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> Vixen's dead. Like, <laughs> it's just badass shit. All the fanboys went wow. dream you could ask for. <laughs> yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would recommend Convergence. Like, it's, it's a mixed bag. I mean, there's a couple, like Batman and the Outsiders with my most hated DC character, mm-hmm. Geoforce. <laughs> <laughs> like... If anybody ever needed an update on that costume, well, they got the original costume. So. I have a comic book question for you. Yeah, go for it. Did you read uh, all new, different, all new, all different Avengers? The Mark Wade. Yeah. What about it? Did you like it? Um, uh, I like Mark Wade in general. Okay. Um, I'm super excited for him writing Archie comics. Have you guys seen this? Uh, no, it's already on my pull list. Gonna say like Fiona Staples. Yeah. Art. Well, yeah. I should have known you would you would know yeah, about this. I added Fiona this. Staples. Yeah, I added this. Like, She's doing the time. interiors for an Archie book. Uh, yes, she is. Correct. Wow. Yeah, it's in a whole new style. Like, is she redesigning the characters? I don't know. She's probably gonna have to. Well, she's Fiona Staples. Yeah. I've seen I, all. I've seen is just like the, the that one picture that's been released. Are they are they redesigned on that picture? Yeah, oh, I mean, man. they, they I look, see this. Like they, look now. The, they look the same but different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you imagine somebody going to Fiona Staples telling her how she's going to draw somebody? Like, I don't see that happening. Well, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not shocked shocked that she's redesigning them. I'm just shocked that they're getting a redesign by anybody. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a bold move. 
Well, Mark Wade is one of my oh, more sure. consistent people. Um, I don't feel like I was the target audience okay. for that book. Um, so I would say that it would be a low taste it. Really? That's yeah. upsetting. Well, it's it's just you can't you can't it's you can't. upsetting because because he's going from Daredevil, which I've loved his run on Daredevil to what you're saying is a low taste it for an Avengers book. It's it's uh he's not the goose that laid the golden egg. You know, yeah. like he's gonna he's gonna He's going to have stuff that doesn't speak to me directly, sure. like you know, irredeemable and the dare, you know, the daredevil stuff. I just love so much. Yeah, but like then, you know, and I loved his Flash. Um, Damn right. And uh, but then again, I mean, I don't care who you are, unless you're Peter David. It's tough to write a Hulk book. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And I really tried to stick around for Wade's Hulk run. It's just like I couldn't do it. But that that's an ex- excellent example of right. like I have never experienced a Mark Wade book that I would toss. That, okay. that I've yeah. never seen that. But you know that that book it, uh, was one of those that I was like I checked it out, but it, it's it's not on my pull list, and that's unusual for a Mark Wade book to not be on my pull list. Yeah. Yeah, w- the best of Wade is some of the best comics out there, but it, it is a little bit hit and miss for me. Yeah, it, I, I, after Afterlife with Archie, I was like, yeah, but there's never going to be another Archie comics on my pull list. I was wrong, Mark yeah, Wade. Yeah, you know, yeah, here he comes. Yeah. Fiona Staples, done. I am a little upset, though, I, and I know Jacob Harmon's loving this uh, uh, Predator versus Archie thing. I was hoping they'd go more the route of the Afterlife. With Archie, where yeah, there'd be a little bit more carnage. No, it's it's totally like they're just completely yeah. oblivious to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, next thing, Dave, thank you for the comics. That was awesome. No problem. I know our listeners appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to talk about – I went to a Rift Tracks Live event. I've talked about these in the past. Mm. If you've never been to a Rift Tracks Live or you don't know what it is, uh, the guys from Mystery Science Theater that – Mr. Nah, can't even say it. Mystery, Mystery yeah. Science Theater 3000. You know, uh, Mike Nelson, uh, Bill Corbett, uh, Kevin Murphy. They do this thing called Riff Tracks and, uh, they do these live events where, you know, they make fun of movies, really bad movies. And, uh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, the movie that they made fun of in this event was The Room. I've seen them do Starship Troopers. Uh, God, I've seen like, I've been to like four or five of these. God, I went to Godzilla last year when they did the, uh, the Broderick. Yeah, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Um, but, uh, they, they're making fun of The Room. And if you want to see this after I talk about it, they are going to do the encore of this on May 12th. On It's a Tuesday. So go to fathomevents.com to find a theater near you that is playing this, mostly AMC theaters. Uh, but, uh, this is The Room. There's this guy, Tommy Wiseau, and he's a guy that Hollywood would not cast in any movie. I mean, he tried to get into Hollywood, tried to break in. They wouldn't cast him. So he did what he had to do. He wrote, directed, and starred in his own film called The Room, (laughs) and it is a fucking train wreck. There is the – there. it's so fucking weird. The dialogue is so bizarre. Uh, he's got this fiancé that uh, at the beginning there's he <laughs> there's so many sex scenes with this Tommy Wiseau <laughs> and and it's so fucked up. Um, it, it, he they call him hip dick because like when he has sex with her he barely moves his hips <laughs> and it, they call him hip dick and uh, oh my god it's so funny. Uh, characters throughout the movie are playing this weird close up football toss thing. It's it's so weird. Like they'll be talking. Like in a hallway and somebody will have a football and they'll just start 
close throwing at each other. Like they're just feet away from each other throwing this football. There's one scene where like later on in the movie where like where they're, they're jogging and as they're jogging, they're tossing a football back and forth. There's a lot of this football thing going on. It is so weird. Um, <laughs> what are they? What are the Rift Track guys? At? What, what conclusion did they come to of why that's going on the whole time? I don't even, you know, I don't think like they even. I don't know if I think they said stuff about it, but it was like people in my audience were like, "What is up with this football?" You could hear them talking, like, "Why do they keep doing this thing with the football?" And I'm not kidding you. I'm not just talking about two scenes. I'm talking like six, seven scenes of this weird <laughs> football tossing shit. And it's not like they're really throwing long passes. Like they're like feet away from each other, just like tossing this football. It's fucking weird. Um, but this Tommy was so he's a European guy, and I think maybe he just thinks like Americans just love seeing people throw footballs. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Is he wrong? I, I can't. Is he wrong? Not really. <laughs> yeah, not really. Um, even you know, even without Mike Nelson and, and Bill and Kevin making fun of this movie, it's still laughable. Like I think you could just watch this without the audio commentary, and it's still laughable. Um, there's he gets so many shots. He, of, of this movie reminding you that it's filmed in San Francisco, that it's ridiculous. So there's like this party scene and he'll show moments of the party and then he'll cut to an outside shot and sh- of San Francisco only to come back to the same party scene. It's there, like additional exterior shots for it, no reason. It's, it's totally like that. <laughs> and then he does this at least three times during the same party scene. <laughs> Um, there are at least five shots in this movie of the Golden Gate Bridge throughout the film. And at one time, the Rift Tracks guys, they say, this movie is so bad, the Golden Gate Bridge jumped off itself. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is, it's so funny. You've got to, you've got to watch the Rift Tracks guys make fun of it. It's, it's just the most bizarre movie I've ever seen in a long time. Um, there, there's one scene where like, she, like his fiance accuses him of, she's telling her friends like he hit her. He gets drunk and he hits her and he like is complaining about this as he's walking out up on top of the roof. He's like, I did not hit her. I did not hit her. I did not drink. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Steve. Like that's literally like a line in the movie and his transition. Do you want to go right on a cable car? We can see it right outside the door. And we can toss a football. It's fucking crazy. So no, Rift Tracks Live. Check it out, dude. Uh, number 16, they're going to be doing Sharknado 2. Oh, that'll be fun. Awesome. July 9th. Uh, yeah, it's July 9th, 2015. Uh, and then the encore tickets are July 16th. Uh, next after that is Miami Connection. That's October 1st, with the encore being October 6th. And then uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, December 3rd. That sounds like a good one. And uh, the encore is December 15th. So, yes, uh, I'm in a Tupperware Rift Tracks, Rift Tracks Live. These are awesome events. Can I ask you a fun. question about the Rift Tracks? Yeah. Um, how does the encore work? Do they, do they just play what they recorded for the first night again? They don't do all new material for the encore, do they? No, it's, 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 a it's not actually live on that one. Okay. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and not all – I think like – I don't know if these are all like uh, Kickstarters either. I knew the Godzilla one and the Starship Troopers one were Kickstarters because they have to have so much money to get the movie rights to, to riff on them. Like, How many different theaters do you think they did this si- simultaneously? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Mostly AMC theaters. And, they, and, they're, and they're starting to hit Canada now too. Um, what would you pay? I, 12 bucks. Oh, OK. Not bad. No. 
basically typical movie price. Yeah. yeah, if you have a movie pass, it won't work with movie pass though. <laughs> Had you seen the room? Was this the first time you saw the room? First time, I, first time <laughs> I'd even heard of the room. Oh. <laughs> um, Probably the first time anyone seen the room. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend. Absolutely watching it, like getting drunk and watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking I, crazy. I'd heard of it because it's notoriously been made fun of nice. like for a while now. Like it was it was trending on Twitter. It was about how terrible it was when yeah. it first came and out. And we have and the opportunity to actually interview Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> we can if we want to. <laughs> the option is ours. Wow. All right. Maybe I'll watch The Broom and, and see if that's something we should do. And then, yeah, we can have him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk, can toss a football. Talk about hip dick and shit. Yeah, hip dick. <laughs> toss a football around yeah we should do that that would make the show so much better i got an empty pack of smokes you want to go for it yeah here you go <laughs> <laughs> um i got one more good pop bad pop well a pair of good pop bad pop um i watched a couple documentaries um in the last couple days i watched first off i watched atari game over um this came out uh, november 20th 2014 netflix just got it in the last couple months um basically we the fo- talked about this on the show before have we I did. Okay. It was one of my good pop, bad pops. Oh, gotcha. 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 I, you get myself. Frank's not here. I got to fill the gotcha quota. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, um, it's basically, Brian obviously knows what it's about. It's about like the demise of Atari. It's not so much a documentary about Atari in total, but just like the demise of Atari and the urban legend that the game E.T. itself was responsible for the demise of Atari and whether or not they really buried all kinds of et cartridges out in the middle of a de- you know a landfill new mexico yeah new mexican yeah. landfill just so they could you know bury the evidence basically yeah and i really liked it I, i'm gonna give it a high taste it um I think if you're not interested in Atari or video games or that, or if you've never even heard of this urban legend, it might not be very entertaining to you. But if you come in already, like, like I've heard about this ET thing since I was a kid. So like I wasn't even there and I was getting like goosebumps on whether or not they were going to like find these fucking cartridges or, or, or cartridges or not. And so it was super exciting. They talk a lot to, um, the guy that actually made, um, the ET game and, I had his fucking name pulled up and then I lost it. Um, Howard Scott Warshaw. And it's really fascinating the story behind it. Like you really, he was a very sympathetic person in this documentary. Um, he only had five weeks to make this game and most games, you know, took months, like four to six months to develop and program a game. And not only did he only have five weeks, but he was basically promising that it would be like, the most amazing video game you'd ever seen. Like well, the had, first, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the most amazing movie at that time. Yeah, yeah. You want the most amazing game to go it, along with it. And I mean, you could tell he is bitter still to this day about, you know, being acknowledged as the person who possibly put Atari out of business. You know, he's pawning the, he's passing the buck to Steven Spielberg himself, you know, saying that, Hey, I showed the game to Steven Spielberg. He played it. He said it was the best video game he ever played. So, you know, he signed off on it and everything. And you really, you really feel bad for this guy. I mean, every game this guy had made, um, sold, sold over a million copies. This guy didn't make a single game. And I mean, revolutionized. He created Yar's Revenge which was the biggest selling game on the Atari 2600. And this guy to this day really doesn't get any respect among his like uh, peers. Like he's not in the video game hall of fame or any of that shit, you know, and he, he rightfully deserves to be. So it was, it was neat to see him kind of come to terms with everything. He himself was present at the evacuation and lo and behold, they find the actual cartridges in the de- in the landfill. It was crazy. Um, but it was also neat because 
we found out that it wasn't just a big pile of et cartridges it was basically just all kinds of atari games like they were it was just all atari games so it it kind of helped this guy come to terms with everything and realize that it's not it wasn't his game that ruined it it was more the overzealous atari company making promises they couldn't keep and you know so many people returned their copies of ET because it was so bad. It was a really, a really great documentary. You, Brian said he's seen it. Have you seen this, Dave? Yeah, and, and they, the reason they had to recall them all is because there was a glitch where you couldn't actually beat the game. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And like, if you've ever had somebody in your life that you were confounded by their focus and enthusiasm over a bunch of dots bouncing around on screen, like you know how Frank like sometimes isn't like so direct with the topics that you have on this show. Mm -hmm. And then when the video game topic comes up, man, he's dialed in. Like he is like on point, meticulous, focused. When you see the reaction in this show of these guys feverishly waiting to see if this hidden King Solomon's mind of yeah. rumored video games is there. I mean, they, it's like, it's like they just discovered life on, on other planets and, you know, the cure for cancer all at once. Like the reaction is just amazing. And it'll give you a window into the mindset of guys like Frank that, you know, maybe they're not so engaged in certain things, but man, they love love video games and farting and <laughs> yeah it was it was I'm really neat, it, it, it's yeah. a it's a window into that mindset that is very effective because i i've liked video games here and there but i've never been crazy about them before mm -hmm. and this really showed you how it can be so such a wonderful escape for people yeah and it was just crazy to see the early days of atari like and how they were just a bunch of partiers and everything it was wild at one point there's a lot of footage of ernest klein in this movie who wrote ready player one and he actually goes to the landfill he picks up his delorean from george rr R. martin and then goes down to the landfill, and hmm. it's pretty wild. But yeah, I give it a high taste. It, if, how can our uh, how can uh, the leftover army watch this? Uh, yeah, I watched it on Netflix. So I think I think it's been on Netflix for a few months now. So definitely check it out. Um, Netflix doesn't leave everything up forever. So probably the sooner the better. If this sounds something that you're inter interested in, um, and the other documentary I watched, um, I believe just came out in the last week or maybe two weeks, is the uh, Kurt Cobain one on hbo um montage of montage of heck it's called and uh oh man this was a tupperware i was blown away by this it's written and directed by brett morgan and it is a really intimate view into the life of kurt cobain is this another netflix this is hbo exclusive oh i'll, I'll watch this then. you have to see this um they take i mean so it goes from his childhood all the way to the end of his life and everything. And I mean, they have so much childhood footage of Kurt Cobain. I was blown away by it. Like, don't use the words "blown away" and Kurt Cobain. In the same <laughs> yeah, sense. probably not a good idea. Oh, uh, Dave's just shaking his head at me. <laughs> yeah, I've wished death upon a listener, and I've <laughs> whatever. It's twenty years ago. Do you know what color Kurt Cobain's eyes are? Oh, let's hear this. One, one. blue this way, one blue that uh, way. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Here it comes. So, so, but yeah, this this was so great. I mean, I was, but like Smells I was saying, like we lost another listener. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The, the amount of childhood footage they had of him was incredible. Like his parents must have been videotaping him like every second of his goddamn life. Like he had the camera just in his face every every moment. It was wow. crazy. But one of the things that really blew me away by this film. Don't stop saying that. Uh, Jesus I gotta Christ. stop saying it. It gotcha. did blow me away though. Yeah. It didn't blow me away, you know. I, what, what? Yeah, this, this shit is off the rails. This shit is off the rails. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. 
it was really neat the way they took all of his childhood drawings and like his scribbles and they like animated everything. Like they brought all his little drawings to life, all his like sketches and his like notepad for song lyrics to life. And they, there's at least a half, a half an hour to 45 minutes of the footage is just bringing a lot of his art to life, you know, with Nirvana music playing in the background and everything. And this movie really inspired me to go back and get those old Nirvana albums out of the catalog and listen to all that. Yeah, when again. I pulled up today, you pulled up and I I, I heard Nirvana coming out of yeah, your car. Yeah, I'm sure you did. It's yeah. pretty much been the last two days of yeah. what's been going on in my car. Yeah. And so, and I really haven't listened to it for probably over ten years. Right. I haven't put a Nirvana CD in. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was a big deal. I mean, you're you're about the same age as I am, Brian. I think you are too, Dave. We're all I mean, within like two months apart. Of, yeah, I like, mean, Kurt Cobain himself was blown away when we were in high school. Yeah. So I mean, that was that was a big fucking deal for us. I remember. Oh, I remember. I, okay, I remember. We just had Jay on last week. Yeah, I remember fucking getting off of school, coming home, going to Jay's house, like I did after every day in high school, going to Jay's house, turning on MTV, and fucking. Kurt Loder's talking about how Kurt Cobain had killed himself. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck? We're like freaking out and shit. Cause like Nirvana was one of my favorite bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I couldn't believe that it, I kind of knew because like we had a scare like a month before with him. Yeah. He and, OD'd on all those yeah. pills and everything. Yeah. So, you know, and I still, honestly, if I, I still have like, Articles from like Time Magazine about him, like right after the death. I yeah, still, have, I still do too. I still have those articles, and so I, I'm not joking about the man's death. I mean, he was he was our generation's fucking John Lennon, in my no, opinion. That's how we deal with stuff, though, is make snarky jokes and, yeah. and off color jokes. I, when you say blown away, I I love Kurt Cobain. I love the music. I I think for a while I was actually bitter at him for taking it away from us. Yeah, me too. Me I too. I was mad at him for taking his life for a long time, and I wouldn't listen to Nirvana. Because I was really, really upset with him that he he left us and, and everything, and and uh, I I too have come around recently. Yes, I'm a like a reborn Nirvana fan again. You have to see this; it's so intimate. They talk they talk to his um like first girlfriend. They they talk to his mom a bunch. What about they, Francis Bean? Is they, she in it? Yes, yes. There's tons of footage. Everybody's in it. Everybody's in okay. it except one. His ex- daughter is just beautiful. One She's major exception. Beautiful. Um, Dave Grohl was not in it he was busy doing he wanted to be in it but he yeah. was busy doing like a tour or something with the band right. and didn't have time for the filming schedule to do any of the interviewers and I, I i read about this and the filmmaker said that he was so happy with the cut that he ended up with and he really wanted dave Grohl, but he thought it might mess up with the cut that he okay. had and um when they showed this for the first time at a film festival um francis bean was in attendance and after she saw the film, she ran up and hugged the the filmmaker, the writer director, wow. and said that that was that was the film about her dad that she wanted to see. Wow! So it was. I, I'm getting all like shaken up just yeah. even talking about it. Like it's an incredible movie. Do you know why they did the animation? No, I don't. Um, Troy Meese uh, was a member of the Meat Puppets and is yes. a personal friend of mine. Um, he uh, he told me that the that. Kurt loved Liquid Television. Do you remember that oh, show? Oh, I love Liquid Television. I remember Liquid Television. It, it was the only thing on MTV that it's he would watch. It's where we got Ian Flux for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It was the only thing on MTV that he would watch. And 
they did all the animation as an homage to one of Kurt's favorite things. Uh, that's so awesome. That's that's the animation is powerful. Oh, it? the animation, yeah, it, it gets you shaking. Well, my the last waltz was always what I would tell people was my favorite rock documentary of all times. Like you, you if you're gonna watch one rock. One rock you met, you know, rockumentary. rockumentary yeah. That you, it it needs to be the last waltz. But uh, montage of heck has taken the throne because it's the most personal rock biopic I've ever seen in my life. Are porno documentaries called cockumentaries? Possibly, yeah, possibly. <laughs> if they're not, they should be, right? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially if they're about male porn stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the John Holmes cockumentary, <laughs> the Ron Jeremy cockumentary. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone. Do they have those yet? I wonder. I bet we'll get a Ron Jeremy documentary at some point. That has to happen. Well, shit. Why don't we? Hey, let's do Boogie, a, Boogie Nights. Let's start. Was. Let's yeah. start a like a dick starter, right? <laughs> dick starter. <laughs> and we can start a dick starter, and then like people can like donate, and we'll do the Ron Jeremy documentary. Is that, is that URL taken yet? I, let's find. <laughs> let's find out. Let's buy that let's, shit. Yeah, buy it. Buy it now. What's the, what's the website that? That you can buy the websites I, on. I bet Frank's already got it. Oh man, he owns, <laughs> Frank owns Frank the Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting here laughing right yeah. now. Yeah, he's laughing. Aha, those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's all I have for good pop, bad pop this week. Um, a couple of really good documentaries. One, one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, what we're gonna talk? I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, I can't um, wait. I kind of want to talk about it. I'm gonna watch it again this week. Uh, let's see here. The final thing that we're going to do for Good Pop, Bad Pop is we are going to rate uh, the Wachowski's new Netflix project. So, yes, the uh, new uh, – it's a new series. It's a Netflix series, and it's uh, from the Wachowskis and uh, the writer of The Changeling, which we found out. That's J. Michael Straczynski. Yes, it sure is. So um, we all watched the trailer. It's called Sense8. It's kind of like your uh, Twitter <laughs> I was Dave. thinking that too. <laughs> Domestic, the number eight. I love it. Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Sense, the number eight. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's called Sense8. And uh, I don't know. I don't have the synopsis pulled up. No. But, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, from what I saw, it looked like one person had all the abilities and thoughts of eight people. All of them have the abilities of, of all, all eight, eight of yeah, each other. It's like okay. they can all sense each other. And it's bizarre. I, I, I want to know a little bit more about the, the, the initial character that's telling him about these new abilities yeah, uh, that they were starting to get. Played like, by Naveen Andrews. Oh, yeah. Who is this actor? Uh, he was Saeed in Lost. Okay. See, another yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> Jafar and Once Upon a Time and Wonderland. Uh, another yes. show I do not watch. <laughs> so, no, but yeah, I want to know more about his character and like why he's telling how, – how, why does he know so much? Who is he? So yeah, he's like the uh, the stick or the uh, right the you know the mint or the splinter or the whatever or the Pat Morita. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe he's the Captain Planet of all of these different uh, entities. Maybe yeah. all these people they combine wouldn't into. That be, wouldn't that be Gaia though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's the Gaia he's and they're Gaia. the Captain Planet. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I get behind that. Yeah, <laughs> is that all Captain and Planet? And the Wachowskis of the heart. Oh, Mati. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a new Wachowski show, and and, and and you know, it's I don't think they've ever done TV, have they? No, I do not think so. Yeah. So yeah, it looked good. I'll watch it. Uh, are you, can you rate it or is I'm I'm guys? I'm gonna give 
I'm going to give it a freeze it for right now. I, I really want to give it a Tupperware because it's like, this is what I've been wanting. I, I want something that has the visual style that the, only the Wachowskis can bring, but I want there to be a writer in there to kind of rein them in exactly. a little bit because I love their visual style. Uh, I would love nothing more than to see a Star Wars movie directed by the Wachowskis. Not maybe a main film, but maybe an anthology film. Yeah, just not I, written by them. Not written and not written by them, <laughs> uh, but their visual style style dude i fucking love their visual style i think it's absolutely phenomenal yeah i'll give i'll go ahead and rate just i guess the tv trailer right uh, i'll give it a high taste it i i mean it's very short and sweet and gives you just enough to make you actually want to watch the pilot of the show it doesn't tell you the entire plot of the pilot in the minute and it just kind of whets your appetite so yeah it looked good you know what fuck it i'm gonna rate it too i, I am gonna give it a tupperware this yeah. makes me want to watch this fucking show that that trailer really makes me want to watch it um you know, I, it, it, there's something about uh, just all these different people from all these different walks of life all over the world, all over the globe, that somehow they're connected through something and being able to experience each other's thoughts, their past memories, their present memories, how they're feeling. It just intrigues me. This whole concept intrigues me. And if the Wachowskis can pull this off in like a 10-episode season – um, yeah, I, I'm going to Tupperware it. So I'm just going to Tupperware the teaser. What about you, Dave? Well, the Wachowskis have burned me time and time and time again. Okay. Even, even though I loved sure. them. I loved them a lot. Like, it was like that girl that, like, it's all magical at first, and then it just, like, it's just lowered expectations every single time. But, you know, you got my man from Lost and Once Upon a Time in there. That pulls me in. You also got... Uh, anytime I'm an old school quantum leap fan, so anytime you got somebody staring in the mirror looking at somebody else, okay, uh, <laughs> nostalgic pulled me right in there. So I'm gonna give it a taste. It. I'm, oh boy, I'm, I'm gonna give it. Oh a, boy, I'm gonna give it a <laughs> shot. Yeah, I, I, that that Netflix is gonna have my money. Looks like for the foreseeable future. I'm excited awesome. to see how they execute the story. If it'll be like we meet one character per episode or if we're going to be right from the go, like intermingling between all eight characters. Yeah. It might be a combination of like, I think in the first episode, it would be smart for them to have an intermingling of all the characters yeah. and then maybe break it down a little bit more yeah. as they go along. But like, we need a taste of like what this world, what, 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 what the overall broad world of this story is going to be. Well, the reason that it isn't a Tupperware for me is because of JMS being the writer. Because yeah. he's notorious for really great concepts uh -huh. and start-offs right. that just fizzle like a motherfucker. Right, yeah. Fucker ruined Amazing Spider-Man. Ugh. The the ripples are still felt from. That I either crap. love J. Michael Straczynski or hate him. I, you know what I mean. So I, I really enjoyed Ten Grand that series he came out with. But there's been other things that I, a lot of his other work I don't like at all. So yeah, I was never the guy that could get into Babylon Five either. Like I tried a few times and yeah. I, it just it never caught my attention. Yeah, and I mean like Battlestar Galactica, like from Episode One, I was like, give me more. Yeah, but Babylon Five just never did it for me. You Babylon 5 guy? Yeah, like the first two seasons were just gold, man. Everything leading up to the Shadow War, mm. great. Shadow War hits, not so great. Mm. All right, guys, we are going to move. You know, we're doing things a little out of order this week. Usually at this point we'd be doing regular news, but you know what? I want to do some fucking Star Wars news. Yeah, let's do it. I'm all about Star Wars. Hey, guys, what are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! 
All right. Well, first, R two sounded upset about starting with Star Wars news. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start off with the Star Wars email here first uh, before we jump into the news. Hey, leftovers! It's from Findeets Creek, our buddy Finn. Oh yeah, Findeets Creek. Uh, hey, leftovers. Dot 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 dot. And Frank. Frank's not here. <laughs> you may not know this, but I am a 15 year old. I may even be your youngest listener. I am a huge Star Wars fan and have no problem telling people. The worst part about being a Star Wars fan, who is also a teenager in this decade, is having to hear almost every kid who knows anything about Star Wars claim that the prequels are better than the originals. My personal favorite of the saga is Empire. When I tell other teenagers this, they laugh and they say that it is one of the worst ones and that two and three are obviously the best. I'm pretty sure (laughs) that the only reason they say this is because of the special effects and fight scenes. I try to explain to them how bad Hayden Christensen's acting is and how bad the plot is, but they just don't listen. I I understand that everyone has their own opinion, but I personally don't think theirs is justified. Lastly, I have an unrelated question for Jake. What is your favorite Harry Potter movie slash book? Mine is Half-Blood Prince, and I'm curious what yours might be. Thank you guys for your time, and keep periscoping and making unboxing videos, Jake. You too, Frank. Oh, before I forget, thanks for the t-shirt giveaway, Frank. Finn Deets Creek. Nice. So, yeah, we're going to talk about his Star Wars question, and then you can talk about your Harry Potter. Yay. All right. <laughs> you know, I... I don't know. Are you the best person to ask about the, you love the prequels? Yeah, I, I'm still though. I, as much as I love the prequels, I don't think the prequels are better than the originals. And it, it's crazy to me to imagine talking to a crowd that puts their nose up at saying Empire Strikes Back is the best movie. I mean, that's pretty much common knowledge among fandom at this point. Yeah, but I mean, Finn Deets Creek on the flip side is 15 yeah, years I old. I realize. And, like, his generation has grown up, grown up with the prequels. They grew up with Jar Jar Banks. They were fucking kids when that shit came out. I mean, I was like in my fucking twenties and shit when I watched the prequels. I, I just can't imagine Finn's frustration at, at seeing people put their nose up at that thought. Like, I just can't even relate. That's that's crazy. Don't feel bad about that, Finn. You're you're in the right there. That's that's wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back is by far the best one. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, dude, yeah, I, I wouldn't even, like, uh, entertain them and trying to stick up for it. I mean, they're just a lost cause. They don't – they have no idea what they're talking about. I was going to say, all he's going to do is show them the scene between Han and Leia where Han's about to go down into the carbonite, you know, and then show them the scene between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman where he's talking about, oh, your skin is soft, not like ro- sand. And they're rolling around in the grass. Yeah, right, like just scene. okay. Yeah. Uh, discuss you know right yeah right finn you give me hope for the future yeah <laughs> episode two is the worst one in my opinion yeah that's one thing that makes me so mad about episode one hate is because it seems like everyone just gives episode two a pass when in my opinion it is far worse than episode one like leagues worse it's not even comparable like episode two is the worst of the star wars movies in my opinion so uh, yeah episode one i had some redeeming stuff i mean you know darth maul and Darth Maul. I think that whole last 30 minutes is redeeming. All the action going on at the same time is is just classic Star Wars fun. When we were at the the expo this today, you know, the uh, arts and comics expo, I was talking, there were some guys from the 501st there. Oh, nice. And I was talking to them and I was basically saying that my biggest problem with the prequels is that your main character is nine years old. 
and you're looking, you know, he's a cocky nine year old kid, and you know, she's thirteen, and the romance is creepy. And I was thinking, like, it should mirror the original trilogy, where he's maybe. 16, 17 years old, and maybe she's like early 20s. Yeah. That way it's a little less creepy. And everybody was kind of like nodding their heads in agreement with me that that's how they felt as well. And so <laughs> the know. immaculate force birth is kind of weird too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck midichlorians. <laughs> but yeah. I can't wait to hear uh, Jake decide which is his favorite Harry Potter. That's like, oh, that's shoot. easy. Oh, really? Yeah, super easy for me. Um, my fa- it's actually really weird. My favorite book and my favorite movie are the same. It's uh, the third one. Uh, yeah, thank you. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, the director. Amazing. Oh, Alfonso, yeah. Yes, Karan. Uh, Karan. He, yep. Oh, my Gravity God. Gravity director. Harry Potter 3, a lot of people hate it, too. Like Visually, it, it is beautiful. But it, if you look at people's Harry Potter movie rankings, this movie is either someone's top or someone's bottom. It is very rarely in between. A lot of people were very off-put by it. It's the best. We get the best serious black scenes. Yes. It, it, and we get the best serious black in the books, too, in and we, my opinion. And we get the best filmmaking of all the movies. Like, he even early on in harry potter 3 alfonso is doing what he does so well and just doing these massively long one takes happening in the middle of a children's movie like if you pay attention to this the filmmaking in the third movie it's just brilliant um i'm not the biggest i always call him chrissy columbus but chris columbus fan because i I feel like he's a real paint by numbers director and just kind of does everything just the basic way it's not bad he's not a bad director he's just a complacent director you know what i'm saying he, he he's good enough he's very vanilla he yeah very vanilla he's just fine basically yeah and so i was really happy i knew nothing about alfonso before harry potter 3 i was just glad chrissy columbus was gone and then i was just blown away with what he did and as far as story goes when i was reading the harry potter books as much as i loved the first two and how fun and magical and whimsical they were i really wasn't addicted to the series until the third book like that was the one that really clinched it for me um just how dark it was with all the uh serious black murdering going on at the very beginning um the big reveal that um, Ron's rat the whole time had been Wormtail, the right-hand mouse man of Voldemort himself, and that the seeds were laid for, for that back in the first book. I really saw what a masterful story that J.K. Rowling was weaving when I finished the third book. Like, that was the clincher book for me. Where I was hooked, like, after, like, the first chapter. I, <laughs> I fucking loved those books. Well, I, did, I, loved, I wouldn't have got to the third yeah. book if I didn't I, like them. Like, like I hadn't read like okay like the fifth book had just come out yeah and I was just like I hadn't read any of them and so I was like shit I just like read through them and then like for that fifth book I was like in Barnes and Nobles like reading it like every yeah. day and then I was like fuck it I'm buying it took it home and just like read it at home and shit that's awesome yeah and the third one was my book too the fourth book was the book where I was first at barnes and nobles at midnight waiting for a book so yeah. that like the third one was the one i had to wait a couple years afterwards before i got to read another yeah. one so yeah it's my favorite favorite movie and book the um uh the movie like the the the, the one scene that i always sticks out to me in that movie prisoner of azkaban yeah. is the is the tree 
Oh, Whenever yeah. I think of that movie, I think of that tree. That tree is just looked, the Whomping Willow. The Whomping Willow. That's I think about the tree, and I think it was it Professor Lupus was the werewolf. Yes, yes, Lupin. Lupin, Lupin. And I just think about that. Uh, I, I every time I think of that movie, I just think about that tree and how visually uh, amazing that tree looked. Yeah, Chris Chrissy Columbus could not have done that. No. Like it, I, one thing that I love about three is after the car comes out of the tree, it goes feral, according to Ron, and that always cracked me up. Yeah. That the car itself could go feral yeah. so yeah I, I love it was the most visually striking of all the movies i think yeah and yeah. i was a little upset that they kept with um david yates i believe is who did he did five six seven and eight and i thought he was a little bit like chris columbus where it was just like complacent and i yeah. wish they would have switched it up more and done some other directors all right, uh, moving on to more uh, to Star Wars news. So two weeks ago on the show, we talked about how Josh Trank did not join Gareth Edwards for the director's panel at Star Wars Celebration. He was sick. Both Edwards <laughs> and Trank were working with Disney on the first two Star Wars anthology films, uh, the first being Edwards, Ro- Edwards Rogue One film, and the second would have been Josh Trank's film, which we knew nothing about. Only rumors. Some say it's a Han and Boba Fett movie, but nobody really knew. But then Trank didn't show up to the panel. Something I think Disney said was a stomach illness or something. Trank said it was, quote, the worst flu of my life. Well, we speculated that it might be bullshit, but we're, we're, we were willing to give you know Disney and Trank the benefit of the doubt. But shame on us because we heard that Disney asked Trank not to attend the event, and then Disney and Trank have now parted ways, according to The Hollywood Reporter. In an official statement on StarWars.com, Trank wrote this. After a year of having the incredible honor of developing with the wonderful and talented people at Lucasfilm, I'm making a personal decision to move forward on a different path. I've put a tremendous amount of thought into this, and I know deep down in my heart that I would that I would that I want to pursue some original creative opportunities. That said, the Star Wars universe has always been one of my biggest influences, and I couldn't be more excited to witness its future alongside my uh, alongside my millions of fellow Star Wars fans. I want to thank my friends Kathleen Kennedy, Kiri Hart. Simon Kinberg, and everyone at Lucasfilm and Disney for the amazing opportunity to have been a part of this. May the force be with you all. And then Lucasfilm Vice President of Development said this, It was a privilege to collaborate with Josh. We are grateful for the energy and love of Star Wars that he brought to the process, and we wish him all the best. Now, Josh Trank, if if you're not familiar with Josh Trank. He's he's a very young director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 30, 31 years old. And before this, all he'd really done was the found footage film Chronicle. Yes. Which then landed him the job of directing the Fantastic Four for Fox, which comes out in August. So he does like this really uh, personal project, found footage film, and then bam, lands a huge franchise, franchise Fantastic Four. And then... Come Star Wars, Disney comes knocking at his door and says, "Will you do a fucking Star Wars film?" And then it's it's kind of it's kind of like a fairy tale for this guy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, then you know more news has now come out about this shaky relationship between Trank and Disney, and it's not good news for Trank, and it's not good news if you were looking forward to the Fantastic Four movie either. In my opinion, uh, the Hollywood Reporter they followed up their initial report. With this report, according to sources, Trank was sometimes indecisive and uncommunicative. Producer Simon Kinberg and Hutch Parker had to step in to help pull the film together. 
Though sources stressed that Trank was still on set and directing the film. Were that not the case, the production could have run afoul of the Directors Guild of America. Just over three months from opening, Fox's Fantastic Four has done reshoots. Those were complicated because stars Miles Teller, Kate Mara, and Michael B. Jordan had obligations on other films. The most recent round, which involved three days of reshoots at the end of April, had to take place on weekends because of Teller's work on Todd Phillips' arms and The Dude. Parker and Kinberg are said to have been heavily involved in those reshoots, pulling them away from duties in Canada on X-Men Apocalypse, which they are also producing. Given the issues with Trank's performance, the production added Stephen Rifkin from Avatar to help pull the film together. Trank had hired his Chronicle editor, Elliot Greenberg, on the project. Fantastic Four is meant to reboot the Marvel superhero franchise for Fox. The comic is venerated for its place in history as it launched Marvel Comics in 1962 and was early creation from Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Fox made two movies released in 2005-2007 that made $300 million and $289 million respectively but failed to capture moviegoers' imagination. Fox hastened to make a new movie as it risked having the rights revert back to Marvel. Um, so basically, you know, they're saying that, you know, this guy, this director, you know, uh, they couldn't find him. Um, sometimes, like, when he had to make a decision, he it sounded like it was too much for him to handle. Uh, I just think he's a young director. He was in over his head. He wasn't used to making, like, movies of this magnitude. He wasn't used to, you know, doing. he was used to doing his own thing with, like, the Chronicle thing. Yes. You know, uh, he's not used to working with a property where they have to rein him in because that was one of the things that he says in his statement is, like, he's wanting to do more uh, – Personal projects, uh, original original things, original ideas, whatever. Sounds like the guy has a problem with bosses a little bit. Time management. Yeah. Stress. Um, dealing with studio executives. Yeah. Time, time restraints. I mean, they're probably saying, where are you? What's going on? Uh, how's this coming along? And... And yeah, he's not used to what to tell a studio right. person, so a studio right. person's getting worried. Right. I I read a lot about this story throughout the week, and um, a lot of stuff I read, it seems like it was um, the guy whose alarm first went off the biggest was Kinsberg himself, it seems like, because he's got his hands in both the uh, Fox Marvel stuff and the Star Wars anthology stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think he's w- one that alerted the... Uh, you know, the Disney people about like what was going on with Trank and kind of gave him the heads up that this guy right. isn't as responsible as a guy you may want. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that they parted ways now instead of like an Edgar Wright situation where we get like so deep into making something. He's been then, on this a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. So it makes me wonder if, is someone going to take over this project or yes. is this project just getting wadded up and no, thrown in the garbage can? <laughs> No, 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 no. The studio is searching for another filmmaker to take. The Do we have a Boba over. Fett? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, how much, how much of a redo are they going to do on whatever they had? Like, how much of that work is going to still be around that Trank did? Do you think? Yeah, my the the thing that jumped out at me the most about what you said was that they said, "Oh, we brought in the guy from Avatar to fix this movie." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We got the guys from Avatar to fix this. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's, there's gonna, that's scary. So basically, in this version, there's going to be Blue Navi in the Star Wars universe. Sounds like sounds like Fantastic Four is coming home to Marvel here right. in just a few years. There's going to be a really oppressive military presence, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the good guy scientists are going to save it all. 
Pound of Tanium is now in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, <laughs> take that, Vibranium. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they? Is it as soon as this tanks? Are they going to be calling up Marvel, being like, "So, uh, you want Spider Man? You want anybody else?" <laughs> that made me think. Instead of Josh Trank, it's going to be Josh Tanks. <laughs> we find out that Tauntauns have like fucking like long appendages that can fuck each other. Whoa! Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, sure. that's an Avatar thing, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I am. Um, what is he? Uh, what what is what was up with that movie? Like you, get, like did he have like a rat tail that he'd pull out and like yeah. then he'd fucking like mind fuck would, the animals and bond shit? with the horses and bond with right. whatever he was flying on. <laughs> right. <laughs> lots of hygiene issues going on yeah. there. I don't know. God, I can't wait for two more avatars. No, no, you're gonna get three. Oh, God, I can't wait for three more avatars. It's happening. They're filming all at once. So. I just want to go back to I dude I do want to go back to fucking Pandora I I love it in 3D go back there and atomic it. bomb that shit tell, no, us, tell, us, tell us how it is I loved it in 3D it's the most beautiful 3D ever seriously it's all eye candy you know, laugh whatever laugh all you want to Dave it's fucking beautiful in 3D I'm glad you enjoyed it it is no I enjoyed being in Pandora you son of a bitch <laughs> fuck you I'd rather be there right now than looking at your fucking ass <laughs> fucking crass ass motherfucker that's what I do. Shut up. Go to hell. Go to hell, Dave. Uh, cue the music. <laughs> see, you're going to be really bad. You're going to be really mad when I toss the new fucking Terminator, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant Darth Bryan music, but this works, too. Uh, James Cameron's just in here sipping a cup of coffee. <laughs> he's never going to come out with three more Avatar movies. That's never happening. Nope. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're filming. Guy takes ten years to make one movie, and he's going to come out with three. They're filming back to back to back to back. Are they each going to be forty five minutes long? <laughs> no, four <laughs> hours. <laughs> no, there's a there's a theme park that's going to be uh, getting formed. That's all going to Pandora. So that you know that's pretty cool. You can go see that. Uh, I don't care know. about that. I don't care about that. I mean. I don't know, man. I just thought it, no, I thought it was beautiful 3D. It's the best 3D I've ever seen in my goddamn life. The whole new, uh, isn't, didn't they announce that the whole new, uh, um, Star Wars movie is going to be, uh, very IMAXy? One of the spinoffs? Yeah, mm. the, the episode seven is not going to be completely about, filmed in IMAX, though. It's only going to have IMAX scenes. Yeah, it's IMAX scenes. You're thinking about uh, Infinity Wars one and two oh. is going to be filmed 100 percent completely. Sorry, IMAX. I went into Marvel news. Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the, it's going to be like the Nolan Batman movies, where just like the big set pieces are going to be IMAX filmed, but everything else will not. Uh, to finish this, you know, what we're, instead of talking about Avatar, um, to finish this Trank thing, do you guys think that he's fucked in Hollywood now after yes. these statements? Yeah. Until he makes a new chronicle, yeah. Yeah, I think he's blacklisted at this point. All this stuff. Who's going to want to hire this guy? Yeah, he's got yeah. a real big red mark on that resume. He's going to have a real easy job doing nothing but personal projects from now on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on with Star Wars news. Uh, who could be one of these uh, directors that's suited to step in you know, into this project after you know Trank leaves hmm. or uh, was booted? Rumors started swirling about Disney looking at Joss Whedon. And Latino <laughs> Review stated that talks are happening, maybe not for an anthology series, but possibly for a Star Wars TV series. Hmm. But there was an interview uh, Whedon had at the Avengers Age of Ultron premiere in London a few weeks ago. Uh, do you guys want me to play that audio? I'd like to hear it. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I found the clip. Let me play that. This is Joss Whedon at that premiere. 
Um, so I know that you're planning for, uh, uh, can we say, uh, uh, vacation now that you've finished the movie. But since that, uh, there's still space for another Star Wars spin-off. Uh, maybe could you be interested in this movie? You know, yeah, who doesn't want to do Star Wars? But I do think it's, I do have to make something up of my own at some point or I'll lose my cred as a creator. And I'll also start to wonder who I am. So thank you very much. All right, yeah, so we heard the interview there. Uh, I think that was Quicksilver interviewing him, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's alive, folks. He's alive. You didn't see that Don't say that. I lose my money. <laughs> All right, so, well, yeah. You, 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 you bet that he's dead? No, I bet that he would die in the movie. Whether or not he, I guess he comes back after the fact, I still get my money. So, hmm. yeah. I say no one's ever really dead. Yeah. As long as he didn't come back in that movie, I did think I still that, win. Did you see that the high evolutionary is supposedly they're they're dead? Did you see that? No. Yeah, in the Marvel comics, yeah, uh, I, in the I, new issue of Uncanny Avengers. I read that yeah, they I revealed not who their new anymore. dad was. Yeah, it's 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 like he's taking credit for them now. A few things here, real quick. Um, I Whedon, as far as Whedon's concerned, Quicksilver's dead. He wanted to he wanted to bring he wanted to have a permanent death. In this film. Yeah. So that was the high stakes. Quicksilver's dead. So as far as Whedon was concerned, he's dead. Now, whether Marvel Studios brings him back, that's another story. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I mean, they've already brought Coulson back. And if they bring Quicksilver back, they're just proving that there are no permanent deaths in this. The other thing is I've never heard uh, what Aaron Taylor Johnson's contract really consisted of, how many films it is. Yeah. Um, Could there be flashback scenes? Possibly, we might see flashbacks of Quicksilver, and you know, we, you know, Scarlet Witch is still in the universe, so we could have flashbacks. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I also heard that it was very tough to get uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson to sign on to this project. He didn't sign on to it until he found out that his co-star in Godzilla, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, signed on. Okay, so he, then he was willing to do it. So, but. Josh Whedon, his guy that he wanted from the get-go, he said, was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's, <weird>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Can uh, you do a bad French accent? <laughs> yes, I can. Soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> All right. Vanity Fair, they released a ton of new pictures about Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, Adam Driver is, Carl- is Kylo Ren. Yeah. Okay. That's fucking, yeah. Didn't we kind of know that, though? We, it could have been Dom Nogalison for all I we was, knew. Last podcast, I was saying that I thought maybe Kylo Ren wasn't Adam Driver solely based on the fact that we might not ever see his face and that they wouldn't hide Adam Driver's face for an entire movie. And we've seen pictures yeah. of Adam Driver in a resistance, like X-Wing uniform. I mean, those are on the internet. They have been on makingstarwars.net. We've seen them. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, shit, it's got to be misdirection now. If they knew that the drones were fucking taking pictures, and so they, J- JJ's fucking thinking of everything. Yeah, get him in a rebel suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lupita Nyongo, her character is Maz Kanata, and we saw some concept art released uh, from IndieWire uh, showing what she might look like in the film, and it's posted on the uh, Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page if you want to check that out. Did you guys get a chance yeah, to see I that? I saw a, um, a few comments hating on it. I thought it was pretty neat. It's just concept art, and yeah. I mean, once we once we see it, you know, and once we see it in the in the film, I mean, people might come around on it. It's yeah. just concept art. I thought it was really cool concept art. I liked it. Yeah, somebody said it looked like uh, Yoda banged 
Or something. <laughs> something creepy. Somebody. Some, I, can, I can imagine the agent calling her being like, you're going to be the new Jar Jar Binks. Oh, man. Hang <laughs> no, up the phone. No, right? we're talking about, this is talking about, uh, you know, it was best supporting actress uh, for uh, 12 Years a Slave. I mean, she was yeah huge actress. Star Wars is lucky to have her in the fucking film. They've got some strong female uh, actresses in this, you know, fucking uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Mm, Holy yeah, fuck. I, I can't wait to see her Me in action. Either. J.J. Uh, Abrams, he teased that Jar Jar Banks could show up in this film, but only as a skeleton in the desert. What a jerk. And I love it. I love it. I fucking love it. J.J. <laughs> jerk Abrams. But yeah, there, there's a ton of cool things that came out of this Vanity Fair Star Wars article. Uh, one of those things was how Disney handled George Lucas after the acquisition of Lucasfilm. Apparently, Lucas had written treatments for episodes 7, 8, and 9, Here's what was written in Vanity Fair. Abrams said Lucas's treatment had centered on very young char- young characters, teenagers. Lucasfilm told me, which might have struck Disney executives as veering too close for comfort to the Phantom Menace and its nine-year-old Anakin Skywalker oh, thank and 13-year-old Queen Amidala. Quote, we've made some departures from Lucas's ideas. Kennedy conceded, but only in, quote, exactly the way you would in any development process. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sure some of those ideas, they were like, ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you guys see that they're going to ha- have uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens products coming uh, in September? Oh, wow. So is that, that sounds that about right. Like, that, like toys and yeah, shit? Yeah, that sounds about right. So we're going to get tons of clues. I'm starting the Christmas Club uh, savings account right now. That was always the big day for, for me and my friends when the prequels came out was the toy day because mm-hmm. you could just read all the backs of all the action figures and then really piece everything together. Yeah. I remember shitting myself on episode two toy day when the back of the Jar Jar toy was telling me that he was the cause for the fucking empire. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what did you think of the uh, second Star Wars teaser trailer? Oh, amazing! Absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm. Uh, there, there are two movies that I just cannot wait for this year. There and was two movies. Now there's only one. <laughs> there can only be one. The other one was Age of Ultron. <laughs> no, the, actually, I as a palate cleanser, I went to the theater and watched that new uh, Age of Adeline. Oh, was it good? I have no fucking clue. I'm oh. just joking. <laughs> I was just hoping to get a good age movie. <laughs> right on. No, I, uh, the, 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 that one is uh, I hope my son is like docile enough to sit at, in a movie theater for two hours because I want that to be our first movie together. That's awesome. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Oh, What's the other movie great. besides yeah, – Straight Out of Compton. Oh, oh, the NWA. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm all about that shit. Yep. Hell Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, 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 I'm. I'm curious to see if Sock Cop will be attending. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if he's. A, that's quite his. Uh, his style. He raps. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he's down. <laughs> yeah, maybe he is down. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that movie either. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the pop culture leftovers news. Right. Let's do it. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, this first news story, it comes from Unilad.com. Uh, check this out. Sony Pictures has confirmed that the much-discussed Jump Street slash Men in Black crossover film is actually happening. Whoa. The news comes after another bit of information was released this week detailing a female-led version of the Jump Street film franchise, which will be written 
by Broad City writers Lucia Aniello and Paul Downs. Wow. It's no surprise that they're also planning to take the film into another universe now as the first two films were basically shots fired at Hollywood. If you've never caught onto that, 21 Jump Street took aim at film reboots while 22 Jump Street took the absolute piss out of the sequels. I'm going to just say this. I think this is a brilliant – I think it's brilliant. It's a Tupperware idea. The first movie, as they said here in this article, it makes fun of reboots. The second – makes fun of sequels and this one is surely going to make fun of crossovers yeah and just shared universes in general that that would be fun and and i think it's brilliant i thought 21 jump street was hilarious the second one was just as good in a movie that i thought was going to be absolute shit i was like how can they do this again but even in my review of that movie when i tupperwared it on our show i said they were taking jabs at fucking sequels it was absolutely hilarious. I, I loved it. And this is great. There's no confirmation if uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are going to make appearances in that, this. That was my next question. But if the if if you watch 21 Jump Street, we did get Johnny Depp and uh, what's his name? Dom DeLuise's son. Peter DeLuise. Mm-hmm. Peter DeLuise and Johnny Depp both were in that movie in a cameo. So if anything, I think we'll get a cameo hopefully from Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Oh, wow. So will they? Will the twenty-two Jump Street guys become Men in Black? Do you think? Will that yes. be the? Yes, yeah. that's what it's about. At the end of twenty-two Jump Street, they kept showing you like what twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five Jump Street would be like. They had you know twenty. They had Jump Street Dental School, uh, Jump Street in Outer Space. They had like all these ridiculous. And this is, I think, it's a brilliant idea. Uh, and it's going to poke fun at, at these crossovers. I, I, and I can't wait to see this movie. Channing Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill are just just wonderful in these movies. And Ice Cube, oh my gosh, they've got to work him into this movie. Oh, definitely. Still the same writing team of the first two movies? Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. Nothing's really been official, but yeah. And in order for them to like green light this movie, I think they'd have to. Did you watch 21 and 22 Jump Street? Yeah, I think they have the best chemistry of like any duo making films right now. The Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Oh, come on, dude. Fucking um, uh, Kevin James and Adam Sandler, dude. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, Dave. They do. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are are, they're killing it. So, yeah, fuck, fuck Sandler and James. Yeah, the Men in Black is still a guilty pleasure for me. Uh, you know, it, I know they're really campy and really over the top, but if it's on TV when I'm uh-huh. going through, it's like Ghostbusters. Like if yeah. I'm going going through, I, I got to stop and watch it. The first one was great, dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've still never seen three though. Oh, you're, you're fine. You're, you don't you okay. don't need to seek that. It's better out. than the second one, Dave. Well, but it's it's still it's still crap. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's crap. I I actually quite I quite liked it. I, I thought. Um, uh, Jonah Hex did a really good job as, <laughs> as a as a younger Tommy Lee he did, Jones. He did an excellent Agent impression. K. Yeah. He did a really good Agent K. Uh, true, true. But the bad guy was unwatchable. I'm trying to remember who the bad guy was. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch that All part. All right, yeah. point proven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was the guy from Flight of the Concords. Uh, Jermaine. Oh, Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Yes, I remember now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, all right, yeah, uh, would, you've never seen any of the t- Jump Street movies, have you? No, I have not. You need to. I do need to. Because as, as much as I love the Lego movie, I should watch some live action stuff that those guys wrote. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Christopher Lord and, 
Am I getting their names? Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, – Yeah, I should – their names. I like it when, when comedies get real meta like that. That sounds like something I would like. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on. That's the only news story I have this week. Uh, we're going to move on to Nar- Marvel news. I said Narwhal news. <laughs> now we're going to be talking about the aquatic sea creature with the fucking unicorn. We're watching Horn. too many commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Are we recording when we're talking during yeah, this? <laughs> <laughs> Marvel news. It's <laughs> <is> fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, before we go into Marvel news, I've got about 100 fucking emails for Marvel. Okay. Anthony Rodriguez sends us a Marvel-centric email. He sent us the uh, Long John Silver's email earlier. He says, hello, hello, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. Hello. Just wanted to thank you guys for doing a great job. Because of your reviews, I watched every season of Game of Thrones. I tried watching it once before, but the first episode just didn't catch my interest. It was a lot of blah, blah, fancy talk and European accents. <laughs> blah, 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 brother and sister having sex, blah, 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 kids getting pushed out of windows. <laughs> I couldn't keep track of the names or characters and didn't really care about anything until a little boy got pushed out of a window. <laughs> I had moved on from it until I heard the leftovers and Frank continuously rank it a Tupperware. I knew then that I had to give it another chance and holy shit, you were right. Shows like this and Breaking Bad are great because they don't follow the norm for sitcom formulas. Real shit happens. And I, I now started watching the show Daredevil based on your recommendation. Wow, the gritty realness that they dared us to use is usually something only found online as fan-made short. Much like the Dirty Laundry, Power Rangers, or Spawn versions I've seen. So... My only complaint is that I find some of the scenes to be too dark to see what's going on and find myself watching silhouettes. Not a big deal. Great, great show. Does you mean Daredevil or Game of Thrones there? Daredevil. Oh, okay. I only have 12 and 13 left to watch. You were all right about Age of Ultron. A good movie when measured against other standard action movies, but fell really short of expectations, and I felt utterly deceived by the trailer. You guys called it. Hated Ultron's lips. Feminine temperament. Jokes, too much CG, quick ass's death. Should have been War Machine as well. Falcon can die in the next one. (laughs) Oh, man. man. There goes Anthony Mackie as a listener. We just reeled him in. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, 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 the Hulk should have killed someone, anyone, to justify the emotional gravity he was attributing throughout the film. In fact, War Machine should have come to assist Iron Man to stop the Hulk, Then the Hulk could have killed War Machine. God, this guy wants War Machine fucking dead. (laughs) (laughs) Even if he would have have seriously injured Tony Stark or Black Widow, it would have made more sense. Then uh, they Disneyed the shit out of that movie. It's a low taste it for me. Hmm. Leftover rating scale, high toss it, toss it. Yeah, I think he's going over like the leftover rating scale according to the army. Like some of the – Fucking and some of our ratings we've given. Things. That's interesting. He he says he's like high toss it, toss it, low toss it, low taste it, taste it, high taste it, low Tupperware, not 100 percent sealed <laughs> Tupperware, absolute Tupperware. I imagine a sealed container inside of a large sealed container. <laughs> Is that right? Thank you for all the great recommendations <laughs> and honest reviews. As reviewers, I now put your opinions in very high regards, even Frank's. 
Keep up the good work. No, big mistake, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 no. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That, that was from our our buddy Anthony. So oh, there was somebody in my restaurant the other day going on about something at work, and he said, "Man, that was great. I got a Tupperware of that shit." Tupperware. Yeah, uh, he's talking about your food, Dave. You're, he's at a fucking restaurant. <laughs> no, yeah. no, like what did he eat? No, he did was, he get the cannoli? They, they were talking about something. I going got the on cannoli. Tupperware that shit. <laughs> I'm just saying you're you're infecting the collective unconscious, my no. brother. And then you brought him a doggy bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake, Jake was like, and just like all good, yeah, yeah something, something, <laughs> something, 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 whatever. <laughs> take it home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> next email comes from Diego. Um, is that is that like uh, Dora the Explorer's like cousin? Yep. I don't know how that works. It's a brother. I don't know how the shared universe of Dora works. Yeah. If you need to know anything about children's cartoons, just ask. <laughs> okay. Diego sends us uh, an email here. Hola, leftovers. Dot dot dot. And Frank, people are getting it right. Yeah. Awesome show. Entertaining breakdown and insight with your latest exploits on Avengers. 89 Avengers Age of Ultron. I am only 34 minutes into this and am loving it. Brian's definitive toss it and shocking comparison of Avengers Age of Ultron to a Transformer movie will be sure to incite thoughtful banter among the pop culture leftovers army. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Guys, keep up the great work. I am looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts and ratings. And yes, I also agree with Jake regarding his interpretation of the Man of Steel. And welcome back again, Jay. Heard you on a, uh, heard you on earlier episodes, and you definitely compliment the guys with your knowledge of comics and other cool things. Hope you get to make it a regular thing. And don't worry, hoodie pants. Your spot is safe. I'm sure a life or death belching situation will come up in which Brian and Jake realize your value to the team. <laughs> By the way, I enjoyed the vision. Very solid translation from page to screen. Enough said. That was from Diego. Uh, he says, not sure what rank I have in the ar- in the PCL army. Just being in it is cool enough. Yeah, so. you're up there. You're not the lowest rank, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we've got some, yeah, Huey Cox is a fucking potato peeler. <laughs> yeah. I fucking, that other motherfucker, he's not even in the army. I just sh- shipped him out to sea to die. <laughs> <laughs> Only listening to our I episodes. Don't know. Vision yeah. looked like Deadpool with a cape. He was so red. Like, why, when has Vision ever been that red? Well, maybe he was sunbathing. <laughs> he forgot to put on SPF like 45 or some shit. I'm serious. Right? Play the Avengers Alliance game on Facebook uh-huh. and the showdown between Vision and Ultron is so much more entertaining and it's just text. Yeah. Oh, I can't do those Facebook games. I feel bad annoying all my friends. <laughs> uh, next email comes from uh, Jordy. Yeah. Not, not Jordy LaForge, but Jordy. Thank you, Jordy. I, this is a new listener that I've – maybe he's – let me read it. I'm weird. Uh, the title is Leftovers Assemble to Kick the Shit Out of Age of Ultron. <laughs> it's a great hey. title. <laughs> we like you already, Jordy. Hey, Leftovers. <laughs> and there's about 10 dots here. And Frank. I want to say first I recently discovered your podcast and I'm loving it. You guys make me laugh and also have very interesting discussions. Well, there you go. It is a new listener. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, I appreciate the hard work you all put into the show. Hard work for Frank means showing up and not <laughs> – <laughs> Sorry. I franked that moment and it stopped you by laughing. <laughs> hard work for Frank means showing up and not belching into the microphone. And – for adding a lot of fun to my days. As far as the Avengers goes, 
I want to give big props to Brian for tossing this piece of shit and giving it the curb stomping it deserves. I don't want to rehash all the points already made last week, but I hated this movie and I'm happy I downloaded it before spending my hard-earned money to see it. <laughs> Thanks again for all the hard work. Take care, Jordy. So that was awesome. <laughs> great email. Glad, dude. That's what I love. It's like whatever. Like iTunes tossers that fucking give us like one and two star reviews. <laughs> fuck you. I don't give a fuck. It's, obnoxious. Yeah. It's, it's these. Yeah. Obnoxious. It's, it's. I love these emails. This is what keeps me going. You fucking Age of Ultron, American History X style. That right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email here from Josh Davis. Um, Josh Davis. Dude, uh, you give our boy Cameron Wilson a run for his money when it comes to the Guinness Book of World Records for longest email ever sent to a podcast. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, strap yourselves in. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> By the end of this email, my ass is going to be fucking numb. <laughs> hey, Leftovers and Frank, longtime listener, first-time emailer. Uh, my first episode was the Star Wars Episode 7 casting show when I probably, like a lot of people, went on a massive podcasting binge because most of my friends and coworkers could not care less whether or not an actress they've never heard of may or may not be playing the daughter of Han Solo and Princess Leia. I was hooked on the show then and still am despite your best efforts sometimes. Kidding. I wanted to weigh in on Avengers 2 because your show was one of the catalysts to get me to go see it. I finished my major duties at work last Tuesday, made up a half-ass excuse and snuck out early to go to the theater, partially due to the promise of a four-hour podcast review waiting on my trusty iPhone. First, seeing that Star Wars trailer in 3D was a fucking eye orgasm, Tupperware all the way. I had a lot of fun with Avengers 2. I like the way they threw you into the action. Honestly, not unlike a Star Wars movie, although the quick cuts were admittedly a little nauseating at times. I don't have a lot of background in comics outside of the various movie franchises, so I was a little lost when it came to Hydra's leadership and didn't have a real reference point for Baron Von Strucker and the lack of weight they gave to Yeah, neither did Disney. Don't sweat it. (laughs) Uh, to me, the movie was about the fun of getting the gang back together. I thought the acting by all the major players was quite good, which kept me in the movie, even when some of the pacing and story elements fell flat. The introduction of Ultron lived up to the creepiness of the trailers, my favorite of which was the early version uh, with a Pinocchio, There Are No Strings vamp. You guys went over it already on the podcast, but I agree there wasn't a great culminating moment where the last incarnation of Ultron really lived up to that promise as an intimidating villain a la Darth Vader. His first appearance was by far his best. I thought Spader's performance was great. However, as were the twins, even though Fox did a better Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. I'm a fan of Elizabeth Olsen and thought she did a lot to redeem herself here after phoning it in in Godzilla. If you haven't seen Martha, Marcy, Mae Marlene, that movie is a great example of what she's capable of as an actress. In my opinion, you guys nailed it when you suggested Whedon wrote himself into the movie as Banner. The winks towards Black Widow falling for the geek surrounded by a sea of alpha men was borderline painful. <laughs> Overall, Black Widow felt a little flat for me, which is surprising because I thought she was a standout in previous MCU movies. It's weird, you know? Like, here's me talking, but no, like, you're fine. Whedon, his favorite character to write for is is Black Widow. He said that on occasion. Yeah. And I feel like he just got her voice all wrong in this movie. Yeah, that is weird. Um... And he in the email he goes on to say, in my opinion, wow, this is Cameron Wilson length, right? Yes, yes, yes. I forgot it was still the same email. Yeah, I, I honestly I thought like 
Cameron Wilson like jumped in here and finished it for him. I'm I'm just blown away by the length of this thing. Can you imagine if they teamed up for an email? Yeah. Oh, oh man. God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a whole episode. I'd run out of like memory on my computer. Email shared universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my opinion, the biggest surprise of the movie was Jeremy Renner, who I'm not a fan of at all. I thought he went a long way in redeeming his character, and there were parts of the movie where I was pleasantly surprised at how grounded things were following the enormous over-the-top Avengers 1. To me, he really made his moments count here. Paul Bettany was perfect as Vision, and I'm glad you guys brought up one of my all-time favorite guilty pleasures in A Knight's Tale. Also, thank, also thanks to the show, I couldn't stop laughing every time Anthony Mackie came on the screen. <laughs> that guy acts about as well as I write about <laughs> that guy acts about as well as I write short emails. <laughs> um, in the end, I'm really struggling with a rating for this movie, but I keep going back to what Jake said about the ear-to-ear grin it gave me. Almost from start to finish, this wasn't Empire Strikes Back, as I had hoped, or even the far superior Winter Soldier. The ending dragged, and again, the missed opportunity of seeing a seriously creepy final incarnation of Ultron was palpable. Also, toss the end credits scene and the and fuck the usher who stared at me during the end credits while I waited for something, anything better than two seconds of Thanos. Yeah, we had that too. The death stares. Uh, <laughs> overall, I laughed a lot and enjoyed hearing Whedon's voice, even if it was a little myopic at times. And the movie did its job in transporting me back to being an odd little kid watching people with superpowers dart through the air, shoot laser beams, cast spells, break through buildings, and eventually save the day. I'm giving this movie a high-tasted and trying not to hold too much against Joss Whedon, who is one of my all-time favorite writers thanks to shows like Buffy and Firefly. He might have been a little hamstrung by the overall MCU and may have been a little checked out here. Looking instead towards his next less stressful project. I'd still love to see him get his hands on a Star Wars movie at some point, but maybe just limit him to one. Quick question. When Thanos comes for the Infinity Gems, what happens to the one in Envision's head? Does it take, does taking that out kill off his character? Thanks for the countless hours of entertainment. Tupperware the podcast, dot, 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 even Frank. Aww. That's from Josh Davis. Wow. So, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, long email. Lots of good vocabulary in that email. We yeah. should get Josh to help us with those iTunes reviews and improve <laughs> our vocabulary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have limit. Well, I think that when that uh, when that asshole talked about uh, limited vocabulary, he's talking about all the cuss words. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I didn't take it that way. My I apology. did. Yeah. Well, go fuck yourself, guy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, fist bump there. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, fuck you. I, I want to get Dave to tell somebody to go fuck themselves. That would be Tupperware. Dave's just like uh, kissing everybody's ass. Yeah, he was even trying to support those two iTunes review guys. Yeah, A-Harm 22. Well, your name's I, the fuck. I, I love like the Army. Even, even the rowdy ones. Well, those guys aren't part of the Army, yeah, Dave. That guy listened to half an episode and then never came back. Yeah. You can tell him to fuck off. <laughs> he can't do it. We we make the rules on how you become in the <laughs> this army. It's like an after school special, like we're like peer pressure. Come on, Dave, tell him to fuck yeah. off. It's definitely in the contract that you have to at least listen to an entire episode to be part of the army. <laughs> and there's more to it than that, right? No, I just fear me vomiting my red rage all over someone who uh, just merely had a bad day and decided to take it out on the iTunes review. Well, he he didn't make it this far. This is the perfect time to tell him to fuck off. Brian, <laughs> Brian already said he wished he'd die. <laughs> So if he's still around now, then we got him. He's, he's a, hooked. He's a glutton for punishment at that point. 
oh, we can't do it. One All of, right, so what happens to fucking Vision once uh, Thanos rips oh, good that question. fucking uh, jewel out of his head? Eh, he'll probably just be sad. Scarlet Witch will just uh, wave her hands and everything will be fixed. Do you think, do you think that uh, all the color will leave his body and he'll just be like the, the white vision that we had in the 90s? Yeah, oh, hopefully. Cool. That'd be great. It's always crazy to me that that's the vision that was around when they made the arcade game. So it's like permanently stuck in history as part of that arcade game. Mm-hmm. Every time I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, vision looked like that for, at one point. Oh, the uh, Captain America and the <laughs> yeah, Avengers yeah, arcade game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That game like ate up like... My allowance for a good three years of my life. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I got how many fucking emails? You guys love these fucking emails, don't you? Uh, we I got, like active listeners. It was a big topic last week. A lot yeah. of people have a lot to say. Austin, Southern California, says, Greetings, Pop Culture Leftovers, dot, 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 dot. And Frank, <laughs> I just listened to your podcast about Avengers Age of Ultron, and I wanted to give my two cents about what I thought of the movie. First of all, I give the movie a taste it. The movie was very entertaining, and I did enjoy it, but it's not without its problems. The constant one-liners and jokes did get irritating, and the whole Hulk and Black Widow romance fell out of place and really forced. Why Joss Whedon felt he had to include this in an already overstuffed movie is beyond me. Why not include some more of the cutscenes explaining the random magical cave of hallucinating water? Or develop Ultron's character more? Amen. <laughs> Now, speaking of Ultron, they really dropped the ball on him. He didn't feel menacing at all. And honestly, Scarlet Witch was scarier and more of a problem for the Avengers than Ultron ever was. Mm. Granted, I love James Spader and his performance was spot on. I left the theater feeling disappointed in Ultron's big screen debut. I think something as simple as cutting out some of the snarkiness and jokes and replacing them with more intimidating lines would have made a huge difference. For example, when he tears off Claw's arm, instead of being silly about it, he could have made a remark about how weak humans are and how their flesh rips like paper. I also agree that the human-like mouth was odd, and he would have been far more fearsome if instead he had a glowing mouth similar to the comics, with it pulsing and emitting red energy every time he spoke. Mm -hmm. They also should have shown the Avengers struggling against him in battle. You never got to see Ultron throw a decent punch or even try to fight back. I disagree with that. When he was fighting Cap, we saw a lot of action. Yeah, that's true. In fact, the only real attack I remember was when he blasted Tony in the factory with his finger. That's um, Yeah, with his finger laser thing. They should have had Ultron kicking more ass. Imagine in the final battle if Ultron had faced off against Veronica and tore that suit apart until all that was left was Tony's inner suit, the whole time cackling maniacally like the mad homicidal machine he should have been. Now, as far as the Veronica Hulkbuster and Hulk fight, I liked it, although I agree it was less epic because of how much of the fight they showed in the trailers. Also, it should have been longer as Marvel should know that everybody wants more badass Hulk battles. I didn't like how it ended, though. As strong as Hulkbuster is, there is no way it could knock out the Hulk. What the fuck? I think a better ending should have been that after the knockout punch, Hulk finally snaps out of it and the hex in his eyes slowly fades away and the Hulk goes back to normal and looks around at the devastation he caused. Perhaps he sees a kid that is crying in the rubble and realizes, oh, shit, maybe I killed someone, which would explain why he exiles himself at the end. (laughs) 
Also, I love the new team and the vision was one of the best parts of the movie for me. The voice, the look, it was all perfect. And Paul Bettany is awesome. I just wish they used him in more scenes. Anyway, despite all the negativity, it was in the end a fun movie and well worth the wait for me at least. You guys rock and keep up the good work. Oh, great email. Thank you. Uh, P.S. I Oh yeah, forget it. It's whatever. Next email, Greg Alenti. Hello. Oh. What's up? I was just say long time listener. Oh yeah, Greg's been with us for a while. He says hello leftovers dot 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 and Frank science. <laughs> it's part of the email. Oh, I, I figured. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just weird for saying that. <laughs> I love last week's episode, and I agreed with most of what was said about Age of Ultron. A few quick things: number one, on the idea of having Hulk eat an innocent person and having it kick off civil war. <laughs> I get where you guys are going with this. But I just can't imagine Disney CEO Bob Iger signing off on having one of his corporate icons eat someone. <laughs> That's what made it so awesome. Can though. you imagine if Kevin Feige was in a meeting with Iger asking for permission to have the Hulk not only kill but eat someone? <laughs> I do think they do need to take more risks. But Hulk is on a lunchbox. He's not going to be eating people in a PG-13 summer movie. Now, I think that makes sense because he's on a lunchbox. We should see him eat somebody. <laughs> yeah, and the, the food should be in the lunchbox, Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, number two, here's some mindless speculation. I think one of the reasons why we met the Bartons in Age of Ultron might have to do with Civil War. The Bartons were killed in the Ultimate Universe by an evil Black Widow. Mm. And I could imagine them being attacked or killed in Civil War if Hawkeye's name or personal information is leaked. Oh, that's really interesting. There's also the theory out there. That's a great theory. I really like that. Mm-hmm. There's also the theory that um, with the new team, you know, you got War Machine and uh, Anthony Mackie Falcon and Scarlet <laughs> Witch, that they're inexperienced and Cap can't really – they're not the team that Tony and, you know, these other guys are. And with their lack of inexperience, like, you know, people end up dying. Mm. And so, you know, that's what that, – that's why this is commissioned. So – Both yeah. of those are interesting yeah. theories. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, number I, three. Go ahead. Obviously, I am excited to see what the catalyst for the whole Civil War is. Yeah. That's a big what. Got to be huge – something with huge consequences. Hopefully that's something that we save for the movie too. Maybe Hulk eats fucking Anthony Mackie's head. There we go. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Number three, is there any chance that the next time Frank gets drunk and passes out while you're recording, you guys could write damaged on his forehead? Oh, done. (laughs) And post a picture on the Facebook feed? Done and done. In honor of Jared Leto's Joker, of course. I know he runs a business, so no need to use a permanent marker or anything, but it would add a neat element of suspense as he gets more drunk and the episodes progress. Thanks for another great episode. So thank you, Greg, for the email. Oh, this guy's full of great ideas. Yes, he is. That's a great idea. I promise if Frank ever passes out drunk again, I will write damaged on his forehead and post it on Facebook. In cursive. Yeah. My my calligraphy is not the best. We might have to find someone else to uh... – My penmanship is phenomenal. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, let's move on to the actual Marvel news. Uh, in Marvel quick news this week, Rosario Dawson has been signed on to come back for Daredevil Season 2, as well as possibly showing up in other Netflix Marvel shows. So <laughs> that is great news. That we is lost, great news. Lost Steven tonight, which I was upset with, but it looks like, you know, we've got Vin- Vincent D'Onofrio's absolutely coming back, so mm-hmm. is Charlie Cox. But yeah, we're getting Rosario Dawson back. That's awesome. She's you know what great. I just realized this week that I I never realized. What's that? Was that Vincent D'Onofrio is Thor in Adventures in Babysitting? Yeah, I was totally you didn't clueless know that? to that. Yeah, 
I've seen that movie a thousand times, and it was just when it was on like whatever TBS the other day. I was like, holy shit. Kingpin and Thor are the same fucking person. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> mind blue. Yeah, my mind was blown. <laughs> Dave, what did you think about Daredevil? Oh, it's it's the best uh, TV series for comic books I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I asked you that earlier. Yeah, it's I? it's yeah. amazing. I, I I've got such high hopes to see uh, my man is the Purple Man. Yeah, oh. David Tennant. I just seriously cannot wait because I've always thought that he was like one of the like perviest, creepiest of all Marvel supervillains. Yeah, he's a great villain. Yeah, and like Tenet just tearing into him. I just can't wait. I'm really excited for that show. I love Jessica Jones as a character too, mm-hmm. so I can't wait. Guess what, guys? It's been a while. Guess who's guess who's listening to the podcast again? Who's that? We got a Pete's tweets. All oh, right, Pete. I thought I saw a pudding cat. Pete's tweets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our buddy Pete Neen. Yes. Anytime Pete Neen tweets at us a question, we fucking read it here on the show. Yeah, we give Pete the floor. We missed you, Pete. I did. I did. And I want to. I want to congratulate Pete. Pete and uh, his wife had their first child. So, um, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. All right, Pete Neen. Bilbo is in Civil War. What role do you think he will play or characters from Marvel? So, yes, this happened this week. Uh, Martin Freeman is going to be in Captain America Civil War. Uh, gentlemen, any guesses as to who Martin Freeman is going to play? And uh, don't say Peter Parker. I've already seen the fucking meme. It's hilarious. It's probably just going to be some government guy involved in the, the whole Civil War law is my guess. My guess is he's not uh, – traditional hero or villain what's the name of the avengers liaison that turned out to be a real scumbag do you know who i'm talking about he was in west coast avengers a bunch and he, he ended up just turning out to be a real scumbag type character oh, i can't remember this character's name but so i think something like along those lines Gyric? yeah no that that's x-men no that's x-men yeah um uh, Man, it, West Coast Avengers, you're taking me back. There. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> we we can we can move on, but you, I, I'm still saying the same thing. Yeah. Like some kind of you know bridge between the government and the superhero team character, right? So maybe like a PR agent for the Avengers or something like that. I don't know. So it, let's let's say so we're limiting it to he he like if he has to be an Avenger. What Avenger is he? We can do that too, I, but I—I I, that's hard. I can't think of who he'd be. Do you got an idea? Oh no, I'm just—I'm just trying to like. What I'm if tra- he's Norman Osborn? Oh, I love that. Ooh. What if he's Norman Osborn? Ooh. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's really good. Yeah, that'd be nice. Hmm. Did I just blow your mind? No, yeah. that's really nice. Yeah, I like, I like that. that. It blew my mind. That'd be great, and that would make sense. Like that's kind of where the story goes in the Marvel universe too, right? Is eventually he he's kind of the phantom menace of the the storyline and gets himself in a power position mm-hmm. by the end of all this stuff. Yeah, I hope he's Norman Osborn. That'd be really cool. So, so you like my phantom menace reference? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a gender swapped squirrel girl. Yeah. <laughs> think we'll ever get squirrel girl in the we goddamn well better yeah we need that great lakes avengers movie oh man i I want me some squirrel girl in the movies i can see james woods doing a great lake of great lakes Avengers. (laughs) marvel studios needs galactus back because i want to see that battle well Um, apparently uh josh trank's gonna make sure that (laughs) it's coming on home boys. he's gonna do you a solid yeah 
Didn't they already sign for another Trank Fantastic Four movie now? Oh, uh, well, I, uh, with the blacklist going yeah. on, uh, might very well might not be. Josh Trank's new nickname, Tranktanic. <laughs> Iceberg! <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, not the movie, the boat. He's probably going to be fucking Wong. It's probably who he's going to end up being. Come on, the, like the, the chemistry between those two actors? Oh. He could be a, he'd be a perfect Wong. That would be annoying. That would really annoy yeah. me. I'm just saying, like, There's while sure. we're There's fucking Sherlock up Doctor Strange casting. Yeah, but, I mean, Doctor Strange's not even going to show up in Civil War. Do we know that? Doctor Strange is not going to show up, to my knowledge, the first, the first appearance we get of him might be as a voice in the Iron Fist Netflix series. Yeah. Hmm. I think we do know he won't be in Civil War because they pretty much released the character and cast list for the movie. Oh, okay. And Benedict is not included in My that. My question to you guys is Marvel's kind of come out and said that they're not going to do more origin stories again. Yeah. Doctor Strange, do you think that we have to have that origin story for yeah, Doctor Strange? I think we as do. well as Captain Marvel? I, I think we do. I, yeah, definitely. I think they misspoke with that statement. Yeah, I think more generally they meant like for the, we're not going to repeat origin stories. I think would have been a better thing to say. Right. So yeah, I, that makes sense. I think for new characters, at least to the movie universe, we have we have to bring people up to speed. All right, moving on here. Marvel renews Agents of Shield for season three, and uh, Agent Carter's coming back for a season two. That's exciting. Uh, the rumors about the spinoff show being the Mockingbird show mm-hmm. not true. Hmm. I do, think we, Deadline, do we know yet, though? Deadline, what it's about? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but Deadline recently reported that it's not true. That just got shot down, huh? Mm-hmm. So that's quick news here. All right, this is what I want to really talk about. Tom Hardy who will be starring in Mad Max Fury Road, recently spoke to Collider about oh. being interested in a certain Marvel character. This is hot off the heels of him dropping out of the Suicide Squad, mind you. Here's what he had to say. I want the Punisher. I want the Punisher or Splinter Cell. I want something. I don't know what I want. Wow, holy shit. Give it to him. Call him, Marvel. Let's – okay, yeah. Um <laughs> Great actor, and he's done some great performances in the last two years. Locke, absolutely amazing performance. Uh, it showed his range as an actor. Phenomenal. Uh, the drop last year, James Gandolfini's final performance, and his he was great in the drop. I think this actually presents a problem for Marvel. Uh, before these statements, I could see the Punisher being part of the Marvel Netflix Phase 2. Mm-hmm. Now, with Hardy saying this... I'm sure that Feige's ears perked up. The problem is that they have movies slated all the way through 2019, 2020, and none of those films include Tom Hardy as the Punisher. And Tom Hardy starring in a Netflix series is not – it's not impossible, but it's highly, highly unlikely. Very highly unlikely. And unless they can fit him into the movies that are already being planned, I don't know. I, I would recommend him as a Spider-Man villain in a film possibly. Um yeah. I don't know what to, I don't how, where are they going to fit him in? That's interesting. I mean, that was his first appearance was as a Spider-Man right, villain. So right, that that, right. that would kind of be a nice nod. Well, seeing a teenager going against, <laughs> you know, just this uh <laughs> grizzled yes. war Vietnam war vet who Tom just had his Hardy. parents slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. He Tom Hardy would really upstage whoever they got to play uh Peter Parker, I think in that scenario too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you, do you guys do you guys think that uh, – what do you think? You think Feige's going to pull the trigger on this? Well, I, I mean, I Tupperware the idea of it happening, but I'm – I don't know. I have a hard time believing it will happen. I'm very skeptical that we'll get this. No, yeah. They, Netflix is your best bet for Punisher and Tom Hardy probably wouldn't do Netflix. I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah. Right. Guy's trying to win, win some awards and stuff. Yeah. That's not going to help help his cause. Okay. Uh, if it happened today, if it was announced today, how would you rate it? As a Netflix series? No. Uh, just Tom Hardy's cast as the Punisher in the MCU. Oh, I'd Tupperware it instantly. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never had a problem with his work. And Frank Castle is a character that we need to see more of, that everyone who doesn't know who Frank Castle is needs to see more of. Absolutely. Yeah. That might have been the easiest Tupperware I've ever given, in fact. Like, it was, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Oh, I know who Frodo could be. Who's that? Ghost Rider. <laughs> that made me spit a little bit. <laughs> I just got to wash Nicolas Cage out of my mind. <laughs> T.J. Miller is starring in my most anticipated comic book movie of 2016, Deadpool. Here's what he had to say about it on Conan. Your video will begin momentarily after I watch this guy surf. (laughs) You see the Mother's Day picture they put up for Deadpool? No. I'll have to find that for you. It's Reynolds in suit doing like a Happy Mother's Day thing. Okay, awesome. All right, TJ, talk to us, G. People have been waiting, comic book fans have been waiting for Deadpool for a long time, for this to be made into a movie. It's Ryan Reynolds is in it. You're in it. Uh, there's a lot of people wondering what's going to, what's yeah, this movie Yeah, it's very hush-hush, very secret. So they, and Marvel, they really don't want us to talk about, you know, the, the, the movie and the specifics and give away any of the plot or anything. But I said, I'm happy to talk about it. I don't know. You will talk about it. <laughs> Well, anything you can, can you tell us anything? Is it an, is it an origin story? It is. I mean, in a way, everything is an origin story, Conan. You know, I mean, we're seeing how this character is coming about, where he comes from, but also where he's gonna go. Ryan Reynolds does things in the film. Sometimes he doesn't do anything at all. I do some things in the film. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not even in the movie. It's a it, it's a great film, as you can tell. Uh, are there a lot of and this itself is an origin story? You know, <laughs> even this interview is the origin story of me. You know, now my life begins after this interview. <laughs> lot lot of lot of stunts or a lot of stunts in the movie? Oh yeah, the great thing about this film is there's a lot of stunts, but then there aren't any stunts at some point. <laughs> And people say, TJ, do you do your own stunts? Yeah, because I I might have some stunts. In some parts of the movie, I don't have stunts. At one point, I just walk across the street. That's all me, Conan. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think Marvel's going to be very upset that you've told so much about the film tonight? They will be, but also they won't be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it, dude. Oh, my gosh. Fucking TJ Miller and Ryan Reynolds. The fucking velocity gnome, is it? And older. And gorgeous. We are not sponsored. It's the Travelocity. Go and smell the roses. (laughs) I thought it was the guy from the room again. (laughs) Tommy Wiseau. I want to be on this show. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. um, TJ Miller's a goddamn genius. He's great. You know... He's great. He's great. In it. He was my favorite part of that last Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah. And then they easy, kill him. Easy. And uh, yeah, that's funny. I mean, and he was great in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon Two. 
Um, TJ Miller's fantastic. Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. He's great in that. So I can't wait to see him and Ryan Reynolds bouncing he's a, he's off on, each other. He's in Silicon Valley too. He's I really, haven't seen that. Oh, it's phenomenal. Really? Man. Okay. Yeah, they had the big, they had the big, uh, uh, they, the, this season they're hiring a bunch of new people. That's an HBO series. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they, what season there are they on? They just started season two, two and, yeah. they're, and they're they're hiring more people, and now there's girls that work for them, so they're they're conscious of sexual harassment, and they have to be careful about how they talk to each other right. and then the the new hires uh, best girlfriend her nickname's Conti and they try to like tell her she can't she can't you know use the, her friend's nickname and she's like as a woman you can't you can't restrict me that's her name <laughs> and they're all like so are we allowed to call her that? No, you can't call her that. <laughs> That's her name. It's a great scene. Wow. Absolutely great scene. I'll have to watch it. I got that um, Deadpool Mother's Day image to show you that was released today. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is amazing. Yeah, your Deadpool is going to be an amazing movie. Th- th- they are killing it with the viral stuff. Yes. Yes. Fox has always done a great job with their viral campaigns. They have. I, like with uh, the Days of Future Past website. Oh, the trash, the trash industry. Oh, yeah, Even while we we were yeah. shitting all over the movie before it came out. We were still applauding the the viral promotion. Yes, we of were. It. Yes, we yeah. were. Uh, our listener Blaine uh, Blaine McLean was right all along about that movie, though. So he was yeah. right. Yeah. Hats off, Blaine. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I want it. I want. I was the first pre toss it I ever threw out there. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're killing it. De- the Deadpool viral stuff is killing it. On the flip side, we're going to talk about some of the viral stuff that's coming out from D.C. that maybe people aren't digging. Oh, yeah. So The, the always polarizing D.C. viral campaigns. Right. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about the short list of – you know, we talked about the short list of five actors uh, that they're looking at for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really like any of them. No. Um, there's a short list of uh, five directors uh, that Marvel and Sony are looking at to direct the film. Did okay. you guys see that list? Yes. Was there anybody on that list that really stuck out to you? I mean, the the pitch perfect director. <laughs> I, I, it's it's guys. It's it's a pitch perfect film. He's not going to have a Spider Man musical. I know that there was the musical in yes. New York, but we're not going to get that here. Don't worry about it. I, I think I I think there's there's a couple directors that are competent, you know, and I, I think the pitch perfect director is competent. It's just. I, I have to, to like try to like separate Pitch Perfect sure. and just because I was forced to watch this movie. Oh, wow! On a third date, wow. thank God I got laid. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, let's. I, I I can't really say that I toss it, but I don't I don't Tupperware it. Either. Well, you're not it's, the target artist. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's hard to to say like oh the Pitch Perfect director. Is going to make a great Spider-Man movie or a bad one because, like, I didn't like the movie, but it's a it's a competent director. Sure, yeah. it's it's hard. I'm I'm just not skilled enough to say that they're going to do a good Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I want to hear a director that gets me excited for a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was going to be thing. Drew Goddard. I thought I thought yeah. it was going to be Drew Goddard. Seemed like a no-brainer that it should be. It doesn't sound like that. Yeah, not at all. Like, Drew Goddard was promised the Sinister Six film that they still haven't 100% abandoned yet. Yeah. Which I don't think it'll ever get made. But, like, are they doing anything with Drew Goddard? Yeah, that's got to suck for him. He probably spent a lot of time on developing stuff. And he left Daredevil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's probably not the biggest fan of Marvel right now, I've got to say. Well, he'd be working directly under Sony. Ah, okay. So, yeah, that would that would give him pause. Maybe we could get it to work. Still. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. I like him better than any of the five that I saw. There was him and, and one other director. I can't remember who it was that I thought they, you know, they've worked on some big budget stuff and they might do okay. But there wasn't like you said, like somebody that like jumped out like whole, like just grabbed me by the fucking balls and yeah. was like, oh yeah, there's our fucking Spider Man director. Yeah, like I, I want to hear them say like, yeah, Robert Rodriguez's next project, Spider Man. Like just that would be crazy. I you get know? excited for that. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I if I could dreamcast my director for Spider Man. Robert Rodriguez. I would just bring Raimi back. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. You've heard the rumor, though, that, there, uh, that Sony is looking to do three to four Spider-Man solo films. Yes. And that each film is – they're going to be doing like a Harry Potter where each <laughs> – yeah film is like one year of high school mm-hmm. uh what do you guys think about that it's smart marketing i love it yeah, yeah definitely it's very smart marketing uh yeah i want to see the punisher walking down the hallways of peter parker's high school and shooting at <laughs> children yes bring it on yeah and then the whole can eat a couple students <laughs> yeah it'd be great so let's get wes craven to do the new spider-man Fuck movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eli Roth presents Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Awesome. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. I'd go for an Eli Roth Venom movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would. Yeah, I'd go for that in a heartbeat. You know Carnage would be up in that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to – of course I'm looking forward to seeing what Marvel can do with Spider-Man. But, man, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not digging the list of actors and I'm not digging the, this list of directors. It's all spitballing at this point. Yeah. All right, let's move on to DC news. Uh, we've all seen the Jared Leto Juggalo photo. <laughs> and now there are rumors that the picture was just, in fact, for promotional use. And it was used to celebrate 75 years of the Joker. A Hollywood insider said that this isn't what the Leto Joker will look like in the final Suicide Squad film. And then there was another rumor that the tattoos were being used to cover something else up. Hmm. Now, Greg Capullo, the artist from the Batman comic book, said this on Twitter. It was pretty rad, but I heard it was just a troll. Hmm. Do you think it's that's backpedaling, or do you think that's really the truth? I don't know. It's hard saying, um, right? I, yeah, then we get this picture of Harley as the Joker's tattoo artist, mm-hmm. and people freaked out again. Um, guys, I, I, I think – you know, Harley's kind of like DC's Deadpool. And I think like we saw that funny Deadpool picture for the Mother's Day. I think like this might be like the same kind of viral stuff that they're doing. Just it's the Joker, and it's maybe just part of like – you know, like if they would have just put out like the traditional Joker that we would think that they were going to put out, what he, sh- what we think he should look like, maybe not everybody would talk about it as much. But yeah, you put a bunch of fucking tattoos all over his body and put damage on his forehead, and everybody's talking about this shit. You know what I mean? So maybe. I don't know. I think it's a little of both. I, I think it's a little of both. I think they probably did not intend it to be the final image or the final way you look, but I also think that they were kind of putting feelers out yeah, to see, see I, how people I, would react I to I would that. bet you money that that without that the final form will be very similar to that, but without the damaged thing on the mm-hmm. forehead. Yeah. Because I, I thought without it, without the damaged thing, it was it was genuinely creepy in a new direction. Uh, you know, that made sense, like with the teeth being yeah, knocked yeah, out and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But the, the damage thing put it into, you know, 
kind of goofy. Yeah, that hot topic level. A little bit, you know. I I really, I was like, oh, wow, I heard about it. I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. And then I saw the forehead tattoo, and I was like, yeah, not (laughs) not so into this. I'm really leaning towards what you're saying, though, that, like, they they put their feelers out there, and this is kind of like a way to, like, like the litmus test to, like, gauge, like, what people are – you know, yeah, that's that's what I was saying about putting their feelers out and stuff. Oh, you said that. I'm yeah. sorry. Whatever. One of you fuckers said it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like Dave better this week because he tossed Age of Ultron. <laughs> so I'll, give, I'll give him credit where credit some, sometimes not due. Not due. Yeah, but I, I'm just fucking. With you. I don't care. I don't care. I haven't been told. You've told Dave to fuck off this episode. I've been, I, I've been out of did that I, storm so far. Did I tell twice. Yeah, I believe it was during the. Avatar discussion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, you've not. A, I, and I'm then fine. became angry that I would not tell the listener to fuck. Oh off. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you do need to fuck <laughs> off. No. Ding. Um, we just need a little bell. The fuck off bell. The but, fuck off bell. Did you guys? Did you guys see the picture of um, the Leto release? Not not just that. That, like okay, Air released that picture, the Instagram photo of him as the Joker. Yes, mm-hmm. but Leto on his own Instagram or Twitter released a picture of him wearing a uh, it's a, a Superman uh, muscle shirt. Yes, showing that he'd been working out. You saw the picture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how jacked he's getting for this role. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think you guys are right. I mean, he looks like a, a Joker that's been in prison, that has been working out, you know, and, you know, probably doing push-ups and pull-ups and all that bullshit. Cause Leto's actually like, you know, putting on some muscle to play this role. Yeah. I don't think it's far-fetched. I feel like if the world would have been like, that damaged tattoo is the sweetest thing ever, then we, we'd have seen it in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I, I would love for him to just be this sort of like, like Bane in the comic books where so much of the time he's just this like hulking mass who's just standing there talking to you knowing that at any moment he could just do the Bane move and break you over his knee. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get the very physically imposing Joker who, you know, is just talking to you very normally for the moment. Yeah. I, I like this. I want a, psychol- a psychological Joker. But that's why I think he's going with the the physically intimidating uh-huh. so that it gives weight to the menace that he can deliver his lines in right. a menacing way while while you while you're worried about the person that he's talking to. Okay. Is that what you want? That's what I want. Okay. What about you, Jake? Is that what you want? I want to see the best of both worlds. I think that'd be great. I, I think that would be really scary that he's not only a physical menace, but he's also a mental menace. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be – it's like um, Hannibal, except he can get physical too. If you were to ask me you know, a month or two ago what I want, I would have said that's not what I want. But you know what? Sometimes what I want is not what's best when they put it out there. And I, I trust Leto. Mm. I also trust David Ayer. I mean, Fury was one of my favorite movies that I saw last year. Yeah. So these I, guys aren't going to produce schlocky shit. Right. Like, the, it's not going to be campy and schlocky from these two. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about this. I was a little confused. Maybe, Dave, you can clear this up for me. Comic Book Resources, they posted an article about Flash, the Flash Arrow spinoff. I'm a little confused. I thought Firestorm was supposed to be in this show. Mm. And he's not? He was not mentioned in the cast. Well, they in the newest episode uh, that was teased yes. after Grodd. We get Robbie Amell. Yeah. So 
you know, I thought he was going to be a main player in this spinoff. It does have a title now. Uh, it is titled Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, but I could see him as the big gun when they need the big firepower, mm-hmm. you know, pun intended, that he is – he he's the guy who they call in when they have an overwhelming menace such as reverse flash and right. full-on war mode. Did you notice in the preview the the ring where he – the 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 yellow suit popped out of the ring and he and he ran into it. You know what happened to me, Dave? No, my DVR cut me off. I'm t- I'm not kidding you. Like ten seconds oh. when they first started showing it, so I haven't seen any of the scenes for next episode oh, except man. for like the first ten seconds. Well, and we got showed. we got the the League of Assassins version of of Oliver. Oh wow! In the preview, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I cannot wait. Yeah, because it I it it happened so fast. But I'd swear that he reached his hand up and there was this swirling like yellow suit in front of him and he went in front of it. Hmm. That's that's what it looked like to awesome. me. I've wanted the ring from the beginning. That's yeah. that's why I hated Cisco. I'm like, oh, you can make anything except the goddamn ring. Right, right, right. <laughs> my God. Yeah, it's like, oh, Cisco, like my pancakes keep fucking burning every morning and like, <laughs> Cisco makes this new waffle maker or pancake maker. <laughs> every time I make a pot pie in the microwave, yeah. the, the stuff isn't crusty enough. Can you can you do something You about know how that? they fund Star Labs? Every time you go through Walmart, everything that you, that has the label as seen on TV, Cisco has fucking made it. Hey, wow, that's impressive. You know, yeah. you know what just occurred to me about what we were talking about earlier what? about Martin Freeman? Remember how they – conscript a bunch of people into the initiative that are Mm ex-villains? Yes. What about him being one of the ex-villains that comes over to Tony's side? Mm. Like, what if he was like an earthquake or something? Or like an electro. Yeah. Or a good one. (laughs) Yeah, hard saying. All right. Hey, yeah. Final thing I wanted to talk about uh, for DC news is, uh, yeah, CBS's Supergirl. It's been officially ordered for a full season. Hmm. CBS Entertainment Chairman Nina Tassler, she's watched the first, uh, the the final cut of the uh, pilot episode, mm-hmm. and she's said to have loved it. Wow, good. Um, Supergirl, it stars uh, Melissa Benoist as Kara Zor-El, um, and uh, what is it, Maycott Brooks as Jimmy Olsen, remember Eggs from True Blood? Mm-hmm. Um, what is it, Laura Benanti as uh, Laura Zor-El, <laughs> Callista Flockhart as Cat Grant, uh, Kyler Lay as Supergirl's sister Alex, David Harewood as Hank Henshaw, and Jeremy Jordan as Winslow Schott. Uh, the pilot is directed by Glenn Winter, whose past credits include Smallville, Arrow, and The Flash. Uh, of course, Arrow veteran Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisbergs, they're both on board as executive producers. Uh, Berlanti and Ali Adler wrote the pilot. Hmm. Guys, what are you thinking? I, I, at first I was tossing this, and I'm, I'm, I'm 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 willing to taste this because me and you Dave we both I think we've both enjoyed what's what Berlanti has given us with you know the Flash and and Arrow and and maybe like this wouldn't fit in well with those characters especially since now we're getting a third show on the CW that's going to you know cross over in yeah. this Legends of Tomorrow it may, maybe you know you know uh, three's company and you know four is a crowd i guess i don't know does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah i i I, that's the first i've heard calista flockhart being connected to this i've always enjoyed her work and if she it's got to be of decent quality if i've i've 
you know, I've really thought that she had consistently high quality projects. So that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. The director and the writer attached to this. I mean, they have the exact kind of resume you would hope for them to have to be something that you two guys would enjoy, I would think. So will it play on CBS though? That's my biggest concern. Like, what night is it going to be on? I mean, are we looking at like, are they going to go, are they going to go like what Arrow's doing like Monday, Tuesdays, you know, Monday, uh, that's I bet Thursday. Or, excuse me, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, what about Thursday? Because there's no big comic book big show Bang on Thursday. Theory. Big Bang Theory is Thursday nights for CBS. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah 7 o'clock. Oh, I... so that's comedy block. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they do it for a whole two hours of sitcom? I think it's an hour of sitcoms. That'd Maybe be a great seven. follow-up for Supergirl yeah, yeah. right after Big Bang Theory. I going to say, yeah. like, you, you've got a whole yeah. nerd fanboy audience there. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping for Thursdays. Yeah, you don't want it to be on like a like a Tuesday, Wednesday competing against. No, no, and you don't want it to die on a Friday when no one's watching TV. True, or even a Saturday, you know. Or with Sundays, HBO, AMC, like juggernauts. Right, right, yeah. It's going to be really tricky placement for CBS, but yeah, I think you're on the right track with a Thursday night following Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I love it. You know. Or at least following the show that follows the Big Bang Theory starting at like 8 or something like that. You want it on earlier because you want a younger audience. You don't want your East Coast to already be in bed. You know, you want, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old girls to be able to stay up and watch this. Yes. You know, even younger girls than that to be able to watch, you know, uh, Supergirl. Yeah, so. a lot of channels do replays on their big primetime shows mm-hmm. now, too. You could always have your Thursday 8 Central airing and then do it again at Sunday at 6 Central or 7 right. Central. What are some of your concerns about this show? I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Supergirl on the screen, but one of the big concerns I have with this is the fact that on a limited TV budget, mm-hmm. how is it going to look Supergirl flies. Yeah, special effects budget was my number one concern when you asked. Right. So yeah, I wanted to I wanted to be cool and not campy. Right. Unless that that's kind of the angle they're going for, you know. Yeah, I hope they don't power girl her and make her, you know, using her feminine wiles all the time. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, the suit. I think the suit. I think the suit actually exudes like femininity, but also it's it's very it's strong. I like it. The suit is good. The yeah. suit is very good. Yeah, I think it's strong, but still feminine, and it's not like overly sexual at all. Yes, you know what I mean. It's so, attractive, but not revealing. Yeah, I really yeah. like the suit. I think it's nice. I like it. Um, another thing that I'm kind of thinking about that I'm a little concerned about is, uh, or maybe just a question that I'm going to pose to you guys. We don't know if they're going to introduce Kryptonite in the cinematic universe for DC Warner Brothers. But with Warner Brothers doing this series, do you think they'll introduce Kryptonite? And you know what? I totally. And they're also doing a Krypton series. Oh yeah, yeah, that, Warner, yeah. Warner Horizons doing that. Is but, that for sure happening still? I haven't heard anything about it recently. Yeah, I, I just think Kryptonite's showing up, man. Like they just they're just keeping it under wraps. So do you think Kryptonite's going to be the Cisco of this series? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> history would teach us that. <laughs> I think Cisco is actually the kryptonite of the Flash series. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. So, but your statement was you think that kryptonite will still show up in the in the DC cinematic universe. Oh no, yeah, Lex is gonna have a green rig. Like it, it'll it'll show up. Yes, I, I agree with Dave on that too. Yeah. Okay, there's yeah. no way around it. I think Batman versus Superman has to involve kryptonite at some level at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would it would amaze me if they didn't. This is 
something integral to the Superman mythos. Okay. It'd be like it'd be like him not having laser vision. And so it's going to show up for sure in the Melissa Benoit Supergirl series. Why not? Yeah, I think it definitely will. Yeah, I think I I just don't want the stories to rely on it. Like that I loved Smallville. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I did. I really loved Smallville. Um, the thing is with Smallville though is like that first season, that freak of the week thing. Sure. Yeah. Everybody was a, you know, everybody was affected by mm-hmm. the meteor shower. I got a tattoo and they use kryptonite right. in the ink and now I'm evil. I used to be, <laughs> I used to be Kevin Arnold's father on the Wonder Years yeah. and now I'm evil. Yeah. So yeah, hey. do you remember that up at yeah. people? Thank you. <laughs> hey, I used to be on home improvement and now I got wrapped up in kryptonite. So yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to. The, I'm looking more forward to the Supergirl series. I mean, I, at first I was kind of like shitting on it, and I'm like thinking to myself, "Why are you shitting on this, dude? You fucking love Arrow. You fucking love the Flash. This is more the same." Supergirl's a great character. In yes, DC. yes. Yeah. As long as they're not throwing her into a cross uh, into a fucking event. And then uh, the story sacrifices for, you know, the next four, five, six issues while this fucking event's going on before they can finally – I'm sorry. I'm just talking <laughs> – right now I'm just bitching about the reason I jumped off Supergirl in the New 52. Yeah, the convergence yeah. issues with Supergirl Matrix mm-hmm. have been some of the most amazingly entertaining issues. Like it, they they have the, the two uh, – Leaders of Electropolis, mm-hmm. Lord Volt, and fuck, what's the what's the lady's name? They're like the king and queen of a, of Electropolis, and but they're they're uh, like Lord Volt is is obviously homosexual, and she is married to him because of it is just a political marriage, right. and they're constantly tra- like they're fighting each other and trashing on each other way more than anyone they're fighting. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking entertaining. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. So it's not suffering this time. No, 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 no. That's awesome. No, it's it's yeah. it's ruling. Yeah, because I I'd say like you know two three years ago when I was picking up the book I dropped it because it like and I forget what fucking events. It oh, was. dude, it was like crossover to crossover. Yeah. It, it didn't even get yeah. its own story. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, that I think I think this is episode uh, ninety. Episode ninety. Episode ninety. So yeah, Frank. What was it? Frank's back was hurting him. Yeah, Frank's back was hurting him. He, I think, on the job, he threw his back out or whatever. Are we doing it? Yeah. Okay. So holy shit, we're not done yet. We're it not seems. done yet. Shit, stick around. We're gonna be talking to some cop. Well, I got problems at the restaurant. You gotta go. So I gotta yeah. go. Dave, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank yes, you. Dave, you are welcome back anytime. You can tell me to fuck off whatever you like, my brother. Well, I'm gonna tell you to fuck off right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Domesticated Dave, fucking off. Have a good one. <laughs> Take care of your shit, Dave. All right. So yeah, uh, stick around here in a moment. We are gonna be talking to Sock Cop. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the People's Podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, 
It's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, everybody, how's it going? We're going to do the Periscopes at a special time today. Special time. Stock Hop is talking to uh, my good buddies over at Pop Culture Leftovers, and we're going to do the podcast thing. So we're going to do the podcast thing. Do the podcast thing. So here we go. Are you there, fellas? Everything okay? How's it going? Yeah, we're there. Everything sounds great. I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce you, and then we're going to start this up. Sounds good. Here we go. Behind the scenes, this is this is magic. This is great. I love it. I'm here as well, guys. Yeah, Brian's here too. Hi. We can hear Brian. All right. Good. All right. So um, we've got one more thing before we end this week's episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Um, people might remember a few weeks ago I did Good Pop, Bad Pop about Periscope and how much I was enjoying that. But the one thing I've been enjoying the most on Periscope is the adventures of Sock Hop. He is just killing it on Periscope. So I asked Sock Hop if he could come join us for a podcast and just chat with us for maybe 15, 20 minutes. So how you doing, Sock Hop? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. It's a good day. You know, the sun's shining, birds chirping, stopping speeders. Everything's going good. How are you, how are you guys doing? How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great. Um, I'm Jake, two sheds as you know me more by, and um, Brian's here too. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm thrilled to be nice talking to meet to you. Nice to meet you, Brian. Nice to meet you, uh, you know, via the audio. Nice to meet you via the audio. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be talking to you, Sock Cop. Yeah, I'm super excited to be talking to you. This is, this is great. This is a red letter day for Sock Cop, too. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to be on this show for a while. I've been a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm really excited. I thought the only way I was going to get to talk to you is if I got you know, pulled over for speeding. So, like, this is great that I didn't have to speed in order to talk to you. So Yeah. Yeah, no, this is way better. I don't, I don't want, you know, people to resort to speed. And that's one thing I'm afraid of, you know, with all of Sock Cop's fame. I'm afraid people are going to start speeding so, you know, they can meet me. And I don't want that to happen. That's counterintuitive to my mission. I don't want that to happen. So I'm glad we're able to meet this way because otherwise, I'd be doing a lot of hollering, saying whammos and tickets for yous and all that stuff. So this is much friendly. I like this. Conversational. It's good. Yeah, this is great. I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, we just have some questions we wanted to ask you about some of the bigger pop culture things going on. And then we have some questions for our listeners. So um, I guess we could start it off. Um, so, Sakop, are you a big Star Wars guy? Yeah, I like the Star Wars. I like the Star Wars. It's good. I like the, the all of all of the Star Wars is good. Talk smack about them other ones, you know, and you know they're not as good, but I like them. Anything that's got a lightsaber in it, I'm all for it. Anything if I can just you know watch a movie and hear it go whom 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 whom, then I'm you know I'm happy about it. Oh, that's great. I get a lot of flack from a lot of people because I'm a big Episode One apologist, so it's nice to hear someone else doesn't just completely hate it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a pretty good one. I've watched it a couple times. I mean, it's number one, you know. And in um. Return of the Jedi, when they're on Endor with the Ewoks and you see like the stormtroopers and they're, they're on the speeders and they're going really fast. <laughs> I think one of the Lucas improvements, one of the new Lucas improvements is they should add Sock Cop in there pulling one of them over. They should, yeah. They should put Sock Cop on one of them speeders back there just going through the woods. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and then, you know, cause a lot of them's hitting trees and stuff like that. So I think we could save lives that way. Absolutely. That's a great idea, Brian. Yeah. I mean, they, they changed so much of those movies anyway. What's adding Sock Cop to it? Right. We saw Ewoks blinking. Why not throw Sock Cop in there? I would definitely watch those films again, over and over again, if Sock Cop was in there. Yeah. They would get me to buy Star Wars for the 20th time if they put Sock Cop in there. The Sock Cop edition. Yeah. So what do you think of the new trailer, yeah, Sock Cop? And then also that would be work for Sock Cop. <laughs> yeah, Sock definitely. Cop, he needs to work. He needs to work. So, you know, give me a call and we'll, we'll be in the Star Wars movies. That'd be great. Yeah, it's, we'll give Disney a call and try to hook him up with your uh, with your number. 
for you. I'm sure he's a listener. I'm sure he's a listener. He's a big time listener. I got to believe. I got to believe that George Lucas is a big fan of pop culture leftovers. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. We talk so highly about him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think about the new trailer, Sock Cop, for uh, the Star Wars Episode Seven? Oh, I'm excited. You got the whole, like, uh, you know, all banged up Darth Vader thing going on. And then you got all the, the new little, the little robot that's rolling around and stuff like that. They really amped up their, their robot technologies. You can tell that, you know, it's rolling and stuff. He moves a lot faster than the R2-D2. So I'm excited to see that, you know, R2-D2 is great. He's a little bit slow, which is great. I like that with that he goes slow. So these other ones, you know, maybe they'll be speeding, uh, you know, so that may cause a problem. But, um, you know, I'm excited about the whole thing. That's funny. I never thought about that aspect. You might be pulling over a few BB-8s in the next few months, huh? Yeah, I could be doing that. You know, I'd be like, the droid was moving fast and what she was looking for. Something. I don't know. I have to, I have to work on that line. <laughs> <laughs> that was close enough. Close enough, yeah. yeah you get uh, the point. You get the point. This is not the exact quote you're looking for. <laughs> no, it's not. It is most definitely not. <laughs> but it was serviceable, and that's all we need from you, Scott. God. You can slap it. it. George Lucas will slap that on a bumper sticker, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything to make a buck. He'll, he'll do it. <laughs> So, how about the Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice? Are you excited for that at all, Sock Cop? Batman v Superman. Yes, I, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I watched the uh, the trailers earlier today. You got the Batmans and the Supermans in one movie, so I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, you know, really and truly, and you know, I'm gonna, you know, I know I'm I'm gonna break off half of the audience here. But I mean, I think Superman wins all the live long day. That's interesting. Do you would you prefer Superman to win, or do you just think he will? No, I don't. I don't like. I, I like the Batman's a lot better than Superman's. But I mean, really, I mean, you put him in a fight. I mean, unless you, yes, he's going to toss him around. He's he's from the planet Krypton. He's out there flying. He's got the heat vision, the feed freeze vision, and he's got all the things he gets faster than the bullet. And Batman's got what the batarangs? He's just a rich dude with a bunch of stuff. I love Batman. I love Batman. But how are you going to beat up Superman? So I don't know how they're going to work that out. It's going to be interesting. You think maybe Kryptonite might even the odds a little bit? I, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that uh, that stops the Supermans is the kryptonite, you know, a rock, which is, you know, whatever. But, you know, if he gets a load of that to add him, you know, maybe make a uh, kryptonite batarang, something like that, then they'll do the things. And then, you know, maybe he's got a fighting chance. So then, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to stretch it into seven or eight movies, so they're going to have to come up with a lot of ideas for him to fight. Yeah, I'm sure they will stretch it as many movies as they can. Would you pull over the Batmobile? Would I pull over the Batmobile? Yes, I would pull over the Batmobile, but, uh, you know, he goes, he tends to go at night. Sokka patrols mostly during the day, so, you know, I think he might get a pass that way because I don't see him. And if he goes fast enough, then he can, and then he's got that one tank thing, you know, the one from the Dark Knight. I don't think I would, I don't think I would have the stones to pull that one over, to be honest with you. That's a big machine, and I don't even know where the window is on that thing. I wouldn't even know what, how to saunter <laughs> up to it properly to be able to intimidate him. So I, I don't know, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah, I don't think they thought about that when they designed the uh, Tumblr for the Nolan movies, uh, the window for getting pulled over. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I never seen him roll no window down to you know do, to you know order to drive through or pay no tolls or nothing like that. So I don't, I don't really know the whole the whole story behind that car, but uh, it's a little bit scary. Yeah, Brian, you've got some questions for Sock Cop. I do. I have some. I, I have some great questions for you, Sock Cop. Um, the first one, it's it's a little hard hitting, and I hate to go all Diane Soria on you with this question, but. Would you address the rumors that you aren't 100% cotton? 
Yes. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate the warning to the question. That is a hard-hitting question, but I get that a lot. But no, those are just rumors. Ever since I announced my, uh, you know, my presidential campaign that I got going, there's all these, uh, you know, mudslinging and stuff going on. I got Hillary Clinton scared. I got that, uh, you know, Tom Cruise guy scared, the other guys running. So, you know, they're all throwing mud at me. Uh, you know, trying to, but no, it's, it is not true. I am 100% cotton, 100% USA, American made, USA, USA. But no, it's a good question. I appreciate you, uh, honest, honesty with that. I'm relieved that you are 100% yeah. cotton. Yeah. That, that's, that's why we just wanted to hear straight from you and not from like these outside sources that are trying to bring you down. So, um, yeah, that's a smear campaign, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's what we thought. Um, you know, I want to ask your thoughts on this. Uh, is the bigger problem facing our nation today is it underground prostitution rings or ring around the collar? Ring around the collar is no good. You know, I don't have so much of the collar. I don't have to worry about that. Of course, anything dealing with laundry, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of a soft subject for me. I get a little bit uh, attached to all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think underground prostitution rings is not good. You got to get those girls out from under the grounds. You know, that's no good. You can't be keeping women's under the ground. Sockhop <laughs> respects women too much to be keeping them, you know, in cellars and stuff like that. So that's really a big problem. We got to stop that, you know, nip it right in the bud. Absolutely. Yeah, great, great point. Um, let's see here. You know, you're familiar with Snuggle Bear, the Snuggle Bear. Snuggle Bear? Yeah. Oh yeah, the little the little detergent bear that Snuggle Bears. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. him. He talks about how soft he gets your clothes, and yet he wears no clothes. Now, why hasn't anyone brought this little bear to justice for indecent exposure? Are you working on this, sock cop? Well, that's, uh, you know, that's, indecent exposure is not really exactly my jurisdiction. I don't really deal with that. If he gets in the, uh, in the car and starts driving too fast, you know, pull him over and then I can hit him with the double ticket, whammo, whammo. But, uh, you know, just him, if he's walking along, just, you know, carrying around some fluffy towels with no clothes on, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do. But I've seen those commercials and, you know, this, there's an, there's an argument to be made that yes, he is naked, but he's also covered in fur. And there's no little dangly pots down there. And I think that's what really the concern is. You know, as long as there's no dangly pots to scare and confuse the children, I think, you know, kind of the thing, you know, live and let live kind of thing, in my opinion. Yeah, keep keep it clean, Snuggle Bear. <laughs> All right. Got another question for you. Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon or John McClane from Die Hard, which is your favorite? And if you could reenact a scene from the winner's favorite movie. Oh, great question. Up, yeah. oh, did we lose you? What? Oh, oh, no, we're back. We're back. Yep. What happened? We got uh, problems with the Wi-Fis. Got to uh, call the AT&Ts. We got problems with the Wi-Fis. Uh, we'll we'll call the AT&Ts. Did you hear the question, Sackop? I heard something about Die Hard, okay. uh, but, I, but no, I did not. No. Okay. Um, choose Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon or John McClane from Die Hard. Which is your favorite? And then your favorite, if you could reenact the scene from that uh, from that movie. Yeah, I could do that for you. Yeah, I like the John McClane's from the... Oh, stupid Wi-Fi issues. I apologize, listeners. We're having internet problems. Did we lose him? Uh, internet connection. He's calling us right back. Oh, he's calling us yeah. back. Sockop was calling us back. Oh, we cut out. We cut out. We got some Wi-Fi problems. Let's, let's turn off the video on the Skype. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, there we go. Did we do it? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get to hear what, which one you liked better or the reenactment at all. Oh man, that's no good. That's no good. Hopefully this will work better. Hopefully this will work better. We're gonna take two. We're gonna take two. <laughs> the question was, do I like the John McClane's 
from the diehards, or do I like the other fellows? What's from the Lethal Weapons? Yeah, Martin yes. Riggs. Martin Riggs, yes. No, I'm much more familiar with the Die Hard movie. I like that. I like that guy a lot better. Like I said, he uh, he's you know he's up in the towers doing the thing, so he's not doing a whole lot of speeding. So that's good. You know, that's a plus one on his. <laughs> and then there's also another part where he's uh, you know he's walking, and then he's like, oh, I got a kid across this room. I got a kid across this room. Oh, look at all this broken glass down there. Oh, I ain't got no shoes on for some reason. Now I got to walk across the broken glass and get to the other side of the room and climb to the top of the tower, and I'm gonna die hard. I'm gonna die real hard. Something like that it's a, that's a good movie i like that one a lot better i kind of forgot the question but i remember the glass part no no like, that's good that's a great answer yeah that's awesome I, I think we have some questions from our listeners and jake is going to read those yes uh, first off um ernesto xavier wants to know stop any ankle socks sock cop and do you know socko do i know socko yes uh me if he's talking about the mr socko's from the WWEs, yeah, we went to college together and uh, used to wrestle, you know, back in the day doing the things, yes. And uh, what was the other part of the question? No, yeah, ankle socks. Yeah, I pulled over plenty of ankle socks. I pulled over ankle socks. I pulled over knee-length socks. I even pulled over the toe socks. You know, I'm an equal opportunity ticketer. Uh, you know, I give everybody the tickets. If you're speeding, you get a ticket, you know, cut and dry, bam, ba, damn, wham, oh, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Have you pulled over members of the Boston Red Sox before? Members of the bus. I don't think I've pulled over any baseball players so much. I think a lot of them get drivers. You know, I pulled over a couple of limousines, and I've never been able to see uh, who's in the back of it there. So it's it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, I don't. Not that I know of. No professional baseball players that I know of. Uh, our next question is from Dana Sparenberg. She wants to know: Was your partner eaten by the dryer? The partner was not eaten by the dryer. No, I get this question a lot. I get it a lot. Uh, some people ask if my brother, you know, was lost in the dryer. Maybe that's why I became a cop, which is a good theory, but I'm an only child. I am an only child. And the sock cop works alone. Uh, I've tried doing the partner things, but for some reason, you know, they don't seem to stay focused on the speeders like they should be, and they want to go and do other crimes and stuff. It just doesn't work out. So sock cop works alone. He works alone. So there's no, there's no partner to be lost in the dryer, no. But that's a good question, though. Yeah, you're a perfectionist. You don't want anyone else messing up your stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm more of a one-man band kind of deal. You know, I think I, I think I work best alone. You know, I work best alone in a party in teams. That's the way that it goes. It's like, a, you know, that's I live my life like a mullet. Like, the you know, working business in the front and then the party in the back with all the peoples. <laughs> that's how you got to do it. <laughs> um, our next question is from Ryan Mears. He wants to know, how does Sotcop feel about the Fast and Furious movies? I know he hates speeders, but what about anger issues? Yeah, anger issues. That's no good. Speeding and anger do not go together. That goes together like uh, what's it? Like a match and some some more fire, something like that. It's not a good combination. It's not very good. I don't like the Fast and Furious movies because they glorify the speedings too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it really upsets me that uh, there's like you know a dozen of those movies, and then you get you have an American classic like Driving Miss Daisy that's about driving a reasonable speed. <laughs> you only get one of those. Where's the franchise for that? You know, that's what I don't understand about America. Is that you know they want the, the speeds and stuff, and that's bad. That's teaching the kids bad things. They want to grow up and be like Vin Diesel, and it's no good. It's no good. Should be more like the Morgan Freemans. Yeah, yeah. They should be more like the Morgan Freemans. They should, you know, be the we're going to drive at a reasonable speed, Miss Daisy, yeah, something well, like that. You know, that's that's a lot better message for the why kids. Why do though. you have posters of The Rock on your wall when you should have a poster of Jessica Tandy? Do I have posters of The Rock when I should have posters of Jessica Tandy? Yes, I should have more posters of Jessica Tandy, you know, most definitely. But, uh, you know, The Rock, he just, uh, he inspires me, you know, to do the sit-ups and the yogas and stuff like that every day. So, uh, you know, I kind of keep that around. But, uh, you know, if somebody wants to send me a couple of them Jessica Tandy pictures, I'd put them up on the walls, no problem. I, You know, that does not hurt the eyes, no problem. 
All right. I'm going to butcher this next listener's name. Uh, Joshua Guiteres? Gutierrez. Gutierrez says, Hey, Sock Cop, do those striped socks look pretty suspicious to you? I always think they're up to something. Those shady-ass stri- striped socks. Yeah, you got to be careful with the profilings. You know, just because somebody's got the stripes. And, of course, there's some of those socks that got stripes because they're in, they're in prison. So you got to watch out for those. Don't pick those hitchhikers up or nothing like that. But they got numbers on the back and stuff like that. But, uh, no, Sock Cop, he loves everybody. I don't think the profile, you know, if you got the polka dots or even, like, the Christmas trees and stuff on the little socks, that's not a problem. For me, you know, I don't. I tend not to look. I, I, I go by what's on the inside. You know, I try not to judge by the outside. What if they had uh, flash socks on, like from the comic book character? Would you be suspicious? No, you know, I understand the Flash. He does most of his speed in running, and uh, you know, I guess technically there's not a law against running as fast as you want to, <laughs> so that's okay. So you know, I mean, I understand maybe that maybe we'll not be best friends because maybe they'll enjoy speeding a little bit, something like that. But uh, just the socks alone, no, that's okay. That's fine. All right, Sakop, but we got three more questions for you, then we'll we'll let you get back to your patrolling. I love these questions. All right, Finn Deets Creek wants to know how do you feel about the American Pie sock scene. The American Pie sock scene. That I get a lot of questions about uh, things like that. There's a lot of questions that I get involving the male genitalia and socks, and I don't know what the fascination is. You know, I don't know if the movie started it or the, you know it's a chicken and egg kind of thing, but I get that a lot. So uh, you know, it's a little bit. Uh, you know, I kind of shy my eyes away from that kind of stuff. When look at that, it's a little bit much. It's a little bit much, you know. But they each their own. They each their own. There's no laws against it, unfortunately. Even though I might pass some legislation about that if I get past, you know, if I become president. But uh, you know, I just avert my eyes and let people go about the day. Uh, yeah, that's got to be disturbing for you to hear all that kind of stuff and especially see it. Oh yeah, yeah. Seeing it, that's the worst part. You know, hearing about it's one thing. It's like, oh, you know, whoa, what a what a comic, what a comic genius this guy is talking about male genitalia in the socks. You know, oh, I've never heard that one before. Never heard that one before. If, I get that if, on the periscopes yeah, all the time. If I but, never uh, have to hear know. that again, you got my vote, Sock Cop. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You should join the cabinet. You should join the cabinet. Yeah, Brian, you should join the cabinet. There's plenty of positions opening. I'm I'm vice president two sheds. Oh, yes. please. I would love to be in part of this. Absolutely. So we'll oh, fi- yeah. we'll figure out a position Find for you. Find a place for me. Yeah, we'll pick a good one. We'll pick a good one. We're going all the way to the top. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. We're all going to have a slumber party in the Lincoln bedroom and hunt for ghosts. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that will be great. Uh, Jeffrey Twyhog wants to know, um, do you use Grecian formula on that mustache? Grecian formula. I use a lot of different formulas. I've been taught throughout the years, you know, all these different ones. I tend to try something else every season. I try a new routine every season just to mix it up because, you know, when you do, when you put the stuff on your, on your mustache, you tend to smell it a lot. It's right directly under the smelling pots. So I tend to try to make something a little bit different every once in a while so I don't get sick of the smells. Uh, but I have used the Grecian stuff pretty good. Uh, you know, it's got a little bit of that uh, musky kind of musky kind of tang to it. But, uh, you know, it's good in small doses, so it's good. But that's a good question. Yeah, the mustache routine, is a uh, that's a hot topic. That's, uh, it's always changing, and there's a whole lot that goes to it. I, need to, I could write a book about that. Oh, yeah, that might be a bestseller. It very well could be. Maybe I should get to type um, final question from listener Dan West. He wants to know, is your mustache modeled on any of your heroes? I'm getting a Burt Reynolds vibe, which is not oh. a bad thing. He looks badass. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great mustache that Burt Reynolds got. He's, he's got it going on. There's a lot of great mustaches out there. I'm thinking the Magnum P.I. So uh, as a kid, I liked the, uh, the Snidely Whiplash. You know, even though he was a bad guy, he had the great mustache. And I always tried to do that, but mine's a little bit too bushy. 
but uh, so you got the Burt Reynolds, and then you got the the one of the Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck was a good one too. So it's kind of a combination of all three of those: Snidely Whiplash, Burt Reynolds, and Tom Selleck. All them together, you put their mustache in one big old you know mustache bag or something, and then pull it back out. Whammo! You got Sock Hop's mustache. Whammo. Whammo. <laughs> All right, Sockop. It has been an honor having you on our podcast, doing the things with you. Oh, um, thank you so much. It was my honor to be on the show. This is fantastic. I had, I had such a good time. I love the questions from the peoples. I love answering the people's questions. That's what I'm all about. Can you give the listeners one more one more big old siren before we let you go? Oh, yeah. Here you go. If, if any of you guys is out there, you know, if you're on your way to work listening to this podcast, do not be scared. This is not the real siren. This is only a test. And here we go. Woo! There's a siren for you. Oh, man, that was a great one. Thank you so much, Sakob. Uh, not a problem. Thank, thank you, fellas, for having me. This is great. I can't wait to listen to it again. It's going to be great. Uh, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have you on again sometime in the future if you'd be down for it. Yes, I will do it anytime, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It's not a problem. I love you, fellas. All right. Love you, too, Sakop. Have a great one. Thank you, Sakop. See you guys later. Have a good one. Goodbye now. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. I was made by the time I...
making about 70 bucks a week. And I was 15 years old. This is 1963. You think about it. My father was making about the same money at that time, about $70 a week at a factory in Pekin, corn products for Planning Company. And he had been there for 20 years, you know. Now, I'm glad I just thought of this because I told you I auditioned for that job and, and, and they put me in here that same day. It didn't occur to me that I had another job. <laughs> well, it wasn't going to interfere with the other job because it was only going to be on Saturdays for one hour, you know, a couple hours of preparation. So I did the show on Saturday, and I go home, and my folks are, <laughs> Then Monday, I went, after school, I went back to, I went to the newspaper to get my camera to go take pictures of a basketball game and cover it, and then... I would come, I would go out and take a camera, and I would go out to, my dad would drive me to Green Valley High School or whatever, and I'd take notes during the game, I would take pictures, one of those big old cameras, you know, and um, had my little hat with a breast guard in it. Nice. And uh, then I would go back to the, the newspaper office and write my story, type it out, turn in my film, and uh, then get up and go to school the next day. But, so Monday I go to get my camera. And uh, there's a note in my little box that said, Please see Mr. McNaughton published. Mr. McNaughton was a lot like, have you ever seen the movie uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Mr. Potter? You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, Sit down, Larry. <laughs> now, let's have a little talk. <laughs> I was saying that you were on the radio Saturday. <laughs> I said, Oh, you heard it? You heard it? He said, No, I didn't hear it, but I heard about it. There was a WI on it. I said, yeah. And he says, uh, you're not going to do that again, are you? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, they hired me. I'm going to be... And then it just occurred to me before he even said it. He owned the station, the radio station in Pekin, WSIB. <laughs> and he said, well, now you know that I own WSIB. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. But I said, listen, this is not going to interfere because uh, I, I'll do that on Saturday afternoon. And he said, that's not the point. Let me see. You can't be working for it. You're going to have to make a decision. He said, how much am I paying? And he knew. I said, well, it comes out to about $68, $70 a week. Mm-hmm. How much are they paying you up there? I said, uh, well, uh, the neighborhood of uh, taxes and <laughs> four um, four fifty a week. Four hundred and fifty dollars. Four four dollars point fifty cents. Four in the week for the show. And he says, Well, all right then, so make up your mind. What are you gonna do? And I looked at him, and I said, without even hesitating, I said, oh, he said, you can't do both. You can't work for my newspaper and that radio station. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do the radio show. He just said, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He was right. He was right, but I never regretted it. Right. Look what I'm saying, right? 
Yeah, I take those chances sometimes. Sometimes, well, yeah, just you know, I just it wasn't the money. I, mean, I was still, I was still in high school. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like I was a twenty-five-year-old guy with a couple of kids and had to worry about feeding them. You know, and so I had the luxury of following my passion. And I knew from the from the first record I played it was the Angels and my boyfriend's back and my boyfriend's back. That was the first record I played on WRL. And I knew from the first time I said. Um, Four fifteen on school scope, WIRL. You're the angels. My boyfriend's back. Put that microphone on, and I knew that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life. So that's how I got started, and uh, never looked back. I will tell you though <laughs> that I left the office feeling his his office, and I kind of stopped out in the hallway and thought, "What have you just done?" And I thought, "That's all right. That's it's what I want to do." So and then I had a good feeling about it, and as I'm getting on the elevator, I had a terrible thought. I have to go home and tell my dad <laughs> that I turned down, I gave up my $70 a week job, I wanted to pay $4.50 a week. And may not lead anywhere, because when once I graduate high school, that show is, you know, another right. that show. But it worked out. Thank goodness for all of us. Thank goodness. <laughs> so that was a long answer. I promise all the answers won't be that long. <laughs> well, you said that that led right into Thundercats. Right? Was Thundercats your first cartoon? First animated, on? yeah. First cartoon, yeah. Uh, my first animated voice, though. I mean, the first animated animation job was doing uh, Count Chocula. Oh, okay. Okay. I started doing Count Chocula. Uh, in 1978. We don't do commercials anymore for Count Chocula. I still do the voice occasionally for General Mills on their website. They have a uh, website for kids. They have interactive games. So once in a while they'll have me come in and say, uh, let's see if you can count the dots and make the dots go together to make a picture of Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> and they give me my $4.50. <laughs> Everything, by the way, is still $4.50. <laughs> So, Count Chocula, uh, I think I, I got that job uh, in uh, 1978 by going to an audition. Everything I do in my business as an actor, you audition for. Uh, so, and then about a year later, I started doing um, Up Here, I Won't Go Cuckoo for My Favorite Cereal, Cocoa Puffs! Anybody ever heard that one? Yeah. yeah. I've been doing uh, Sunny for about uh, 30 years. Wow. And then one day came a, a call from my agent saying, uh, you have an audition Tuesday, 2 o'clock, at a certain place for a new animated series uh, called Thundercats, a Rankin-Bass series. And I was really excited just to hearing that Rankin-Bass, because I used to watch Rankin-Bass Christmas specials when I was a kid. Frosty the Snowman, they still show them with Burl Ives and, uh, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Fred Astaire. And... Uh, and all of us, I remember, all of us in New York, all of the actors, and they auditioned hundreds and hundreds of people in New York, Chicago, L.A., thousands for all the parts. But we were all, we were all um, excited because up until Thundercats, there, there had never been an animated series uh, recorded in New York, voices recorded in New York. Everything was in L.A., few things in Disney World, Florida. But... Um, um, 
So, you know, like everything else, you, you show up on time, and uh, they have pictures on the walls of all the you know, illustrations of what the characters look like, and they would tell you what the show is going to be about, you know, it's these half-man, half-cat people, and you're going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> this, this is going to be really great. This is so uh, and then you, and then you uh, go in and, and um, when it's your turn, you go into the booth, the recording booth, and, and they give you a page of copy to read for whichever characters you want to audition for. I auditioned for Lionel, Mumra, you folks know these characters, and, um, and Jackalman. And I end up getting Lionel and Jackalman. And... Uh, we did that for we did Thunder, we did 130 episodes of Thundercats, and uh, then we were still had about 20 episodes of Thundercats to go when they announced they're going to follow it up with another series called Silverhawks. Oh yeah. And I got the part of, uh, of um, Colonel Bluegrass, cowboy with a guitar, and said, "Listen to this, kid." <laughs> and then after that, they we did another series called Tiger Sharks, which you may not. Have it's not not that well known. We only did sixty five episodes of that, and then during the course of all of that, pretty much all of us on the cast, there were only five five of us who did all the voices and all these. So we each did on, uh, like on Thundercast, we did one hundred and thirty episodes. So there are thousands of voices. So basically, it was five or five or six of us. You know, everybody was one Thundercat and one you. Mm-hmm. you know? And then they brought the the verbals and. All the other characters, and they come up with new voices for those. And then we did um, uh, for Rankin Bass, uh, some same cast did some uh, animated uh, holiday specials, and that was again exciting. Maybe I grew up watching the Frosty Snowman, and now here I am working for Rankin Bass. We did uh, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, uh, Twelve Days of Christmas. They still run some of these, uh, and a star for Jeremy. I still get $12 checks every Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's three times four. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, so that's how that works. Awesome. Well, I want to open it up to you guys now. If anybody here has questions for Larry, feel free to raise I neglected to thank you all for coming. I appreciate oh. it very much. I'm sitting down there thinking there are only three people here. There aren't going to be anybody upstairs. This is where you all were. They're all sitting right here waiting, waiting for us. Yeah, that's right. We kept pushing it back a little bit, thinking more people until more people came in. You guys were all up here, so I apologize. Yes. You oh, said. You, no, you're, you're running this thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what we're paying him? Four fifty. I'll take it. You said you auditioned for the roles of uh, Lino and Jackalman and Mumra. Could we hear what your Mumra would have sounded like? <laughs> I remember. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I don't remember. All all in my head right now is Earl Hammond's voice. He played Mumra, and he was a perfect Mumra. Mm-hmm. But it was probably rather similar. It was uh, <clears throat> ancient spirits of evil transform this decayed form into Mumra. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I tell you, the funny thing, Earl Hammond, God rest his soul, 
he, he played Mumbrah. And if you're familiar with the character, you remember uh, the character on TV. As he was transforming, he started getting this stuff coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Earl, doing what... Talk about method acting. <laughs> As he was doing this, because his S's were always kind of a transformed <laughs> he would slobber. <laughs> and by the time he got up to Mumbra, we were all hovering in, the, hovering in the corner like somebody at a gallery. <laughs> because he would start, he would start slobbering, he would go, into Mumbra! And wipe it off and flick it. <laughs> Did you find that you get connected to Lionel, like as you play him through all those episodes? Oh yeah. Did you have a favorite moment or a favorite episode? I, I one of my favorite memories of doing him was um, early on they did a flashback to when when Lionel was uh, a little boy, a seven or eight year old boy. <coughs> if you remember, uh, he always was kind of a throughout the whole series. He was kind of a. Uh, um, he, uh, even when he was a man, he kind of was, was boyish because he had been asleep for all those years. You remember um, oh, that capsule? And uh, so, anyway, th- th- but there was a flashback to um, a couple episodes where he, we saw him as a seven or eight year old kid. So I got to play him, you know, as a man, and then, yeah. and that was kind of a challenge because he had to still sound like Lionel. Would have sounded as a you know. so. Whereas as a man, Lionel was uh, he, he sounded like uh, Pantro Chitara. My leg, I can't move. <laughs> as a boy, he would say, well, "I don't know, Snark. It looks kind of dangerous. Yeah. Do you think the Thundercats will be okay?" <laughs> that was Bob McFadden who played Snark. Bob McFadden was also Frankenberry on. Remember, remember oh, Frankenberry. Yeah. Frankenberry with strawberry flavored malts. <laughs> and the malts are sugar. We call them the monster cereals. In fact, uh, for the first 10 or 15 years I did Count Chocula, we didn't just do commercials just for Count Chocula. We, we would do what we call monster, uh, monsters commercial. It'd be one commercial with Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry. Remember Booberry? That was Peter Walker. I love Booberry. They're so delicious. And then Bob and Fred. That's pretty good. Though. Have I answered the question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 67 years old. I'm, I'm going to get back to it, actually. Um, ah. if I, I'm wondering, kind of branching off of what he's asked, um, obviously there was the reboot that happened. And I know that obviously you kids were kids. those know that you were Claudius, and so Claudius, yeah. yeah. Um, when Will Friedel stepped in to be Lionel, was there a mentorship? Was there you know when, when a young man became yeah. the older man? How, how did uh, that play? I, I never I still, I still haven't met Will Friedel. <laughs> um, I've met uh, Matthew Mercer, who played the new Tiger, and. Uh, um, and the lady who played the Chitara, I can't think of her name now, beautiful lady. Uh, but I met them at Comic-Con in San Diego, but I, I never did meet Will Friedel. But he, he 
he wrote me, he wrote me, uh, he sent me an email before the new Thundercats actually uh, went on the air. And the reason I didn't meet him, I, uh, when they, when Warner Brothers asked me to play Claude as Lionel's father in the new remake of Thundercats, uh, I was excited for one thing, well, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic that they would, uh, pay such an homage to the original cast and the original family of the cast by having me, the one of us from the old cast be on the show. Uh, and plus I was also excited because when they, they wanted me to come out to, they flew me out to, to uh, Warner Brothers Ranch in Burbank. And I walked into the studio, I saw the, I saw the five microphones in a semicircle just like we used to do in New York. Because when, when, we, when we were the original Thundercats, all of us were there every time we recorded. We all recorded everything together. These days they don't do that much anymore. These days in my business, most of the time when you go record something, whether it's whether it's whatever it is, you're usually in a little booth by yourself, and they bring the next person in after you. But we used to record it as a as a, as a group, you know, as a troop. So I get out there, and there's all the five microphones, and I thought, okay, we're waiting for those other guys to get here, you know. So I'm just talking as I and what to do. And um, at one point, the, en the engineer says, uh, maybe we should get started. And I said, oh, uh, aren't we waiting for Will Friedel? And no, they're not working today. So on two occasions, they flew me all the way to California to stand there in the studio by myself and report my line, which was fine. You know. It was another 450. <laughs> I think I'd drop that joke down. <laughs> so I never got a chance to work with the other the other actors. But as uh, you mentioned, Will Friedel. But so I, I recorded my stuff first time, and then I got an email from Will Friedel, and he said uh, he told me how much uh, what a big fan he was of Thundercats and of my work, and he said I'm scared to death. Just, Stepping into, the sh into your shoes. This is what the part that I was. Yeah. Get to. <laughs> he says, uh, "I mean, to take over the role of an existing character that's an, an icon, such an iconic character that everybody knows me. Sounds like he said, what am, how, what am I going to do with it?' You know. I wrote him back and said, "Just do your own thing. Just do it the way you know you think it should be done, and, and the director thinks it should be done." And they did. He didn't. You have any of you ever saw the uh, the, the remake of Thundercat? He never tried to sound like I sounded. Um, and then I got an email from him after the show had been canceled. <laughs> this is the other part I was hoping to get to. <laughs> well, I was really kind of sad yeah. because, uh, again, I've still never met him, but I got this long email from him about how he, he felt he, he let me down and let, they, they let Thundercats down and the fans down because the show didn't last, you know. But I wrote him back and I, uh, you know, I said, you guys did a great job. It was a great series. It's show business. You never know. You can take an iconic, you've seen this before, <coughs> take something that was the biggest hit in the world and, and make it a remake of it, thinking, well, the fans are going to go to it because, you know, and for some reason they don't. And it wasn't his fault. Uh, as I told him, uh, <clears throat> somebody had told from Warner Brothers, had told me that, uh, I, I said, what, what, do you, what do you think happened to it? You know? That the show didn't make it. He said the ratings were good. They weren't phenomenal, but the ratings on Cartoon Network were, were very good for the show. But the toy sale. Mm -hmm. was not good. Mm -hmm. Yep. And 
unfortunately, in today's world, that, that tends to run the business in animated series. If the toys don't sell, they're not going to keep the show. So many people have made toy lines just to make cartoons versus <laughs> cartoons to make toy lines. So everybody blame Bandai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, Says the no, toy guy. <laughs> you can't blame Warner Brothers because... Once, once they make these shows, they have no control over. Well, they think they can have control because they're the ones that sign contracts with Bandai or LJN or whoever it is. And um, but Warner Brothers, from that point on, has has no say in what, how the toys look or how they're marketed or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So they can make a great product, but if everybody else drops the ball, and then they also have no say over how Cartoon Network promotes or does not promote the show. Right, and they shuffle that show all over. Shuffle around different yeah. times. They would put on three episodes and then not have one on for six weeks. Yep. And I think that killed the show more than anything else. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, uh, What's your name? Maddox. Maddox? Yes. What a great name, isn't it? Nice. I'm Maddox Bender. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you said you played uh, Lionel and Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. When the new characters came out, did you play any other voices? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other characters uh, that were added to the show. You know, yeah, we, we would do a certain number of episodes, and then uh, new characters would be added to you know to keep the show fresh and all that. And then when that would happen, uh, we'd go to, to a into the recording session, and uh, Lee Donnaker, our director, would say, okay, we've got a new character today, and they would have pictures of him, just like when we first went and audition. Okay, who wants to, here, here's what kind of guy he is, he's, you know, give you a little description of the character, here's what he looks like, who wants to audition, and you know, we'd all, whoever wanted to, would take a shot at it. So, uh, and then we'd decide right then, of course, that, that day was going to be that character. Uh, I played other characters like Safari Joe. He's kind of an Australian guy, right? Safari Joe had the old Safari thing on, you know, tough guy, right? And uh, I played the character named Rattaro. Thank you, Rattaro man. <laughs> oh, there's so His costume was orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid! <laughs> uh, but that's how you would do it, yeah. You would, um, and it, as the series went on, like I said, we ended up doing 130 of them. So, you know, after you've done 50, 60, 70 or so, uh, and a new character comes up, the problem becomes how to make, get a, with only five people do it, coming up with a character that doesn't sound like somebody else. And then on the other side of that coin was there were characters who maybe appeared in episode 26 and then not again until 71. Very rarely, but so um, we'd have to make sure we matched with something like, you know, 50 episodes ago. But we just play back the tape and, and, and you know, try to keep the continuity that way. Yes, sir? Um, you think the huge gap between the original series and the reboot might have had something to do with the fact that it didn't do so well? Time-wise? Yeah. 30 years? Yeah, it was almost, it's, it's a whole new generation. Yeah, well, and, that's true. And, the, and, the, and the, the, the demographic they were pretty much pitching it to had never even seen the original. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I'm sure that had, had some effect. And I think that probably could have been overcome better with some planning and some marketing. Right. And some advertising 
to, to, to first reach fans of the original show to create the buzz. Hey, Thundercats is coming back. And then somehow, you know, to advertise and market toward kids who've never seen it or heard of it, uh, and didn't have parents who had seen it, you know what I'm saying. It would have been tricky, but, but yeah, something needed to, something should have been done to bridge that gap, right? It was a long time, it was 27, 28 years between, uh, you know. It's a weird balance you have to create, too, because you do need the kids to be interested. Yeah. Especially if they're driving things like toy sales. Kids have to be able to love the brand. And we all love it because we remember it. Kids yeah. have no idea about it. So it's, it's hard. you got to find that right balance. We all, yeah, we, all, we remember it because we remember it, and that brings in the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Something that you liked when you were a kid, you remember it as being ten times, no matter what it was, ten times better than yeah. And it means, <laughs> really, it's like... Um, Oh gee, I remember one time a few years back I was I was back home visiting my folks in Illinois and um, had the chance to go to my grandmother's house. Uh, my grandmother had died years before, but, but my mother had met somebody who um, was living in the house that my grandmother lived in. So we went just went over there and visit and I and I remember when I walked in there I thought this place is so small. The house you grew up in, you remember it being enormous because you were smaller. Uh, but anyway, the, the uh, yeah, things that we remember from our own childhood um, are, are dear to us, you know, when you get to a certain age. Because that's when you realize that was the best time of your life, you know, in a lot of ways. And things meant a lot more to you. You, know? you remember running home after school because you didn't want to miss the opening of the show or something like that. Yes. You, you whip out the voices now without even thinking about it. You know the safari. <coughs> safari, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, was there a time when you like had to kind of practice an accent or practice a? Oh, I don't want to sound German. Oh, I want to sound Russian. No, you know it's funny. I uh, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But I've never ever. Um, I've always been able to just if I want to do a voice, it just comes out. I don't rehearse it. I don't practice it. Uh, and I remember I, I used to also do impressions of select famous people. Uh, for 35 years, I was on the radio a TV show called Highness in the Morning. Anybody here ever? And I, my job there was to do, uh, I would be Richard Nixon one day and Ted Kennedy the next, you know. If, if over the years, if, um, if I thought, here's a voice I want to I try to do. I would try it for a few minutes, and if I couldn't get it, I never did it again. If, if I'm going to be able to do a voice, it just comes out. I don't know what it is. It's, it's weird. I, I even think it's weird. It's not, it's not something for me that's a skill that, that, that I practice. And a lot of guys in my business, you know, uh, all through their careers, they, they will work on a voice, you know, record it, listen back to it, rewind it, listen again, listen, try it again. I just have I've always had the ability to I guess from the time I was very small, I always mimicked what I saw on TV. Uh, Mel Blanc, you know, and all those, Donald Duck, and, and, and all those voices, you know. Um, and I was a class clown at school, believe it or not. <laughs> I used to joke, I wish I had a nickel for every, uh, and I do have a nickel for every teacher or school principal or 
law enforcement official. <laughs> was said to me one time or another, you know, Larry, I hope when you grow up, you find a way to make a living with these little voices. <laughs> I did. You had a question, right? Yeah, uh, has there ever been an audition that you either passed on or, or didn't get that you look back and, man, I wish I'd gotten that, I wish I'd gone for that? Not, well, let's see, it's a good question. Um, the only audition I ever passed up was for The Simpsons. Not, not, not originally, not even one of that show when I was here. I killed myself if I'd done that. <laughs> well, those guys are making a million bucks an episode. Some of them, the top people in that show are making a million dollars per episode, and they've been on the air 25 years. But, uh, I don't know if the public even knew about this, I guess they did, but about 10, 15 years ago, the, um, the cast of the, the maiden cast of The Simpsons threatened to walk out if they didn't get these huge raises. They were only making three hundred thousand an episode. <laughs> so the production company, um, you know, Matt Groening and those guys, said, "No, we're not. We're not. This is what you're going to make. No, it's ridiculous." Well, the show was making billions, you know, but they didn't want to pay the actors a million dollars an episode they were asking for. So. The uh, producers put out a, an audition alert, and actors all over the country were called in. Sound as much as you can like Bart and like Homer and everybody. And all my friends in the business went to the audition, and I told my agent I'm not going to do it because everybody knew that those actors were going to come back. They're going to rehire them. They're going to negotiate the price, and they're going to they're going to hire them. And what the producers are doing is with this audition thing is trying to use other actors as a wedge. And we're in a union, you know. We're in two. Well, now we're in one union. It used to be two. Uh, Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television Radio Writers. Now it's uh, now SAG after one union. But and I just didn't think it was right that we as union members should go in and, and help the producers try to bully the, the people into taking less money. Our, our own union members, brothers and sisters. So I don't know if there were any other actors who did it, but I said, I'm not going to audition for it. I, I never Thank you. Well, you know, it sounds noble, but we all knew that nobody else is going to get those jobs. They're not going to fire Dan Kessler and, and Hank Azaria and those people that just to save some money, because all those people are still there, making, they're still doing the same work. So it was just a, uh, a bullying technique. So I have to say that if I thought there was a chance that I was going to end up on The Simpsons, I probably would have done it with a heavy heart. But thank you for the applause. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? Yes, sir. Uh, do you have a lot of the merchandise of characters that you played? No, I, I, I have I have one old timeline though. We were talking about with the thing on the back. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Um, that that my son and, and a couple of my grandkids have gone through, and you know it's all beat up and everything. And then I have one uh, new big tall one is the Bandai made. Uh, was it Bandai? For the new series? Yeah, if it was one of the new series. Well, it was the new series, but it was the old character. That's the funny thing. Oh, it, right. it might have been the Mexico one. one. No, it starts with an H. Hasbro. Hmm. Was it Hasbro? I don't think it was Hasbro. 
And I did the, 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 the retail line. Is it that one? Is it this guy? Yeah. That's Mezco, right? Is it? You look at this guy and you're like, that's me. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, to take it back, uh, you said on IMIS you had a, a Nixon voice. Can we hear that? Of course, of course. Uh, you know, a lot of people think I'm a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I, I'm not a crook guy. And I'm just... Uh, but I know I'm... <laughs> Other children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, me, let me say this about that. That's my mix. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I may have been out of the room for a minute. And I apologize if I didn't miss it. What was the first voice you did? What was What was the first char- no character idea. voice you ever as, as a kid? Like first yeah, yeah. I mean, like this was you. I have no idea. I mean, I was. From the, my mother tells me that from the time I was. You know, little four four years old or something. She said, "I would hear him watch a cartoon, and then I'd turn around and try to try to sound like it." You know? yeah. It probably probably would have been a Mel Blanc, you know. It's a good person. Something like that. Uh, or uh, maybe um, <coughs> what's that guy? <coughs> I'm sure it was one of those copying one of those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, I'm a singer, so I, I have sort of things I do that I keep in you know, good shape vocally and what I eat, what I drink, and have more good warm-ups and stuff like that. Are there any practices that you have no. as a voice actor to no, I, shape? I, I've never done any of that stuff either. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get to kick out these guys to do the... Sometimes I'm going to a studio and working with another actor, you know, we're good. <laughs> and I'll be standing looking at my script, you know, and I'll see him over there. I just got to see Just read that. Open your mouth and you're a human being. You're a robot that you have to oil up. With the exception of, like, sometimes if I'm doing uh, something that's a, a really grating, grating voice. Like, for years, anybody ever watch uh, on VH1 a show called Best Week Ever? Oh, yeah. That was, that was the announcer. It's the third week of April 2010, the Best oh, Week Ever! That's awesome. Yeah. Well, when you're in there recording that for an hour, you know, by the end of the hour, you're like, yeah, this is what your voice got. <laughs> <laughs> so on occasions like that, I would always make sure I had some to have hot tea with honey and lemon. You know, but nothing beyond that. They have products now. Some uh, I've seen some younger voice actors carrying around in their little kit, um, little jars of um, drops. <laughs> Again, you know. <laughs> That's, that's fine for them. If it works for them, you know, I should, I'm not making fun of it. I, I shouldn't make fun of it. It just seems strange to me. But then, for whatever reason, I've never had to do that. If, if, if I needed it, I would do it. Yeah. Are you still friends with any of the original other Oh, sure, sure. Peter Newman, who played Tiger, I see him all the time. We have the same agent. See him in recording studios. And 
casting calls, audition. Lynn Lipton, who played uh, Chitara, whom I refer to as the original Thundercats hope. <laughs> I see her a lot. I see Jerry and Raphael, who played through Myra and Shida. Uh, Earl Hammond has passed away. Earl Hyman, who was Panthro, uh, and he was also Bill Cosby's father in the Cosby Show. Mr. Um, who was it? My favorite Cosby. Huxtable. Huxtable, yeah, Mr. Huxtable. Yeah. He's passed. Uh, he's he's in a nursing home. Uh, and Bob McFadden, as I said, is is in fact so smart. But yeah, we uh, we see each other. Uh, those of us who are still alive in business, uh, we still run into each other in, in New York. Yeah. Does it bother you when you see these remakes and they haven't given enough homage to? I'm thinking like the Smurfs, and I thought this way with the Thundercats too. Like there could have been more ingredients that they could incorporate to pay more, to have those flavors that make people appreciate the shows as much as. Well, I was I was really impressed with Warner Brothers and the extent that they did. <clears throat> pay homage to, to the original Thundercats. I didn't watch every episode of the new Thundercats, just the first three that I was in. <laughs> well, you know, I've got a taste. Uh, in the new Thundercats, I, I don't think I mentioned it, I played Claudius, Lionel's father, which I thought was kind of a neat way to transition because, you know, because my own voice had aged, obviously, 30 years. And it's a little, a little, probably a little raspier now than it was when I was doing it. In fact, I, I know now when I, when I hear Lionel, when I hear the original Thundercats series on TV and, and uh, um, or on YouTube or something, uh, sometimes I think to myself, man, that was must have been an early episode because I sound like I was 23. Uh, but, but on the new Thundercats, they, they had several, several times there was a little, sometimes it was so quick you missed it. Like one time they had something about a sandwich flange on there. Are you guys all familiar with the outtakes on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. What's the episode? Sandwich flange. Uh, the other ones, your question was uh, like the Smurfs and stuff like that. First, I don't, I don't watch this. I mean, I, I, I'm not in it, so like, <laughs> no, I do watch. I love Family Guy, <coughs> Simpsons, and stuff like that. In fact, I was on this Family Guy episode as Lionel. Oh, yeah. uh, if you, if you, if you saw it, it was it was on one called something called um, um, Stewie's story begins. Stewie Griffin's story begins. Something like that. Where the episode is, um, Mr. Griffin, is it Griffin or Griffin? It's Griffin. Griffin. Father Peter. Peter Peter Griffin and maybe Greg Myers are some of the are in San Francisco. That's the that's the plot. They're driving along and Peter Griffin says, "Boy, I bet you find a lot of strange couples living together in this town, man." Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then it shoots automatically to an apartment that's occupied by Lionel, Chitara, and Snark. <laughs> and Lionel is just kind of standing. Has anybody seen the? <laughs> Lionel is just kind of standing there. Looking up in the air, and Chitara walks by, and she says, "What's what's going on, Lionel?" And he says, "I don't know. 
but I'm getting a feeling that Mumra's up to something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it can't be good. She goes, she goes, whatever, I'm going to the can. <laughs> she goes in the bathroom. Lana looks around and takes out the sword of woman and goes, points it toward the bathroom door and says, give me slight pity on it. Snart walks by and says, what are you doing, Lana, you know? Lana says, well, I, I just, uh, I'm, you want to get wasted? <laughs> Stewie's, not Stewie's Big Adventure, that's not Stewie's Big Adventure, but the title is Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. Very good. Give that man 450. And remember I mentioned earlier about how I was disappointed not to be able to work with the new Thundercats cast. First of all, when my agent called me out of the blue a few years ago and said, we got a call from uh, Seth McFarland. He wants to know if he'll do Lionel on, on an episode. And uh, I told my agent, no, I, I, I love the show. I love Family Guy. It's genius. Seth McFarland's genius, I think. But I've got this thing. I've always had this, <coughs> this thing about Thundercats. I'm, I feel very protective of, its, of the legacy. And I don't... Everyone do anything that's going to make the, the fans of the original series feel disappointed, or the, you know, and, and I don't want to do anything that either makes fun of Thundercats or is or is is filthy. You know what I'm saying? So, my son, I told my family that I turned out Family Guy. My, my son said, "Damn, what are you nuts? It's the biggest show. Big stars are are asked to be on that show now." It's, it's hip now, all the big stuff. If you're on Family Guy, that's, you know. And I said, well, all right, have them send me the script. I got the script, and I said, no. no. <laughs> my son, Tanner, he said, Dad, you've got to realize, if you're worried about it, you're going to offend the original Thundercats fans, they're 30 years old now. You're not, they're not 12. And I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> And uh, besides, he said it's, it's, it's on late at night, you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's well known as an adult show. It's not, you know, 10 year olds aren't watching Family Guy. So I said, okay, I'll do it. But I start getting emails from other upset fans, you know, I'm going to Argentina. Well, I did it, and of course, everybody thought it was funny as hell. Nobody's ever said anything. No, I've never, had, about no, it. never had one negative thing about it. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It was funny bit, yeah. Um, some of my favorite Thundercats episodes were when Lino was going through his trials to become, you know, the king of the Thundercats. Yeah. Do you have any favorite episodes or a favorite moment while you were recording or, or anything? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say because it's been so long ago, and I, the whole process of doing it was so much fun. I, the, the people I worked with and greatest cast, and the writing was great, everything's so great about that show. Um, but when you're an actor, you don't, at least I don't, and most of the people actors I've talked to, uh, when they're asked questions like this, you know, we think it's kind of strange because as actors, you're, you're just doing a job. 
I mean, you're doing what you're doing. You're more concentrating on getting the voice right, doing this and doing that. And then, of course, you're cracking up sometimes on it. But you, when it's over, 20 years later, whatever, if somebody says, what was your favorite moment? You went, oh, geez. There were so many, you know. Uh, funny moments. I one of the funniest things. One of the outtakes on the internet is when uh, one day after we had already done a hundred episodes, and I had said Thundercats Ho a million times already. By the way, I had to do it every time. So people always ask, did they take one and keep that in? You know, no. Every time Thundercats Ho, I had to. This is not a big deal, but sometimes you go, can't you use the old one? <laughs> the one at the beginning, in the intro of the show, that was. Once they got the one they wanted, they used that every time. But um, there was one time when I went, <clears throat> I went, thunder, thunder, thunder. I started too high. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing for time? Are we okay? Yeah, How are we doing, Alex? It's, it's completely up to you guys. I know we got a little bit of time. It's up to you folks. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll answer as many questions as you want. Yeah. Uh, you did mention, like, Family Guy and The Simpsons. <laughs> Are there any other like current animated shows? Be, maybe that, uh, oh. radar. <laughs> maybe more geared toward like kids these days that you really find the voice acting is really really well done, or any shows in particular that are out now that you really enjoy the voice acting for. Well, Simpsons, of course, uh, is incredible, and then there's so much of it, so much animation now with Nick and Knight and. and uh, uh, robot Chicken, all those things. Um, I don't watch that much of it, but um, and then another thing is that these days you have you have big stars doing so many things, you know, especially the films, all the Disney films and all that. You know, twenty years ago, big actors wouldn't go near commercials. Or I remember when there was a time when people like Frank Sinatra would do commercials that would only run in Italy for in Spain and places like that. And a lot of actors, they wouldn't do commercials uh, once they were established because it, they felt it, it, it degraded their, their eminence among the public. Well, he's doing commercials. He can't be doing that. He must not be doing well or something. You know? Then they, all of a sudden, one day woke up and found that they make a lot of money doing it. So, and there's no heavy lifting. And uh, <coughs> so, um, but was your question kind of uh, it was about voice actors? How do I, what do I feel? Yeah, about is there anyone, like any shows or anyone in particular that you really think is doing very, like, does yeah, a really I, great I job? I really can't, off the top of my head, uh, all the people in The Simpsons are incredible. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is, he's amazing. His range is, I mean, Amazing range. So those are the people I would mention. Yeah. Are we good? Again, I'll stay here all day, but I know you guys want to get back to the show. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, it's Braddock. Um. No, what is it? Maddox. 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 Braxton. Braxton. Bring it. <laughs> Mogden Breskman. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just when I get this right. Go ahead, Maddox. Okay, so... Uh, you might have known this earlier when I was a beer, but can you do like the line of voice? Of course. Of course. Going to give us a Thundercats out. It'd be a good way to end. That's a good way to end. First of all, thank you again, Paul, for coming. I appreciate it. And thank you for, for 
being fans of the show. Sounds trite, I know, but it's true. I mean, if, without fans, I wouldn't be sitting here, I mean, you know, without Thundercats. Is it running? It's running. Okay, in three. <laughs> You're fine. In three, two, one. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, commend it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny. Uh, I was the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and I'm here to remind you, you're listening to Pop Culture... Uh, now I've forgotten the name of it. Pop Culture Leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> you can use this one if you want. I'm totally using it. <laughs> <laughs> what a dummy. Thundercats, oh! No, we'll do another one. All right. Pop Culture Leftovers, okay. Yes.